warning, pop culture leftovers might not be suitable for people who can't handle insane amounts of profanity, so you might want to fuck off. Pop culture leftovers might take its time getting around to its advertised content as well. If this is a huge problem for you, then you too can fuck off. Pop culture leftovers typically has a long run time as well. If you can't handle a four to six hour podcast, then you probably won't like us, and you too can join the aforementioned cock thistles and fuck off altogether in unison. Others who may not be able to handle pop culture leftovers include children under the age of 14, if you regularly listen to NPR, are a pregnant woman that has spent most of your first, second, and third trimester looking at stupid shit on both Etsy and Pinterest, if you tuck in your t-shirts, if you use a Bluetooth headset in public, if you go to motivational speaking seminars, if you have life goals, if you have self-respect, if you have a heart condition, if you're a huge pussy, if you're a huge pussy with a heart condition, or if your name is Melvin, TFS706, or TJ Lamb. Everyone else, please enjoy. Episode 287. There's already like 7 million podcasts talking about pop culture and all that. Makes us happy like shooting at a womp rat, but it's all been done before. We don't want to be a copycat. We're the leftovers picking up the scraps. Dropped by the cool kids. It, it, it's a trap. Gonna toss it, gonna take it. Do we love it? Hey, let's face it. Can't erase it. Let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture. Carry over counterculture. Push over pop culture. Leftovers. Uncool kids. What's to say has already been said. Leftovers. Pretty sure that the only talent is the band that's singing this. Pop culture leftovers. Are, are, are you ready for the only podcast hotter than a human torch? It's Pop Culture Leftovers. Five, four, three, two, one. Hey, welcome to Pop Culture Leftovers, the only podcast that sounds even better the second day after it's been uploaded. I'm Brian. I'm a leftover. Jake is taking the week off, but... I do have a couple of guests with us. Uh, returning, uh, Rebecca, Queen of Leftover Army, how you doing? I'm doing great. Happy to be here. Yeah, absolutely happy to have you on. Um, and we are not alone, Rebecca. We are also joined by fan favorite, and it's been a long time, Jacob Harmon. Welcome back. It is so good to be back and talking with you guys again. Isn't it? Oh, my God. I feel like it's been forever. It feels like it's been – has it been a year? Probably. Uh, it certainly feels that way. I don't know. I, I feel like talking to you now, like you're going to send us on a quest. Uh, there's a good chance. Um, by the way, roll for initiative. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, no. J- Jacob Harmon is a fan favorite, but he's also Rebecca's favorite. So there's that. Oh, I'm going to cry. Thank you. Oh, wow. We got uh, now. See, bro, I picked my favorite, which was Neil. And now Rebecca's like choosing her favorites. We're going to start like a whole yeah. thing. <laughs> Do the favorites have to fight? Because like I love Neil, but I'll throw down. Uh <laughs> Wait, do they? I don't know. I haven't thought that far. Is there ahead. some favorite fight club going on? All right, I want you to roll for initiative. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you can, guys, you can uh, check out all the past episode of uh, episodes of uh, Jacob Harmon's Dungeons and Dragons podcast, Brute Force and Ignorance. Uh, how many episodes are up? Like thirty-eight, thirty-nine on iTunes. Yeah. Uh, just shy of 40 are up right now. Yeah, so check it out, and then you guys will eventually return. But it's a great, it's like a really good, uh, time to, to catch up if you, if it feels daunting, you know? So definitely, uh, definitely check out Brute Force and Ignorance on iTunes. You guys are on Stitch, you guys are everywhere, right? Oh yeah, we're anywhere that your podcast can be found. There you go, check it out everybody. Um, let's see here. And it's great. I listen. It's fantastic. You guys are, I, I, I miss the new episodes because I, I, I've, you know, 
love hearing Jai on the episodes. Love hearing Marable and Frank Hammer and Dan and, and Matt Kirby and you. You're all fantastic. Yeah, I'm really fortunate that uh, all the guys came together and we were able to make such a great show. And I can't wait to get back to it. Yeah, yeah, it'll be uh, it'll be worth the wait. Uh, Pop Culture Leftovers has joined uh, the 700 Club, and what I mean by that is not the uh, oral. Was it or was it Pat Robertson? Yeah, yeah, Pat, Pat Robertson. <laughs> Pat Robertson. Yeah. You remember that shit? Did you want? Did you? Was that ever on the TV when you were a kid? I, I never watched it, but I know what it is. Yeah, yeah I remember. Well, that was on like early morning TV. Yeah, it was on. We had it on Fox here, our Fox affiliate, and uh, yeah, Pat Robertson. Up to, I don't know. We, we joined a different seven hundred club. Seven hundred iTunes reviews. Whoa! Congratulations. Very yeah. nice. That's a great club to be a part That's of. It's a great club to be a part of. I'm I'm ready to hit one thousand though. I want to hit one thousand. That's and then I'm then I'm just rapping. Closing shop. I'm done. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, no, so thanks everybody that leaves iTunes reviews. I'm not going to quit after 1,000. Um, Jacob, I ordered the pre, I pre-ordered the, uh, Sega Genesis Mini. I'm going to have to look into that because I think that one is made by AT Games, which uh-huh. they have a interesting history with Sega consoles, but it's got a stacked lineup, so. It's probably a good purchase. I hope so. I hope it's not like that PlayStation one that got, like, shit reviews. Oh, uh, that that PS1 classic. I mean, that was discounted, like, two weeks after it launched. It was bad. Oh, man. Yeah, I but 42 games on this Sega Genesis. I mean, Streets of Rage 2, Sonic 1, Sonic 2. Um, I don't know, man. I, I'm ready for Get the, some Golden Axe in there. Golden Axe, dude. Golden Axe. I remember being on vacation as a child. I was... 13 and I went to a uh, an arcade in Gatlinburg, Tennessee right there off the strip and uh, met a guy that worked for a uh, video game magazine watched him beat Golden Axe I kid you not, on one fucking quarter it was incredible Jesus. yeah, yeah, absolutely fucking incredible, loved that game dude I always picked the uh, dwarf every time with the Golden Axe oh you can't go wrong with the dwarf <laughs> yeah, I loved it when you got to ride those little creatures and then go around slashing people it's such a classic. Yeah. Uh, they did also release a Sega Genesis Classics Collection for the Xbox One and PS4. Yeah. Uh, so if listeners don't want to dump the money on another system to plug into their TV, uh, that Classics Collection has, I think, 30 games on mm. it, and it's it's all the big hits. There you go. Yeah, Altered Beast. I remember that. That, that was packaged in Rise with the Genesis. Rise from your grave. Yeah, fucking Altered oh, yeah. Beast. Oh, my God. So, yeah, I pre-ordered the old Sega Genesis Mini. I'll probably play it for, like, ten minutes and then never get back to it again. I got one of those Super Nintendo classics or whatever, you know, and it just sits there. I don't even play it. I think I've played each game, like, one time, and I don't play it anymore. I don't know why I buy these things. You know, I've got my actual Genesis hooked up to my my old tube TV, and uh, it doesn't see too much action these days either. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I don't know, man. I just don't have the time for the games. I'm watching too much fucking content for this fucking show. I'm still playing Red Dead, and that takes up all of my gaming time, because that game is massive. The new Red Dead? Yeah, Red Dead 2. Yeah, it looks beautiful, man. It looks beautiful. All the, all the, uh, the gifts that came out of that one. I think, is it gifs or gifs? What, like, where do you stand? It is gif. It is with a hard G. It is a gif. Yeah, gif is a- It is not a peanut butter. It's not a peanut butter, people. What if they, yeah, like, what if they had a GIF about a, about Jif peanut butter? Would it be a GIF GIF or a GIF GIF? 
It'd have to be a gift gif. Or gif gif. I don't know. This show, we need, Swamp Thing got canceled. People need to cancel this fucking program. This is ridiculous what we're talking about right now. I don't know. Rebecca, you have nothing, like when we start talking video games, it's like fucking like we're speaking Mandarin over here. I'm, I'm like a fucking idiot. I don't know anything about gaming. Uh, talk to me about Space Invaders. I played on Atari when I was like eight. I, I could talk about that, but uh, that's Blow really the dust off it. the ColecoVision. <laughs> exactly. Okay, let's play some, you know, Space Invaders. Yeah, I, uh, not a gamer. I, I have nothing to contribute, but I do think it would be a GIF GIF. If it was a GIF about GIF peanut butter. It would be. Yeah. It'd be a GIF GIF. It's definitely GIF with a hard G. Yeah. We say graphics, not Jaffics. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) We say graphics, (laughs) not Jaffics. Oh, my gosh. You know, um, Space Invaders, I had an Atari 400 growing up. And it was the only Space Invaders that I ever saw or played that didn't have the barricades that you could hide underneath. Oh, really? Yeah, it was just open, all open. It was just me and the enemy. That's how a man plays Space Invaders, Harmon. I'm a little jealous because I've never got to play like that. It's, It's like the original horror mode. Dude, yeah, it was, it was, it was insane. Check it out. Look up uh, Atari 400 Space Invaders. No barricades, no blockades, whatever you... Is it barricades or blockades? I'm pretty sure it's barricades because there was a a lot of block breaker games and they couldn't actually say blockade. Yeah. What was that? What was that that game? What was that game called? Not the original Pong, but the one where you knocked out the, the little bars. Oh, um, I know what you're talking about. Shoot, what's that game called? Not Breaker. There's so many different names for it, breakout, right? Wasn't Bre- it? Breakout. Break, break, yeah, it, it, there was one called Breakout. There was one called Brick Breaker. It's got a couple of different names. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is exciting, guys. What the, the- <laughs> <laughs> riveting Brick Breaker conversation? That's what everybody came here for. <laughs> hey, uh, Harmon, I gotta, I gotta ask you this question. When you do, you, do you buy lunch meat? Do you ever buy lunch meat? Oh, yeah, now and again. Okay, when you buy your lunch meat, are you going to a butcher or are you going to an actual store to buy your lunch meat? Uh, So if I'm getting, like, lunch meat, yeah. I'll go to, like, a local grocer. Okay, okay. You ever you ever got lunch meat from, like, a butcher where they got it, like, pre-sliced and everything? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, that's the best way to buy it, you know? And here's the thing. You go to the grocery store and... The thing is with uh, the packaged meats, some of them I, I don't mind it. it when they, the way they package them, it looks like it came from a butcher, right? Uh, my biggest problem. I know. Yeah, we're talking about fucking meat, people. All right, we're gonna get to the content, but right now I'm talking about fucking lunch meat. I'm tackling the important issues right now. But the lunch meat. I picked up some lunch meat the other day. And I don't like how I want them to make it look like it actually was like sliced in a deli or something. They've got this shit folded like it's laundry. That's just wrong. That's that's un-American. And I, I feel gross just thinking about that. Dude, it, you know, meat like lunch meat in a thing anyway is always sweaty and gross. And so as I'm pulling it out, it's sweaty and slick. And uh, but it sticks together. Because it's been folded over one another, so it's like I'm pulling out some kind of like weird, weird Al Yankovic accordion of meat, and it's just, it's fuck, I'm getting sick and tired of it. I just, why can't I just have fucking stacks of meat that look like it was cut by the butcher or by, uh, by some guy in a deli with one of those huge fucking blades? 
That's ridiculous. Oh my god! You ever see what they pull out like the big old thing of meat, like ham, and they just take out that big blade and they just start cutting that fucker? Oh yeah, and they got to give you the trial. Be like, here, try this slice. Make sure it's the right thickness. Yes. Really tailor your meat to your taste preference. Exactly. None of this fucking prepackaged bullshit. Rebecca, talk to me about lunch meats. I mean. Uh, New York City has a lot of delis where they do slice it right in front of you. I think if anybody slices the lunch meat and does not offer you the first slice to taste, I don't think you should buy lunch meat from them. I don't think they know what they're doing. I don't think they have good customer service. So that's very important. Um, I'm not a fan of the prepackaged stuff myself either. I do like to get it from the deli counter at my local grocery store. Rebecca wants to see her meat cut Right in front of her. That's right. I have standards, goddammit, uh-huh. and I want to see them slice it right in front of me. Yeah, I don't know, man. It's just this, this shit that I fucking bought, and it's beef, and it's like in squares. You know, it looks, I don't know, just little <laughs> squares. squares of beef meat, <laughs> and it just, when you pull one out, it starts to, like, take all the others out. It's kind of like, it's kind of like, you know, like, uh, uh, like a roll of, uh, tissue paper, or like a roll of, uh, Bounty, you know what I mean? Where you so, have so to, the square beef meat is interfolded. It's interfold. It's interwoven. Interwoven, interwoven square beef meat. Yeah, it's like a goddamn accordion coming out. It's <laughs> it's like it's ridiculous. I, I don't know. It's like I feel like we're all Yankovic getting ready to cut a fucking parody of a shitty song. It's, <laughs> Like what the? F- I'm getting nausea just thinking about this. Yeah, I, am I playing polka here? Am I getting ready to make a sandwich? What the fuck is going on? It's ridiculous. I don't know. Make, make proper lunch meat, people. It's all in the presentation, companies. It's all in the presentation. At least square meat. It does. It just looks like squares of brown. Ugh. Yeah, not a not a fan. Why do they just call it brown squares? Brown, with, squares. With brown squares with beef flavor. It's ridiculous. <laughs> That'd be more appetizing. Cool. I know. Hey, Mom, can I have brown squares for lunch? Mm, yeah. Yum. Mm. <laughs> oh, man. I feel sorry for that kid in school. You know what I mean? <laughs> I used to, I was always jealous of the kid that used to bring in the Pepperidge Farm goldfish. Oh, that's oh, the good stuff. Yeah, yeah. that's the, that was the stack. We had one kid that had, like, a fucking huge-ass bag of those Pepperidge Farm goldfish. And every once in a while, he'd, like, pass them out. You know what I mean? Like he's a fucking king, and he's passing out little pieces of gold to people. And, you know, he felt it felt like you were you were in the presence of royalty when you got one of those goddamn goldfish. Hmm. Passing them out, like, just, like... Not all the time, though, right? Not like all the time. Sometimes he was a stingy, was a it, stingy right? fuck. Yeah, he was like goddamn Joffrey from Game of Thrones sometimes with that shit. Fucker. Yeah. Um... Do you remember Fruit Roll-Up? Mm-hmm. Oh, fuck, okay. yeah. Now, hold on. Do you remember Pudding Roll-Ups? What? No. I know. I don't think... I don't know if they were a regional thing, mm. but when I was a kid, of course you had your standard Fruit Roll-Ups. Uh, my favorite happened to be Strawberry. You would un- unroll it right from the from the crinkly paper. And you'd yeah. have your your perfect square of your fruit leather type thing. But then they also made for a while pudding roll-ups in chocolate flavor. Oh, my and God. And they were delicious. From the same company that made I said fruit roll-ups? So. I believe so. Holy fucking shit. I would have wallpapered my room with that fucking crap. <laughs> 
<laughs> you know what I mean? They were really good. I remember them as a kid. But th- they weren't around for a very long time. So m- maybe like they test marketed it and it didn't go well. But mm. um, I do remember eating pudding roll-ups. And- Brian's licking the walls again! <laughs> <laughs> Brian, would you quit licking the walls? Oh, man. Yeah, I, yeah, I would totally have like... Oh, did they have like different flavors or was it just like chocolate? I only remember the chocolate one. Oh man, if they would have had like, uh, tapioca with like little braille bumps on it. <laughs> Be reenacting that scene from Willy Wonka, just licking the walls. Oh, no, I know, the schnozberries taste like schnozberries, Harmon. <laughs> the pudding sheet tastes like a pudding sheet. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Oh my, I would have had, oh, that's gross. I was thinking like a roll of toilet paper right next to my roll of like pudding. <laughs> but you, I don't want food in my bathroom. You know what I mean? No, gross. <laughs> Who, do, do people eat in the tub? Is that well, a thing? They better not. It's so gross. I mean, yeah, like, uh, what if you, what if you, you started seeing somebody, it's pretty early in the relationship. And you walk into the bathroom, they're in the tub, and they're eating a goddamn turkey leg. And, like, little bit, bits of the turkey leg is just falling in there. Oh, God, it's over. It's <laughs> over. I'm running away as fast as possible. <laughs> I mean, it's it's acceptable to drink in the tub, right? That's, that's a thing. And you can drink in a hot tub or in a pool, yeah, and yeah, that's okay yeah. as well, right? Yeah, you can. Yeah, but I like, like what if you just want to have a nice, maybe a nice glass of scotch, Maybe with a nice, like, porterhouse steak. And <laughs> porterhouse you, you don't steak. have money to buy a hot tub, so you just fill up your bathtub with some hot water. It's the same thing. All right, Armin, uh, you're just kind of selling me on this. Keep going. Okay. All right, so then you got to go to the, the local gas station, get yourself one of those real nice $2 cigars, and you're good to go. Oh, no. Your Shoot night is right made. Now. Shooty is yelling into his phone right now. No, Harmon. I got no, some. I got no. some black and milds for you, old man. Oh God. <laughs> ah, fucking cigar snob, Shooty. I'm kidding, Shooty. He's got good taste. He's got good oh taste. He's so, just so, trying. So basically, we're we're saying here that if you go to Jacob Harmon's house, you're going to have a porterhouse steak in the tub. I mean, that's what. That's what that's I I'm going to welcome out people into my house. Tub. All right, gotcha. Part of me is thinking it's kind of a brilliant thing, especially with certain foods, because you're cutting out the middleman. You're just basically you can kind of wash yourself up. You're eating hot wings. They're messy as fuck. Hot wings. I'll tell you one thing. Never eat hot wings on a first date. You'll never have a second date. I've done it before. It does not work out. Nobody can like you can't spark uh, any chemistry with somebody when you when you're eating hot wings and your hands are just covered in sauce you're just a disgusting slob. I've done it before. Thought I could do it. Thought I could pull it off. Could not pull it off. It just does not happen. But in the hot tub or in the tub as you're eating the hot wings, you can instantly rinse yourself off. I mean, you don't have to pull out that bounty paper towel. You just basically, you're there. You can, you're cutting out the middleman. Oh, but then you're like sitting in like water. You're sitting in soup at that point ah. because you've got, like, bits of food in this water. You're sitting in a tub of soup, and that's disgusting. A soup of me. Oh, gross. <laughs> <laughs> also, I agree with you. I, I don't – actually, I'll go a step further and say I don't think you should eat any kind of wings on a first date. 
or ribs for that matter. Oh, ribs, no. Foods, although they are delicious, I think those are foods that should be saved for when you have established a a relationship with that person because you will never really know somebody until you watch them attack a chicken wing. What's the the difference between a rib and a riblet? Is it minus the bones? I think so. Or is like riblets just little tiny pieces of ribs? I think it's tiny pieces of ribs that you can eat with a fork if you wanted to. Mm, I love fall off the bone ribs. They're so good, but definitely not first date eating material. You're absolutely right. I'm telling you, man, don't make that mistake. Because well, uh, I think you'll just you'll know you won't have a second date if you're not interested in the date though if you feel like it's not going well order the fucking ribs, right? You know that could be in theory that could be a real turning point for the date because if it's not going good you say fuck it get a full uh, you know full rack of ribs yeah and then you and then go. you're sitting there with the girl and then she starts going in on the full rack of ribs too she's just you know cavemaning it up. That could be your spiritual soulmate. Oh that's my gosh, true. yeah. That's a good point, Jake. I, that's a really good point. Um, also, you're 100% right. Um, uh, the, um, the riblets is apparently the rack of ribs cut in half. That defeats Those are the, the riblets. I think it kind of defeats the whole, I don't know, part of the fun is just like grabbing onto that fucking bone. And you know what I mean? Just being taken back to like our fucking caveman days and just chowing into that thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah. I, I hear that. I'm not, I'm not gonna lie. I could go down. I could go to town with some ribs. I I could throw down with some chicken wings, but just not on a first date. Yeah, we, we already cool, and we already good friends, or we already more than friends. And I ordered the ribs. It's all good. You know what I'm saying? Like not on that first date. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Rebecca, I want to thank you and I want to thank some people. Uh, we, uh, we, first off, I want to thank you for, uh, taking over, uh, a lot of the Facebook page, the, the fan page while I'm, you know, not able to be on the page. So I really want to thank you for that. It's, oh, you're welcome. Now, now everybody knows it's not you all the time. It's not me all the time. It was up <laughs> until about, everybody. yeah, up until about two months, it was me all the time. <laughs> But, you know, like, you know, pop culture leftovers is a goddamn machine. It's got to keep, got to keep it oiled and lubed. <laughs> Sounds dirty, but you do. You got to keep it all oiled up and lubed and slick like that fucking lunch meat that I'm pulling out like a goddamn accordion. Um, you got to do that. You got to do that. And Rebecca, you're keeping, you're keeping, uh, you're keeping it slick. You're keeping it lubed. You're keeping the machine going. And I appreciate that. I really do. I oh, sincerely appreciate my, it. My pleasure. I'm glad I could help you out. Yeah. I wouldn't trust everybody with that fucking page. And so you've done a fantastic job. I'm, I'm posting like 20% more Star Trek stuff. Yeah. I, I just have to <laughs> tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I, I have noticed the, an uptick in, no, uh, right. the more in the Star Trek stuff. stuff. Yeah, um, and I, I want to thank our uh, – we've got our Rotten Tomatoes crew, people writing articles for the website. I think it's fantastic. We're getting our, we're getting our uh, ratings up on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, we're just getting going. But everybody that's contributed so far has just done a fantastic job. And, and that's the thing. I can't do this without you. As PCL gets b- bigger – and uh, things start getting bigger, I can't do it all by myself. And it's just so much fun to see, like, people contributing and being a part of this. And um, these are people that have been with us, that have been fans for a long time, 
And uh, I don't know. I mean, I, I didn't want it to feel like a chore. I, I kind of want it to just feel like uh, getting you involved in a way to kind of like pay you back and to kind of get your thoughts out there. Not everybody can be on every episode as far as like when we're talking about movies like Avengers Endgame and uh, the upcoming Spider-Man Far From Home. But they're going to be able to write an article about that. And it's their rating. It's not my rating. It's not Jake's rating. If me and Jake watch something and we give it a fresh rating, uh, a Tupperware, we loved it. Uh, it doesn't mean that whoever's going to review it is going to feel the exact same way. I want everybody to have their own individual voice. So um, so I thank you to everybody in the uh, Rotten Tomatoes crew. Uh, you know who you are. I don't have all your names pulled up right now, and I don't want to leave anybody out. But I will thank you all individually probably on a future episode. But uh, thank you, everyone. It's fantastic. Rebecca, you're part of that crew. I am. And um, if you don't mind, I just want to shout out just one person, Brooke, who helps uh, put the list together Ooh, yeah. for movies and TV that's coming out month to month. And um, she is so awesome. She offered to help me with it, and she is – amazing as always i love working with her on so many projects and um yeah we've been working together on getting the tv and the movie list compiled every month so that it can be you know distributed to those who want to review and so yeah that's uh that's it you guys have like really yeah we're gonna get to the content let me suck their dicks here for a second um (laughs) you guys have really taken this over like i can't do everything throughout the week. I just, I don't have that kind of time anymore. And it's, it's, I, and you and Brooke have just been a godsend. Joe Stark created the template and thank you, Joe. I mean, it's just, it's so fucking cool. And as the show grows, the list of people that are going to be reviewing stuff is probably going to grow as well. Um, so thank you, everybody. It's so fucking cool. Um, and, uh, yeah, no iTunes reviews this week. We're not going to read them because Jake likes to, uh, be involved in that, uh, reading process. And so we will <laughs> wait for Jake to get back. Um, uh, I always miss Jake when he's not, I feel like, you know what I mean? I feel like, uh, I feel, I feel like a Siamese twin who's like twin died and I'm looking over at like a dead head. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Wouldn't that suck? Like, all, like you would expect, like, if one dies, you both go. But wouldn't it suck if, like, one died and you look over and there's just, like, this dead head with, like, a tongue hanging out? Oh, jeez. You're just <laughs> like, terrible. whoa. Whoa, I got to drag this thing around. Oh, man. Shit, it doesn't matter if I don't eat chicken wings on this first date. I got a fucking <laughs> dead head <laughs> hanging off my chicken goddamn body. the least of your fucking problems. What if you started feeding, like, the dead head the chicken wings on the date? Oh, my God. How do you think that would go? Man. Oh, I just, oh, man. What if you, oh, this is terrible. What if you put the, the bones in the dead head? You just put them in there. Oh. That's terrible. I'm so sorry. I don't know why I said that. I'm so sorry. That's amazing. I, I feel I can envision this in my head. It's like I'm watching a TV show. And it's fantastic. So, so, like, basically, like, you could use your dead sibling's head as, like, a coin purse for, like, things. You know what I mean? Like, if you needed, like, a... Yeah, after you get done eating the ribs, like, you can pull out, like, a a packet of moist towelettes from his fucking mouth, right? I mean, it's there. You might as well use the storage while you can. I would do that magician thing where they pull out, like, the... What are they? The handkerchiefs? And it's just like that strand of handkerchiefs that keeps on going. And I'm pulling it out of my dead brother's mouth. Ah, Look at this. 
Ta-da! <laughs> like, and then after that, a fucking like you know dove flies out of their dead mouth. <laughs> oh my god! This has got dark really bad. <laughs> I don't know. Not a lot of Siamese twin humor out there. Is it? Is it? Can you call them that anymore? Or like, what do you call them? Conjoined twins. Conjoined twins. Oh, I'm yeah. sorry. I, I'm sorry. I threw that out there. I I didn't mean to offend it. I just that's just what I grew up hearing them called. You know what I mean? It's one of those mm-hmm. things where I've got to. Yeah, I, I'm trying to change people. I'm trying to be a better person, and uh, that uh, uh, involves me talking about uh, dead conjoined twins. Uh, yeah, it's all part of the journey. It's Brian. all part of the journey of it's getting all part there. Part of the process, slowly but surely. <laughs> mm. Harm and excited to have you on. You know what we're gonna do? We're gonna jump into uh, we're gonna jump into good pop, bad pop here, people. It's time for more leftover reviews with good pop, bad pop. Man, I knew that lunch meat conversation was gonna go somewhere good. <laughs> Oh, it, it definitely did. That, that was a big payoff as far as I I'm know. Concerned. I know. <laughs> I <am> just <laughs> registered brownsquares.com, so uh, should be good to go. <laughs> we will make tens of dollars off this product. <laughs> Green squares are made of people. Okay, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was my terrible Charlton Heston. And Soylent Green, we got to watch that in chemistry class my junior year. Really? Yeah, my teacher was cool as fuck, and he's like, yeah. You know, it was like towards the end of the year, and uh, we'd finished all our tests, and he's like, all right, I'm going to have you. So it was like a two-day process. We just fucking knocked out Soylent Green. That's wild. That's a good way to spend your chemistry class. Yeah, it was. It was very cool. Uh, Good Pop, Bad Pop is where we talk about the things in the previous weekend or weeks that we either watched or read. Sometimes we rate these things, and if this is your first time listening, we would like you to be familiar with our rating system. The rating system is simple. If the leftovers don't like something, they toss it. If they do like something, they suggest you taste it. And if it's brilliant, it gets a Tupperware rating. If all the leftovers love it, then it gets the pinnacle of success, a Tupperware party. You know what I would put in that dead head? An extra set of, like, house keys and car keys. Because you can never... You know what I mean? You lose those. That is thinking... That's thinking right there. Yeah. Because those, that stuff you owe, an extra cell phone charger, mm. like in case, right? Like yeah. in case you get low on battery. Right. Now see if you're on that bad first date and then she starts, oh, I, my, my phone's dying. You can be like, oh, hold on. You just pull a power bank right out. Good to go. Oh my Stay God. The day. You're the fucking, right? you're the fucking hero. MacGyver in that shit. <laughs> Let's see here. I, uh, I watched a movie this week. Um, it came out, uh, last year in China, but it's finally, uh, here in the U.S. It's not playing everywhere. You can't stream it. It's called Shadow. Um, I want to talk about, I got a question for you though first. Uh, favorite Shadow, Rebecca, Jacob. A, your own Shadow. B, Alec Baldwin. Or C, Hollywood Squares, Shadow Stevens. <gasps> oh, don't make me choose. Or uh, I would like to go D, Peter Pan Shadow. Ooh. Good choice. I'm going to go C, Shadow Stevens, final answer. Oh, man. Uh, the correct answer was 
Shadow Stevens. Yes, I fucking won. I knew it. <laughs> you can never go wrong with Shadow Stevens. Look him up, people, and it's not, it's spelled. I believe it's spelled S H A D O E. I think you're right. I think it is. Hmm. Yeah, look it up, millennials. Shadow Stevens. Oh my gosh, Shadow Steve. What a what a what a voice, right? Yes, and you are right. It is spelled uh, with an e at the end. Do you think? Yeah, with an e at the end. Shadow. That's like a like a like a baby deer's shadow. That's how you would spell that, right? I yes. Yeah, that was the worst joke I've ever made in the show. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. Um. Yeah. So anyway, uh, with Shadow, director Zhang Yimou. Uh, he's the director. He did uh, Hero, House of Flying Daggers. If you've seen those movies, I'm a big fan of those films. Uh, once again, pushes the boundaries of uh, action to create a film like no other, masterfully, masterfully painting a canvas of inky blacks and grays, punctuated with bursts of color from the blood of the defeated. In a kingdom ruled by a young and unpredictable king, the military commander has a secret weapon, a shadow, a lookalike who can fool both his enemies and the king himself. Now he must use this weapon as an intricate plan that will lead his people to victory in a war that the king does not want. Um... This is one I've really been looking forward to. Uh, they played it for a week. I got to catch it on the last day. And um, I'm going to tell you, it is a slow burn at first. I was kind of, when I was watching it, I was like, oh, my God. It, ah, please get to the action. Please get to the action. Um, is there going to be payoff in this one? I was amazed by the visuals in the movie throughout, though. I, it, it's filmed in It's filmed in color, but everything in the movie is mostly like black and white except for like the flesh of the actors the blood and then like there's some green from plants and things that you see later in the film but it gives this movie a really cool look and um part of the movie is like that whole uh, uh the yin yang symbol like they actually fight in an arena that looks like that so it really kind of like goes with that theme of of black and white and you have this king king pei he's barely able to hold on to his throne and he's really uh, kind of like a new king and he's like a man child very bratty throughout the movie and he's lost part of his kingdom this city to a neighboring city and he wants it back but he doesn't want to go to war to the with the other city city because uh the commander uh commander yang is very powerful and they have a powerful army and his commander though um challenges yang to a duel a duel that uh, nobody thinks he's going to win uh, win and so you find out that uh, Pei's commander isn't the true commander, but he's actually the shadow. He's a man named Jing who looks like the original commander who has now gone into hiding into this cave, and he's been orchestrating a way to defeat Yang. And because Yang defeated him with like this really crucial blow that was like so powerful that it's been killing him over time. Um, so. The first half of this movie is just a lot of setup and just meeting characters and meeting family members and it's boring and I'm not gonna lie, it's very boring. But it's actually integral to like the latter half of the movie, which is really fun and totally action packed and it turns this into it really turns into like a martial arts film meets Ocean's Eleven with all the twists that happen here. Yeah. Jing's army fights with these umbrellas that have blades on them. Harmon, have you ever seen in a martial arts movie people fighting with umbrellas? 
Uh, not that I can think of. I've seen some oddball weapons, but not umbrellas. Yeah, I was like, okay, so like they're training and they're fighting with this umbrella, and I'm just like, what is? Is this a weapon? <laughs> like, I, I was, I, I, I was kind of like, this is this is so silly that they're they're having this guy trained to fight Yang with an umbrella. How is this going to work later on in the movie? It actually, at the end of the movie. They give him a new umbrella and it's a bladed umbrella. Like it has multiple blades coming off the top and it looks really cool. There's actually a scene where the army that's invading this, uh, the city to get it back, they're trying to reclaim it and there's rain throughout the entire film. Rain is like a big character in the movie itself. And these men and women are fighting to take control of the city again. And first they lay on these bla- uh, these these bladed umbrellas, and then they also have bladed umbrellas on top of them. So they're like encased in these umbrellas. Kind of look like roly-polies, those little insects, you know what I mean? And <laughs> there's this bamboo pole that these soldiers pull back, and they let these bamboo poles go, and it hits these umbrellas and it starts sending them through the rainy streets like they're on a sled and they're spinning around and as there's dude this is so cool visually i know it sounds silly but it's so cool to see like these downward like this slope going down these cobbled streets and all these like bladed looking balls going down the street and just like slicing up their enemies and as at the same time they're actually uh battling enemies with like these um blades that they have on their wrists that they can shoot and um it was just it was really visually cool to see that and then you have like the battle with yang and everything it was it was pretty awesome i and there was like a ton of twists i don't want to get into it too much um because i'm sure it will be available uh like on video on demand or some service going forward um i'm gonna give this movie a tupperware for the last half because it makes up for the first half, and it makes the payoff of the first half that much more worth it. You've got to watch that first half and kind of like, I don't know, slog through it, and it makes it that much more interesting. Um, there's also a princess in this movie, and she's not a damsel in distress. She's a badass, and I thought that that was very cool. I'm going to give this a Tupperware. I, I thought it was really awesome. Harmon, I think you would dig this one when it comes out, man. Oh, for sure. I'm a huge fan of martial arts movies, so I'm definitely going to check this out. And uh, I kind of like that idea where it's got a little bit of a slow beginning, and then when the action hits it, it really hits. Mm-hmm. It really does. It really does, and it pays off in spades. I, I, I yeah, Shadow. I, if you, I guess if you, if it's if if it's in a theater near you, I had to go to the independent art theater to watch this one. And I'm so glad that I did. I'm so glad that I did. But I give it a Tupperware. It's called Shadow. Not to be confused with, uh, I think a Netflix has a series called Shadow or a movie called Shadow. Uh, Black Mirror Season 5 premiered on Netflix. Rebecca, did you get a chance to see any of uh, Black Mirror Season 5? I haven't started it yet. Okay. Jacob, did you get a chance? I did. I watched episode three, Rachel, Jack, and Ashley, too. Yeah, okay. I've watched all three episodes. Well, I'll talk a little bit about them, and then we can kind of, like, jump into the Rachel, Jack, and Ashley, two episode, which seems to be, like, the episode that most people are talking about. Um, three episodes in the season. I think, wasn't it last season they also had three? I'm not sure about that. Uh, yeah. I know this season was odd because initially 
Bandersnatch is going to be part of it. Mm-hmm. And then Bandersnatch got so big that they decided to make it its own thing. Yeah. And they released this three-episode seasons as not to keep the fans waiting longer than need be. I've seen mixed reviews from people. Like, some people are loving it, and some people are not loving the season. I Where do you stand, Harmon? Like, as far uh, as, the, like, one the, episode the that one I episode, saw, yeah. it was a Tupperware. I, I love that episode, so I'm definitely going to go back and watch the other two as well. Yeah, the first episode is Striking Vipers, and it's... If you've never watched Black Mirror, it's basically, like, set... In either our time or like a near future, and it all has to deal with like one element of technology. Um, so this first one is like a video game, and it's a video game called Striking Vipers. It's kind of like your Mortal Kombat or your Tekken or your Street Fighter games. Uh, this one stars Yaya Abdul Mateen. He, uh, the second, he played Black Manta and Aquaman. You've got Anthony Mackie, who played Falcon, uh, in the Marvel movies, Palm Clementif. Uh, who played Mantis, uh, Ludi Lin, uh, is in this, and he was also in Aquaman as Captain Merc, and then, uh, Nicole Bahari. Um, Striking Vipers, I thought that this was pretty fucking awesome. I, I loved this episode. Uh, it, you, you've got, it starts off with, uh, these guys, they're really good friends, they live in a, uh, an apartment together, and, uh, they play games. They game. And, I mean, I remember having friends over and us playing, like, fucking Mortal Kombat, Mortal Kombat 2, Mortal Kombat 3, Resident Evil, all these games together. We we would just game. That's what we would do. And it kind of took me back to that. Like, you know, just hanging out, gaming with my friends. And you've got these two guys. They're really good friends, really tight. And then they kind of, like, lose contact for years. Like, Anthony Mackie's character goes on, gets married, has the kid, has the house, has the job, has the responsibilities, all this stuff. Kind of doesn't spend as much time with his buddy anymore. And they get together uh, for, like, a cookout. And his buddy gives him the new Striking Vipers 10 game. And they get online and they start playing with one another. And that's where things kind of like start to happen. I, I, I don't know if I, I don't want to spoil it. I don't want to, you guys haven't seen it. Um, I'm going to give this episode a Tupperware. I thought it was fantastic. Uh, it really, um, it really explores technology and like what could happen in the future and like what is attraction? What is love? What is love? Baby, don't hurt me. Every time I like say that, you know, like I think about that song. Then I start thinking about those guys from SNL bopping their heads, you know? Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. And hey. how they made a whole movie out of that? Oh, I remember they made a whole movie about that. Yeah. <laughs> That's I, pretty. Me and my buddy, me and my buddy, I think it was back in 99, 98 or 99, dressed up as those guys for Halloween one year. So, That's awesome. Yeah, there's probably a picture floating out there, floating around out there somewhere. Uh, second episode was Smithereens, and this one starred uh, Andrew Scott, Daniel Ings. Daniel Ings, if you watch Lovesick, uh, which was originally titled Scrotal Recall on uh, Netflix, you'll remember him. Um, I, I I also really enjoyed this one. I don't want to give away. There's a uh, kind of like a surprise actor at the end of this one. I don't want to give away who it is, but. Uh, I also thought that this, I love this episode too. I, I, I also give this one a Tupperware and it really deals, it also deals with something with technology as far as like, you know, um, 
<sighs> I don't want to spoil. Um, just how how we can be how how we always have our heads in our phones and how we maybe are in it at times where we shouldn't be and it's not safe. So and we put others at risk, like you know, driving and stuff like that. So. Um, I, th- I thought that this was a, a fantastic episode as well. But Rachel, Jack, and Ashley, too. Let's talk about this one. This is uh, the episode that uh, featured uh, Miley Cyrus. Harmon, what did you think about this one? Oh, man, this episode was a total Tupperware. Uh, the, the overall story, I thought, was pretty fantastic. You know, Rachel and Jack dealing with the, the death of their mother. And Jack is this kind of angsty alternative rock girl with her nose piercing playing her bass guitar and then rachel's like just kind of this real quiet outcast kid they're they're new in their school and she's doesn't really have any friends but she worships ashley like ashley O, who miley cyrus plays and i think this episode speaks a lot both about how some people worship celebrities. They almost put them on a pedestal like they're some sort of divine entity. Uh, but then it deals a lot with how we're handling uh, certain celebrities that have died with, you know, hologram live shows. And it's uh, it, this episode goes some places and I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Yeah. Jake, me and Jake were kind of talking about this one earlier today through Facebook Messenger. And he was like, I feel like they pulled this directly from like, Britney Spears story about like her parents and stuff like that. And, uh, I had to agree. I had to agree with them. It was, uh, yeah, it's crazy. It really did feel like what, uh, what Britney went through kind of like, um, I don't know. I, I, and then, Oh, and another thing that Jake said that I absolutely loved is he was like, uh, after this performance, I think Miley Cyrus would have been the better choice for, uh, Harley Quinn in the suicide squad movie. Was she in the running for that role? No, I mean, I don't think so, but she should have been. I mean, like, her snarky banter was incredible in this episode. And, like, I feel like if you watch the episode, if if you think I'm fucking crazy right now, oh, oh, Miley Cyrus, she's uh, Harley Quinn, what are you talking about? Watch the fucking episode, all right? And then, like, watch a Deadpool movie. And if that's what they're going for, then you can kind of see. I just don't think Margot Robbie... I think I think Miley Cyrus could have elevated it to that next fucking level. I really do. I thought she was. Um, I agree one hundred percent with Jake that uh, she could really pull off that Harley Quinn role. I think she was kind of like made for it. I, I don't know. I, not that Margot Robbie's a bad actor. I think she's fantastic. I just think like cast her as something else. God damn! I, I just fucking Miley Cyrus was just really good in this episode. I just feel like her snarky banter was just like on par with like Ryan Reynolds Deadpool in this. Oh, absolutely. Um so the whole plot point with the the miniature robot, the Ashley 2. Yeah. That was when it when the thing happens with the computer and it really embraces the personality of the real Ashley O. That was just fantastic. And Miley really, she proved that she has some serious acting chops. And uh, I think we're going to see more from Miley as an actress than just as a singer. Yeah, I mean, we've seen her, like, uh, of course she did the the Hannah Montana thing. But, like, you know, then she did her music career. And we saw her in that, what was that, uh, Seth Rogen, Anthony Mackie movie, the Christmas movie. She had, like, a cam, like, a bit cameo in that one but 
this I think is like really where she's really gotten to stretch her legs as like kind of like a as an actor and uh, show us what she's capable of. And I think yeah, I think Hollywood should give her some more roles. I thought she was really good in this. You know, I mean, we look at. Uh, I think, you know, like Justin Timberlake come from a, from a pop background, pop singing background, and like, he really excelled at like the acting stuff, and, you know, I, I think she's kind of like in that same, uh, cut from that same cloth. I think she's really fantastic in this. I totally agree. Uh, do you know the, the songs that were used in this episode? Uh, do you know what those songs are remixes of? Nine Inch Nails, man. Absolutely. Nine Inch Nails. It's yeah. crazy. Dude, I'm a huge Nine Inch Nails fan. Like, I, you know, and every song in there was a Nine Inch Nails song. Um, yeah, I was not expecting that. <laughs> me either. Like, as soon as I kept hearing them, I was like, oh my God, that's had like a hole. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, there was a rewrite of Hurt written that yeah. was changed to Flirt. Yeah. And I'm really bummed that we didn't get to hear that, but hopefully someday. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it's, it's absolutely fantastic. I think they, I think, uh, they said they are gonna release some of these songs. I don't know about that one though. I think they are gonna release these songs. People, fans are like, uh, getting together and, begging them to release these songs as they should be because yeah. i mean i'm not a huge fan of that poppy genre of music but it is uh it's pretty neat for kind of branching off the nine inch nails line yeah yeah oh my god trent reznor man that guy has reinvented himself social network is one of the best soundtracks ever oh absolutely i like that film was okay but the soundtrack was killer soundtrack's amazing you know do you know he did the soundtrack uh for the first quake video game Oh, did he really? Yeah. Oh, that's sick. I remember Quake and Quake 2. If you put the CD in like a regular CD player, it would play the soundtrack. Oh, wow. And uh I mean, that was real like heavy industrial stuff. I really dug it. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. Yeah, so I Tupperware fucking season 3. Yeah, only 3 up ep- uh, season 5. Only 3 episodes. But man, I would rather have three really good episodes than twenty shitty ones. That's just me. Qu- uh, yeah, quality over quantity for sure. Yeah, or even three good ones and like seventeen shitty ones. I mean, it just I definitely, yeah, just give me some fantastic episodes, and you know, I, I, I'm fine with that. Um, oh gosh, Bandersnatch. What did you think about that, Harmon? Oh, I didn't even waste my time watching it. <laughs> <laughs> that's, what, that's what I love about Harmon. Harmon, like, there'll be a big movie come out, and Harmon's just like, you know what? I'm, you have not impressed me enough to even watch it. And you will talk to Harmon years later, and he's like, nope, still haven't seen. Have you still, have you seen Batman v Superman yet? Nope. I love it, man. <laughs> that's what I love. I love I this guy. I have no interest. Like, I could I could spend my time rewatching Cobra Kai for like the fifth time, and I'd have more fun. What do you think about season two, man? Be honest with me. I lo- okay, so that intro where he's painting the uh, what was it? It was one of the Dodges there. He painted his Dodge black with the yellow on it. Yeah, and then he they put in the the cassette deck that even had the Cobra Kai logo on it. I was fucking sold from the get go. Um, that last fight scene was nuts. Uh, definitely over the top. And, like, those kids hadn't been training for all that long. They shouldn't have been able to kick that much ass. Yeah. But, uh, I loved it, man. That, that total Tupperware. I, I'm, I'm on, I'm, I didn't like the kids stuff as much as I did in the first season. I love the. I don't like LaRusso's daughter. Like, yeah. She drives me crazy. And her, 
She, it just seems like a teen drama with her. Man, they got away from the story of Johnny and Daniel, which is what I really want to see. Yeah, all the Johnny and Daniel stuff was fantastic in the season. I thought it was just perfect. But man, I don't know. The kid stuff just kind of like suffered for me. Rebecca, I know you loved it. I know you loved the uh, season two, and I'm glad. And you know, in season three, isn't season season three is gonna where where it's gonna be free for everybody to watch? I believe. I, I believe so. I believe so. Yeah, so that'll be exciting. Yeah, yeah. I think. Uh, I mean, they've certainly set it up for. Um, oh, what's her name? Elizabeth Shue's character to return. Yeah. yeah. Um, Allie. Allie. That's her name. Allie. With an eye on her name. Yes, I blanked. I blanked on her name. Um, yeah, they've certainly set it up for her to return, which you know should be pretty exciting. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm excited for season three. Rebecca, do you remember yeah. Kate and Allie? Of course I do. Do you remember who was Kate and who was Allie? Oh shit, no. Uh, hold, I'd have to really think about it. Um. Well, I know that you know who Jane Curtin is, but do you know the other actress's name? I'd have to look it up. I don't know off the top of my head. I don't think anyone knows. I don't even think that the actor herself probably remembers at this point. <laughs> Just to remember, I think Jane Curtin played Kate. Okay. I could be wrong on this, though. Give me a second. Because I I do remember watching Kate and Allie. Yeah. Oh, I used to love Kate and Allie. Weren't they like two divorced women that moved in together and then yes. they had like... They, yeah, they were raising their kids to single moms and they were living together. And then, um, yeah, there was the kid Chip, the little kid Chip who looked like the Chucky doll a little bit. Yes. Okay, so I was wrong. Jane Curtin played Allie, and it was Susan St. James who played Kate. Susan St. James! That's right. Susan St. James. Susan St. James. That's a name we haven't heard in years. Anyway. Um, but what's it? Is she still alive, Susan St. James? I don't know. Let's find out. Uh, according to her Wikipedia, she is. What is she, she doing? She's still what's, alive. What's yeah. she doing? What's she doing, huh? Who's right ta- now? Yeah, who's taking all her roles? Candace Bergen? <laughs> oh, she was in that... Sh- oh, she she has not done a lot, actually. She's done, like, mostly guest episodes after Kate and Allie. Do you remember the woman from uh, Dogma? And she was also in Men in Black. Um, What's her name? Florentino. What the fuck's her name? She hasn't done shit since... I looked it up earlier uh, this week. She hasn't done a movie or anything in, like, ten years. Huh. Isn't that weird when they were like, you know, Cameron Diaz, like, officially retired, uh, and it, like, wasn't like a, like, it di- wasn't, di- didn't hit, like, big news. Like, she just kind of, like, stopped making movies. Yeah, like, she kind of was just like, I'm done making movies now. Yeah. Goodbye. And she just left. Like, uh, yeah, why not? I guess that's just her thing. Like, she just wanted to retire. She's like, you know, I did that shitty Annie movie. I'm out. <laughs> yeah, Linda Linda Florentino has not done anything since yeah. 2009. Oh wow, I guess she's just—I don't know. I guess she's not doing anything. I always feel like when you haven't seen an actor do anything in like 10 years, like you're gonna have like a story later on that like they find them somewhere and they're crazy. Oh, you know that happened to Shelley Duvall. Really? Yeah, like she. 
um, she like kind of disappeared off the map for a minute. And then when they found her, she was like, she did some television interview yeah. after not being seen for a while. And she was pretty out there. She hmm. was pretty. For that matter, um, like no one has seen Richard Simmons. Yeah, what like, is? Isn't there? That's a real thing. That's a real that's thing. So, no that's so bizarre. Is. Isn't there a podcast called like "Where's Richard Simmons" or something? It is. There's a podcast called "Where Is Richard Simmons," and it's like done by a friend of his who is seriously worried for his welfare. Yeah. Like, he has not been seen. He's supposedly living with I don't know, like a manager or something. But like that. Oh my real- gosh, we might have like a like another. Um, what was it? The that movie Mercy with John Cusack where he was one of the beach boys that was being, you know, like controlled by their handler, you know? I mean, we might have like one of those situations going on here with Richard Simmons. You know what's weird? You said the name Mercy and for some reason I thought of Misery. <laughs> I did too, actually. Oh, okay. And I was like, that's not the plot to Misery. Oh, he didn't say Misery. He said Mercy. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Kathy Bates... Uh, she took hostage. Uh, she kidnapped one of the Beach Boys, and uh, she was like, "You're gonna write a sequel to Good Vibrations." No, was it? Well, no, good. Yeah, that was one of their songs. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, no. I think you're thinking of um, Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch, right? Didn't good. they have a song? Didn't Good didn't, Vibrations? Did, no, yeah, no. yeah, yeah. Wasn't that the? Yeah, but hold on, hold on. Didn't the didn't the Beach Boys have a song? good, 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 good vibrations? Ba, oh, that's, true. that's true. That's true. They did. No, have. no. It, uh, Marky Mark was feel the vibration, right? What? Come on, come oh. on. Feel it, feel it, feel the vibration. It's such a good vibration. Yes. It's it's such a sweet sensation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> What, what is, hold on now now is this the mandela effect like what's going on here like I know. can can both of these exist both it of these vibrations vibrations it was called good vibrations marky mark song don't you think marky mark missed out on an opportunity to have a vibrator named after him or a <laughs> vibrator that looked like him you know what i mean one hundred percent. And you, you yeah, you like the the on button is like you pull down his Calvin Klein underwear. <laughs> oh, <God>. <laughs> <laughs> That's a bit much. Oh, shit. And the song's constantly playing while it's on, right? Oh God! Yeah. Like, it has to be. <laughs> oh, my God. Did you ever was... see the workout video he did? No. I think oh. I have. Yeah, Marky Mark was doing a lot of stuff back in the day when he was running around in his underwear. Yeah, he was doing a lot of stuff. <laughs> you ever want to go down a good rabbit hole, look on YouTube for the Marky Mark workout video. And uh, it's a lot of him shirtless, a lot of ladies scantily clad, like 1980s ladies. Sure. And uh, learning how to get jacked and get funky. Oh my gosh! Maybe he uh, intimidated Richard Simmons with his workout videos. <laughs> That's it, probably what happened. Probably sent Richard so Simmons. Personal, you guys, how so can personal. I compete? I'm I'm sweating with elderly people. How can I compete with this young hip Marky Mark who's got these scantily clad dressed women? I better go in hiding. He's on the cutting edge. He's of- on. of of fitness workout videos, and here I am dancing with 
old people sweating it up. I have to leave now. Goodbye. See, Richard Simmons clearly missed his shot and should have done scantily clad old people. Because then all the other old, like dirty old men would have been buying those VHS tapes. Oh my gosh. I, I would be lying if I haven't, if I didn't tell you that I haven't masturbated to Sophia Loren. So, um. <laughs> Well, I mean, she's gorgeous. Oh my God! She's yeah, still gorgeous. she's still gorgeous. If she was a uh, conjoined twin, I would masturbate to her dead head. <laughs> Rebecca, would you watch a? <laughs> you do that? No. <laughs> no, 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 no. No, 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 no. I haven't finished the sentence yet. Um, would you watch, (laughs) not that, would you watch a reality show of Dog the Bounty Hunter tracking down Richard Simmons? Oh, would I watch? I'd fucking work for it. Yes, I would watch it. (laughs) Executive producer, Rebecca Daling. Sign me up, bro. Like, seriously. I, you had me at Dog the Bounty Hunter. You could have stopped right there, and I would be like, yes, I'll watch whatever he does. Did you ever that see? dude is wild. Dude, did you ever see the uh, South Park episode where Hugh Cartman is yes. Doug? <laughs> that episode is so, so funny. I am the Doug, the big, big Doug. <laughs> And his wife was Cartman, but she had such big tits you couldn't see her face. (laughs) I'm not going to lie. Oh, my God. Okay. I'm not going to lie. I watched every iteration of Dog the Bounty Hunter. I thought I was like obsessed. I was messing I bought his fucking book, guys. I read his book. I was obsessed with Dog the Bounty Hunter. Like, These are, this is something I did not know about you. Yeah, everybody knows. But yeah, it's what... The book actually was that bad. Oh my god, that is amazing. Oh. Like the story of his life and whatever, how he met his wife and how he had his 300 kids. It was, it's uh, wild. Yeah. That is incredible. He's like, you know what? I'm going to look like a professional wrestler and catch convicts on the run. <laughs> oh my gosh. That mullet is legendary. Yeah, dude, it's oh, a thing of beauty. It's right it up is. there with Joe Dirt's mullet. Yeah, it is. It's like Billy Ray Cyrus's mullet is mm-hmm. like cowering at a corner in the fetal position somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> After looking at that fucking glorious bastard, um, we're we're at about an hour. Do you want to talk about one more thing before we go to break? Sure. All right. Sure. Rebecca, did you get a chance to uh, hop on Netflix and Harmon? I don't know if you saw this or not. We'll find out. Did you get a chance to hop on Netflix and watch When They See Us? I watched all four episodes. As did I. Harmon, have you heard about this? I haven't even heard of this. Okay, this is something I believe that you're going to want to check out. Everybody's going to want to check out. It's a Netflix four-episode miniseries. It's created, co-written, and directed by Ava DuVernay. Uh, Oprah Winfrey is an executive producer on this. This was a uh, actually a Harpo Films uh, production. And uh, <laughs> I found out Robert De Niro was also an executive producer mm-hmm. on this. He sure is, yeah. 
Um, it's uh, based on a true story. When They See Us extends from 1989 when five Harlem teens were, according to Dominic Patton, quote, convicted first in the media and then twice in the courts for the brutal rape of a jogger in the New York City Park to 2014 when Antron McRae, Kevin Richardson, Yusuf Salam, Raymond Santana, and Corey Wise saw their names finally cleared. Having been vilified by New Yorkers back in the late 80s and forced to spend years in jail, the five sued New York City and settled for just over $40 million about four years ago. Based on a true story, an incredible cast here. Incredible cast. Um, Rebecca, I felt like this was structured and... I, let me let me how, how do i say this it was structured kind of like it the movie it where it's like the first two parts of this yes. were like the kids and then like the next two parts of this miniseries were the were them as adults and um and that's the only comparison to it that this has but that's it's just it just in its structure um Giovanna Depo was in this movie from uh, Overlord um uh fucking uh um I'm trying to think like it's just an insane John Leguizamo's in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um Joshua Jackson is Joshua in this Jackson. movie. Uh fucking what's her name? Um from uh X-Men. She was the original uh, Jean Grey. Uh Famke yeah, Jansen. Jansen. Oh my god. Uh, does she look Vera? like she's like uh like does Botox come out to her house? Like what like what <laughs> I mean, it looks like she's had some work done. I mean, she was. I'm telling you, grow old gracefully, Famke. I mean, you're a beautiful woman, and it's like, man, this. I don't know, Rebecca. I think that I don't think that the Botox has treated her well. In my opinion, I think she's she doesn't need it. She's a beautiful woman. She's got beautiful, uh, beautiful face. Beautiful. I mean, she's uh, she don't need it. She don't need that shit. And that's all. That's all I'm saying. I, do it. Do it makes you happy. Do it makes you. I just want to see the old Famke. That's me. Right. You know. Hashtag the old Famke. You know. That's the thing. Like th- uh, speaking of Jean Grey, let's talk about another Grey. Let's talk about Erin Grey. She shouldn't have done the nose job. I loved her. I loved Erin wow. Grey with the original. I'm just saying, ladies. I'm saying there's like what you may think about yourselves that are imperfection, like I, that 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 detract from your beauty. I. I I'm telling you, there's somebody out there. There's a lot of people out there that think it accentuates your beauty. So knock it off, Famke. Just fucking when they start doing these fucking injections on your face, just say no. Slap, slap them. Slap their hands. Say no. I'm a beautiful woman. I don't need this bullshit. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Vera. Go ahead. Sorry. I'm sorry. we could have a whole episode on all of the factors involved and why women and why women in Hollywood especially get work done. But men do it too. Men do it no, too. I, There's like I the rumor. There, uh, did you hear the rumors years ago that they were like uh, Tom Cruise was having like uh, having liposuction fat sucked out of his ass? <laughs> no. Yeah, there was. I heard about that. guys do it too. Guys, look at Daniel Tosh started to like lose his hair. In his twenties and Dan, like, look at old pictures of Daniel Tosh, you know, but he started to like, uh, he started doing like the Bosley hair transplants right. and shit like that. But you know, uh, no one's gonna stop knocking on Clint Eastwood and Robert Redford's door to be in parts 
no matter how old they get, no matter how much their face looks like a baseball mitt. But women in Hollywood will reach a certain age and Hollywood deems them no longer beautiful enough to be a leading woman. And now they're now they are resigned to playing the mom, the mother-in-law, the the grandmother, the older aunt. I'm it's a I'm just saying that there and is a double standard. There is, but you know there's also women taking it back like Diane Lane and uh what's her face? She did a movie with uh what did she do? She did a movie with um can't think of her fucking name. She was in Baby Boom. What was her name? Oh, um shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um Diane Keaton. Yes. Diane no, Keaton. No, those are two women. Yeah, you're absolutely right. That's a perfect example of two women who have chosen to not go down that route. Diane Keaton fucking did a movie with Jack Nicholson. She did remember that nude scene when she came out of the bathroom. Jack Nicholson mm-hmm. saw her naked. Oh my god! Yeah, Diane Keaton, you got a rocking body for like sixty or whatever the fuck you were. Holy shit! A lot better than Kathy Bates in that fucking Jack Nicholson movie where she's in the fucking jacuzzi. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> what was that about Schmidt? Was that what it was? I don't even remember yeah. what it was called. It's called, it called about. You know Schmidt. what would have made that jacuzzi scene better? I know what you're gonna say. <laughs> if they were eating on some hot wings. I know. <laughs> I knew you were gonna say that. You know what? Fuck it, Kathy Bates. You fuck it. You know what? You took a. She took a swing. She went up to bat, right? Yeah. Fuck yeah, she did. She, did. she put herself out home. there. Mm-hmm. She fucking put herself out. there. Good for you, Kathy. She's a goddamn good actor too. One hundred percent agree. Oh, for sure. Good for you. All right. I don't know. But listen to me over here. Fucking. <laughs> I'm talking about talking about this uh, important movie. And I'm talking about uh, naked Diane Keaton for like five minutes. <laughs> so. Do you, do you want to go back to talking about when they see us now? <laughs> when I saw naked Diane Keaton. <laughs> That's a very I'm telling you, she was fucking hot. She was fucking a very attractive woman. Very attractive. Um, Harmon, hottest older woman. Go. Oh, that's a tough one. Uh, does Molly Ringwald qualify yet? Absolutely. She's uh, she's definitely cougar. Cougar uh, Sign sealed delivered. There you go. Sign sealed delivered. Jacob Harmon is yours. Um... Let's see here. Yeah, when they see us, Rebecca, I'm sorry. Rebecca's like, can we talk about Dog the Bounty Hunter again, please? Um, <laughs> we can do that later, too. I have more to say about Dog the Bounty Hunter. <laughs> I, I, this, uh, like, this was incredible. This is an absolute Tupperware. I, um, Rebecca, I'm telling you, like, I, I was in, this, this does such a great job in the first episode. I think it's bookended by two perfect episodes. Um, the first episode is absolutely perfect. It really throws you into like these young men and them just having, having to be, uh, in the wrong place at the wrong time and the wrong status. And, and unfortunately for, um, for them and the world that we live in now, uh, the wrong color. It's sad. It's really fucking sad. And, um, just, uh, what happened? I mean, just what happened to them and them being caught up in this and being pinned for this rape. And you've got, um, what's his name? Um, Corey. 
Corey Wise. He wasn't even he wasn't even there in the park, right? He I wasn't mean, there. He he got caught up in this because he went down to the station to support his friend and watch out for his friend. Yeah. And he got wrapped up in this. And so just one quick thing I want to say is that so th- this took place in 1989 in New York City. I was 12 years old. I do remember this case wow. from when I was a kid. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Obviously, looking at it through 12-year-old eyes at that time, I don't remember all the details. I remember some of the things about this case. I for sure remember the brutal attack. I remember the ad that was taken out in the paper. Um by several people uh, that demanded the death penalty for these boys. I do remember the boys going to jail. And then I do remember years later them being exonerated, which is, of course, much closer to today's time. Mm-hmm. So going back into this movie or into this miniseries and watching these events as an, as an adult now, as a grown woman who's, who's definitely sees the world differently than I did at 12, obviously, um, this miniseries – it it just broke me. Yeah. It was so. I felt like after I felt the same way after I watched Detroit, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and I know you watched that movie too. We mm-hmm. did a whole episode about it. Fucking brutal. Um, Fucking brutal. Like you're in that you're, that scene that for, it's like forty five minutes, and you're there, and yeah, you, yeah. This is yeah. You're right. And um, so, like, I watched the first episode, and it really, like, it took a lot out of me. And I said, you know what, I, I, I need a break, and yeah. I'm not going to watch the rest right away. And then I realized, like, if I don't just push through this and watch all the next three, I'm not going to go back to this because it's so painful. And but I, but it's important, and I wanted to watch it, and I wanted to see what Ava was going to do with the story. And so I went back and I watched the other three just, just in a row, and. I will say I agree with you 100%. It's bookended by two perfect episodes. Um, I thought the fourth, the last episode was the best out of all four. Mm-hmm. And but but that's like saying it's like the it's the best out of four incredible episodes. Like not to say the others are terrible or 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 not great. They're all excellent because the first one focuses on what the cops did. The second one focuses on what the lawyers did. Yeah. And then the third one really takes you through like the jail system and then seeing the boys, some of the boys be released. Um, and then the fourth episode really focuses on Corey, which is the boy who was in jail the longest um, and he was the one who went straight to an adult prison because he was 16. Mm-hmm. And the things that happened to him mm-hmm. in that fourth episode, mm-hmm. I mean, I just – I cried the majority of that episode. I was just so – it took so much out of me mm-hmm. and it was very – this it's a total Tupperware. Like mm-hmm. everybody should watch it. Everybody has to watch this. Yeah. Like it's going to be painful. Like you're going to want to like not watch it. You're going to want to uh, go back to it later and then not go back to it. But you have to watch it because this is a story that has to be told yes. of what these people did to five innocent boys. And since this documentary or not documentary, excuse me, this miniseries came out. The real life Linda Firestein has been fucking canceled and she should have been canceled a long time ago. Mm-hmm. Her book, her publisher dropped her. She's left social media. Every uh, charity board she's been on has basically kicked her off or she's left because 
everything that's come out about her part in this. And it's just, Good. it's just disgusting what she and everybody else, every cop who was involved, every lawyer who was involved deserves to just be canceled after mm. this. Um, please watch this. Yeah. I know it's hard, but watch this because it needs, this story needs to be told, especially if you're a New Yorker and you remember this case. You must watch it because it'll take you and it'll expand your knowledge. I had no idea about some of the stuff that went down and it was just really – I'm glad I watched it. I, I, I can't imagine myself going back and seeing it again because it's just that painful. But Ava just knocked it out of the park. This is just as – I, I love what she's done with this. This is just as good if not better than The People versus OJ. I mean like this is – this is incredible television. Um, it's a story that needed to be told, and um, she did it masterfully. It, uh, I was, I was in tears in that fourth episode. I had to pause and and stop it multiple times mm-hmm. because I was in tears watching this. Um, these these were children. These were children that adults manipulated scared into wrongful confessions because these kids just wanted to go home. They just wanted to go home. Yeah. And they it, they were promised I'm that they could go home if they just admitted to admitted to this rape. And I felt like Corey at that age, like the kid had not been going to school. He'd been, you know, skipping school and um didn't have like the education level as like Yusef, you know? Like Yusef mm-hmm. was like brilliant. Like, brilliant. Like, can you imagine, like, like these kids' childhoods were robbed from them, which is, like, the most tragic thing. Like, those very formative years. And, like, um, you don't grow um, as a person in prison mentally. No. You don't. No. You don't. You don't grow mentally as a person in prison. You just don't. You don't. And um, I felt like Corey Wise was, like, the, the guy who got it the worst was, like, the least equipped to handle it. And, um, and, uh, so that's why like episode four, which really focused on Corey's story broke me. It fucking Mm. broke me. It, man, it it was like, uh, it was watching, it was like watching Brendan in, uh, making a murderer. I had the exact same thought. Yeah. Exactly the same. It was that watching that made me so angry. And then watching how these boys were beaten and manipulated. They sat in a station for 18 hours with no food, no water, mm-hmm. no bathroom breaks, no sleep. Yeah. Until these cops browbeat them into signing false confessions. At that point, those boys were willing to say anything. Yep. Because they were told if you just cooperate, then you can go home. And instead they went to jail. Uh, it- I wish that I would have been able to, I wish like at the end of it, like you get to see like the real guys, you get the, the updates and all that stuff. I wish that they would have had a little bit more to say about the, the white correctional officer that was a big part of Corey Weiss's life in there. I felt like I, we really needed that in this story. I know that this is based on a true story, but like, I'm really glad that there was a, that cop. That white, that one white cop that really looked out for him. Mm-hmm. That was, uh, 
that, you know, that, that was, that we, was yeah, I, we needed that. Was that. Logan, that was Logan Marshall Green. Oh, really? The actor? Yeah, play, playing oh, wow. him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh my god! Just yeah, watch it. It's uh, it's called uh, When They See Us. It's on Netflix. It's a four episode miniseries. Ava DuVernay knocks it out of the park. This is just absolutely fantastic. Everybody needs to watch it. I, I thought it was just an, an incredible uh, miniseries. Like this could have been, you know, like uh, if it was a film, we wouldn't have got this. This, the four hours that we got here. So I'm glad this, I'm glad it's crazy. This came to Netflix, you know? Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. I, I think, I think it's also worth mentioning that the five, um, now men who were arrested back in 89, they were on set for most of the movie. Um, and also Ava had on set, I read this in an article, she had on set therapists available mm. to all the actors because um, she said that after filming Selma, so many of the actors came up to her and said that they needed like to go to therapy, like to leave behind those characters that they were playing, especially like the ones who were playing like, you know, racist and like really terrible people. Mm-hmm. And so she had therapists on set to help the actors deal with some of the roles that they were playing uh, and some of the trauma that they were portraying on screen. Um I just, oh my God, just watch this. And I yeah. know like the second you watch it, you're going to want to talk to somebody about it. You should like reach out to people who have seen it because it's like cathartic to talk about this and, and just, just watch this, this mini series and watch Ava's other films, watch Selma, watch the 13th. Cause she's, she's an important voice out there she's a woman of color who's a director and she has a lot to say and just watch her films please and support her because she is doing something so important in our world today i i just i really love what what she's what she's doing after after this movie i wanted to talk to richard simmons but i couldn't find the motherfucker oh jesus (laughs) (laughs) you know it's like you know that ain't happening. I remembered. I was like, oh, shit, that guy went missing. You know, yeah, uh, uh, Vera Farmiga is also in this movie. And then Michael K. Williams in, uh, from Daredevil is also in this. So, yeah, um, definitely check it out. Absolute Tupperware. Ava DuVernay, fantastic. Um, so, yeah, it's it's cool that she's got a relationship with Netflix. I hope that Netflix kind of taps her to do some other projects in the future. Um very cool that uh, Harpo Productions was involved in this as well. So, I mean, mm-hmm. I feel like uh, Oprah Winfrey herself probably had a big hand in this being uh, being made. She has a she's a very powerful woman, very very yes, powerful woman. She is. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez, she could. Oprah can make or break anybody. I'm telling you, incredible. Mm-hmm. Abs- absolutely, absolutely incredible. All right, we hey, we're gonna take a break. That's the thing that we're going to do. How you cool. doing, Harmon? How you doing, buddy? Uh, good, because I was about to request a uh, Jake break. Jake break. And that would be an official Jake break, because your name's Jake. Exactly. Your name's not Gake. 
I'm, I'm going back to that GIF conversation the, again. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah, Brian, yeah, Brian you, you killed the fun. You sucked all the air out of the fun there with that stupid-ass fucking joke. All right. I'm going to go slap myself at a corner somewhere. We'll be right back with – we'll be right back with uh, – after these messages – We'll be right back. Do you remember that? Oh, man, what I was sure too. What was that? <laughs> do you remember the old uh, "Don't do drugs" commercials? The Scruff McGruff. I remember those. Uh, uh, McGruff, the crime dog. Who's yeah, Scruff McGruff? McGruff. Who's Scruff doesn't McGruff? Know anything, Brian? Yeah. What are you talking about? You amateur. It's been a while. Okay. <laughs> it's been a few years since I watched PBS Kids. Scruff McGruff. Who the fuck is that? Was it that? Okay, I got that confused. No, that has to be his real name. Hold on, McGruff. McGruff, the crime dog. Right now. But his first name is Scruff. You're telling me? Yeah. Nobody. Scruff McGruff, the crime dog. But That's re- his name. Are you serious? That's yeah. Serious? <laughs> you sound, no, you sound like you sound like a guy that just like looked him up on Wikipedia. You don't sound like a real fan calling him Scruff McGruff. Nobody calls him Scruff McGruff. That's what I remember hearing as a kid. <laughs> Scruff McGruff, the crime dog. Uh, he was arrested for having drugs. Wait, what? This isn't the right article. <laughs> Whoa! Whoa! All right. Did Dog the Bounty Hunter have to bring him in? Apparently. His name is Dog. He brought in a dog. It all makes sense now. It's all connected. (laughs) All right. I hate this episode. We will be right back. back we've got uh more uh good pop bad pop coming straight into your dick hole that's something i haven't said in a while that's true mm-hmm. remember when it's I used- good to pull it out once in a while like <laughs> you can't use it too often because then it loses you its effectiveness before you pull it out though. Always, yeah you don't you don't you don't want to be a louis ck in that you know what i mean <laughs> Uh, yeah, distasteful Louis C.K. joke. Deal with it. Um, let's talk about Ferrari. Uh, was it Ford v Ford versus Ferrari? That trailer that came out. Harmon, I was so excited uh, to have you on this episode. You're like a big car head. Is that what they call? Oh, Ge- is it gearhead? What do you What do you call yourselves? Gearhead is the technical term. Mm. You're a big gearhead. Yeah, jump into this one, man. Oh man, the story. Ford v Ferrari. It's the story of the G, uh, the Shelby GT40 at Le Mans 1966. Uh, in the car world, that's a legendary event. Um, that car went on to win four consecutive years at Le Mans, which the 24 hours of Le Mans is probably the most prestigious uh, automobile race that's been going on since 1922, 23, right around there. And uh, this movie chronicles the birth of the GT40, 
which was built for one purpose alone, which was to knock Ferrari off the off the top spot. And it's great to see a story that I care about as a, you know, as a automobile enthusiast, taking that story and bringing it to life as a film with such a stellar cast. I mean, this movie, you've got Matt Damon as the legend Carol Shelby. You've got Christian Bale as Ken Miles, who's one of the most legendary racers in all of automobile history. Uh, John Bernthal is Lee Iaoka, who Lee Iacocca. designed Lee Iacocca. Like this is a role that I have been like begging for Hollywood to give John Bernthal, not just like the you know like Baby Driver, like the the or Punisher or Shane, the grunting badass. Like I, I, I really this I think this is something I can't wait to see John Bernthal in this role. Oh, I'm so pumped. I mean, that's the the guy who designed the Mustang, uh, also designed the Pinto, so ups and downs. Uh, but <laughs> Bernthal, like, I've got no doubt that he's going to knock it out of the park. I think everyone in this movie, um, just from the trailer, is just going to knock their roles right out of the park. And it's going to be a fantastic film, even if you're not, you know, really into the automobile scene. This, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm going to Tupperware this trailer. I thought it looked absolutely fantastic. I cannot wait to watch this movie. The, uh, they're, they're going to knock, they're trying to knock off Ferrari here with, with, and they got 90 days to build a Ford that's going to knock off Ferrari, uh, for this race. This, and, and, and I love like just watching the trailer, the way it starts off with, uh, Bale is Ken Miles talking about the perfect lap. You know, I, 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 this this has me so intrigued. I can't wait to see this story done. Um, and such big name actors in this. I, I thought it looked incredible. This is going to open November 15th of this year. I had no idea this movie was even coming out until last week. And I'm embarrassed that I didn't know that this movie was coming out. Rebecca, what did you think about this? This is directed by James Mangold, our director from Logan. Yeah, I um. What I am the most opposite you can get from a gearhead. Um, I had no clue about this movie either. I do not know this story. Uh, I don't think I know it at all, actually. Um, I, I for sure know who Lee Iacocca is. Um, I, he's a very, uh, larger than life personality in history. Um, I just for watching this trailer, for the first time, I think I saw it on YouTube and then I, I saw it on the big screen before Dark Phoenix, I think. Um, I, I will Tupperware it just for the cast alone. The, the cast is incredible. Um, I think the cast is what sold me on this. I love the idea that it's based on a true story. It looks, and I love a, I, I love it that it's, it's a period piece movie. Like that's, that's always, um, a sucker for that kind of stuff. Um, this looks really intriguing, um, like like you said, and even though this is not like um, my area of like interest in in my real life, but this looks like a movie I would I would enjoy. Yeah, I, I'm telling you, like, uh, I, I, what's the last good like uh, racing car movie that we got? Was it Rush? Was it Rush with uh, with Hemsworth, the Ron Howard film? I never watched Rush. Uh-huh. I never saw that movie either. Okay. I vaguely remember like hearing the title, but that's and, about it. And then it was Ricky Bobby in Talladega uh, <laughs> well, I mean, Nights. That's, that's a classic. I mean, you know. But then before that, it was Michael Rooker and uh, Tom Cruise in uh, uh, 
I just had the name. Now I lost it. Was it Days of Thunder? Days of Thunder. Oof. Oh, come what on. What was that Charlie Sheen racing movie? Charlie Phantom Sheen. or something like that? Charlie Sheen was in a race car movie? Race oh, yeah. Car? He, like, oh, it was in the 80s, and Ron Howard's freaky freaky brother was the main character. I can't remember his name. I remember he, he was in a He was in a movie called The Chase with uh, Christy Swanson, which also had a... Uh, uh, and they were on the run. It was kind of like an O.J. Simpson, like, white Bronco chase where they were uh, being chased by the police and stuff like that. And it also had a cameo appearance by Anthony Kiedis in Flea. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> From uh, the Red Hot Chili Peppers. I used to love that. There's a sex scene in that movie where Christy Swanson and uh, Charlie Sheen have sex while they're driving in a car. <laughs> ah, that's probably yeah. easier to do now with a Tesla. Put it on autopilot. Yes. Like, oh, you're good. Exactly. Yeah. Tesla. Uh, also, the movie I was thinking of is Charlie Sheen in The Wraith from 1986. The Wraith? The Wraith. W-R-A-I-T-H. Oh, wow. Okay. Has nothing to do with the ring race from Lord of the Rings. It does not. He <laughs> dies and comes back as a ghost to race an afterworld card. And kill the racer what? that killed him. Oh my god, this sounds like fucking like Ghost Rider, but so much better. It's a dope movie. Like it's it's bad, but it's so bad it's good. Oh my god, <laughs> Rand- Randy Quaid is in this fucking movie. <laughs> Randy Quaid. Oh my. Have you ever read Randy Quaid's trivia section in IMDb? <laughs> no. Go down that rabbit hole. It is fucking insane. It is absolutely, it, it is a, it's, it's a treat to read. It is so, he is such a weird guy. Oh my god. Yeah, he yeah. is kind of a weird guy. Yeah, think. Yeah, he's a nut. He's a fucking nut. This Him movie. Him and Nick Nolte. Just a bunch of weirdos. <laughs> uh, 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 Gary Busey. Yeah, oh my god, Gary Busey. I will pull out your endocrine system. Oh my god. <laughs> what a fucking weirdo. <laughs> Oh, he's a fucking loon. <laughs> fucking. This Ford versus Ferrari looks so incredible. November 15th, I know where I'm going to be. I'm going to be in the theater watching this movie. James Mangold, uh, is this his follow-up to Logan? Has he done anything since Logan? I feel like this is the follow-up. I think you're right, because I haven't heard his name since Logan. Yeah, yeah, I haven't... James Mangold, man. This is, uh, this looks great. Is this rated PG-13 or R? Uh, I do not see a rating on its Wikipedia page. Has not been rated yet. Oh my hmm. gosh. I don't know. I don't, what do you need? R would be, I'd be cool with R. Oh, for sure. Cause yeah. I mean, some of the language that they could throw around, I imagine could push mm-hmm. it to that R level. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think it's rated yet. I don't see a rating either on IMDb. Um, so maybe it's maybe it's to be released. Yeah. The rating? Yeah, yeah, it has yet to be rated. I'm sure they haven't. Uh, you know, probably sent in the final cut to whoever rates these fucking things. Um, you know, and sometimes you're just kind of like before. Uh, they get the official rating you're just kind of like waiting for the director or the writers to say oh yeah this is going to be rated r pg-13 or whatever so 
Mm-hmm. Uh, got the new trailer for uh, For All Mankind. This is uh, Apple released the first official trailer for the uh, Space Race drama series For All Mankind. It's a new original series set to premiere on the upcoming Apple TV Plus subscription service. Uh, Battlestar Galactica and Outlander producer Ronald D. Moore is behind the show, which asks the questions. Uh, asked the question, what would have happened if the global space race had never ended? Set in a world where NASA astronauts, engineers, and their families find themselves in an alternate history timeline where Russia beat the United States to the moon. So basically, we knew that we had heard that Apple Plus, uh, the streaming service, had uh, tapped Ronald D. Moore to create a show for the service. Um, this sounds like, uh, they're doing like what the man in the high castle did for Amazon, where it was like, uh, what if the Germans won world war two? This is if the Russians got to the moon first and the space race never ended and we're trying to land on Mars, we're trying to land on all these different planets. This stars, uh, Joel Kinnaman, Sarah Jones, Michael Dorman, Chantel Van Santen, Ren Schmidt and Jody Balfour. I think this looks pretty damn promising. I think this looks like it could be a really good series. I don't know how many episodes it's going to go. I do know that I've been loving Joel Kinnaman over the last few projects he's been involved in. Um, I never watched The Killing, but I did watch and love that first season of Altered Carbon. He was one of the only redeeming things, in my opinion, about that Suicide Squad movie, that first one that came out. So I am looking forward to this. I kind of love these, uh, I hate to call it an Elseworld story, but I, it really fits that Elseworld story kind of, uh, storytelling that we get from DC. I, I think this looks pretty good. I'm going to give it a high taste it right now. I, I don't know. What are you guys thinking? Yeah, I will definitely agree with you. This is high taste at territory and there's a really good chance that the show will end up being a Tupperware. I love alternate timeline stories and I haven't seen a lot of alternate timelines where the Soviet Union ended up beating us to uh to the moon. Yeah. So that's a great story to tell and you have to wonder, you know, what's going to be next? How could that era of America reach higher than the moon? What's going to happen next? And I want to see that. And I will say that the period piece look of the show is stunning um they did a great job bringing the 1960s back to life mm. yeah this again if this is going to be their entry into uh uh the streaming wars i think this is a good show i mean i know we're getting like aren't we supposed to be getting like a jennifer aniston reese witherspoon show as well i mean is Apple Plus Rebecca? First off, what did you think about this trailer? I I loved this trailer. Um, I, I'm actually going to go a step further, and I'm going to Tupperware the trailer. Wow. I, I thought uh, that the look, as you as as you said, Jake, I love the look of it. They really captured the 1960s, and we've seen some really great movies come out in the last two to three years where they've really gone back to that time period. Um, you know, and they've really just kind of delved into this whole like NASA space race stuff. I am a huge fan of what if stories. I think that they are fascinating to think about and talk about. Um, 
you know, the idea, what if the Nazis did win World War II? Uh, what, what if we didn't land on the moon first? What if Russia did? Th- then what happens? Um, I'm also a huge fan of what Ronald D. Moore did, did for Star Trek. So, like, I, I mean, right there, I'm like, I'm all in because I, he did amazing work for Next Generation and a couple of the other series too. So I'm a big fan of everybody who's in this, including Joel Kinnaman as well. So, I, I think at least from the trailer, the graphics look really great. Um, and they really captured that like old timey, like on the TV, like when they're all watching like old footage and stuff. And I, I, I'm going to top away the trailer. I'm super excited for this series. I think it looks very promising. And yeah, I am, I'm definitely hyped for it. I think that Amaz, uh, excuse me, Apple Plus should do what like Wayne did and what some other shows have done and release the first episode free on YouTube. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, CBS all access allowed you to watch that first episode of the twilight zone for free for like a weekend. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I think, yeah, they did that with yeah. uh, discovery too. They let you watch the first two episodes yes. for free. Um, you, you, you've got to tease people into it, right? You've yeah. got to tease them to, to spend money on your streaming service to see like, Oh, well, this looks pretty good. Let me, you know, like I, I got to see that first episode of the boys in, in the theater. They released it for like one night to tease everybody into like getting excited. And maybe if you didn't already have Amazon prime, Oh, here's a great reason to get it. You know? So yeah, I, I agree with you. Put that first episode up for free. Let everybody watch it and get, and want to you know subscribe to see the rest of it yeah why are we not getting able to see like uh the first episodes of uh and i understand like netflix doesn't need to do it netflix is right now king shit of fuck mountain right i mean they don't need to do it but like dc universe needs to start doing this shit Oh yeah, they need, they're gonna need all the help they can get. They, they need to, like, I think the next series coming up, is it Stargirl? Stargirl, and then I Metropolis, if that ever even happens now. Uh, I don't, yeah, I don't know about Metropolis. I, Stargirl I'm excited for, I hope it hopefully still happens. But they, they should do the same thing. They should make it, you could watch the first episode for free, and mm. then that way, let people get a taste for it, and then hopefully subscribe to you know jump in there and watch the rest of it i agree because this for all mankind rebecca you gave it a tupperware i i I honestly think like uh this could be a tupperware show i i I can't disagree with you like this uh kind of like wet my palate enough to where like apple plus comes out i'm man it's like I, but I think it would be more appealing if that first episode was for free to, for people to watch. We're going to talk about a show here just in a second, Rebecca, where you have to subscribe to the service to watch that first episode. And I feel like a lot of people are going to miss out. A lot of people mm-hmm. are going to miss out on the show. They're not going to hear about this show. And uh, we're going to talk about that here in a moment. But, like, I don't want, like, this show, which stars Joel Kinnaman, for crying out loud, and has uh, Ronald D. Moore as the showrunner. <laughs> um a lot more eyes should be on this thing. It, Apple, though. It's Apple. We're talking about Apple. We're talking about Apple, though. Can Apple make themselves a player in the streaming wars? Apple right now is, like, one of the very few companies that could, like, outright buy Disney if they wanted to. Right? Mm. 
Yeah, they could. <laughs> they could. I mean, could. pretty much. I mean, yeah. you want to talk about King Shit of Fuck Mountain? I mean, Apple's like right there. Right. <laughs> they are. I mean, I mean, how how brilliant would it be? Like, just as an example, drop that first episode on iTunes for free. Yes. Right? Just yes. Drop it for free on iTunes. Everybody can download it. Watch it on your phone, on your tablet, on your whatever, and then be like, oh, I think I kind of like this. Let uh, me, you know, do the free month or or whatever they offer. And then I'll, oh, I, I know oh, they have more shows on here. I better subscribe to this. Like, you have to because there's a, there's a bunch of other streaming services popping up and there's a new one every day, mm-hmm. it feels like. So they've got to make themselves more competitive. They can't just sit back and be like, oh, we're fucking Apple. People will subscribe no you you can't say that because you've got netflix you've got hulu you've got disney plus dc universe epics you've got so many so yeah you've got to stand up and go hey watch this shit for free and then come in and join us for the rest of it you've got apple who has your email address they could easily send everybody an email saying hey you can watch this for free. Download it on your phone. Download it on your iPad. Download it on your Apple TV, and you can watch this for free. I remember, like, they did something very similar with uh, with a U2 song. Everybody was able to download, like, an album or a song or whatever the fuck. Um, same thing. Like, there's been times where Apple has offered free movies. I, I downloaded Hugo, uh, the Martin Scorsese film, uh, with Sasha Baron Cohen and uh, Asa... What's his name? Asa Butterfield or whatever the fuck that kid's name was. Uh, I mean, that's a great movie if you haven't seen Hugo. But, like, they offered it for free. They could do the same thing for all mankind. And they could offer – I think they should offer all their first episodes for free, for free to watch. Um, through iTunes, through Apple TV, uh, through your iPad, they should all be available to watch. It's mm-hmm. the only way you're going to be able to survive. And I know that you're Apple and you've got all the money in all the world. But it's like you got to do something to – I think Netflix has got their hooks in people. Um, I mean I think it's going to be a struggle, uphill struggle for everybody else to kind of like make themselves players in the streaming wars. So, yeah, fucking make that shit free. Um, Rebecca, what do you have for Good Pop, Bad Pop? So I have a lot of the same stuff you have, but the only thing I have that I don't know if you've watched is a show on Netflix called Historical Roasts. Has anybody watched this? I haven't watched it. I've heard about it. I saw, like, I'm a big fan of Jeff Ross and the Mm -hmm. roasts. I love what he's done with the roasts. I love the roast battles. And I saw this and I watched the clip on Netflix and I was like, this looks silly as fuck. How is this going to work? Tell me what you thought about this, Rebecca. Because it, it doesn't so, look like it's going to work. I, I know. I Believe me. Now, listen. Th- bear with me here. Because I saw it pop up on my Netflix page when it dropped. And I looked at the description and I was like, this is going to be stupid as shit. And I clicked on the first episode and I said, well, let me just at least check it out. So... Anyway, historical roast. Uh, quick synopsis. Roast Master General Jeff Ross and a slew of guest stars poke fun at major historical figures while also honoring their enduring impact on the world. So, of course, you've got your host, J- Jeff Ross, every episode, and then you've got different actors are coming in here playing real-life people. So uh, I think the first episode is they roast Abraham Lincoln. 
who's played by Bob Saget. <laughs> John Wilkes Booth is played by John Stamos. Oh, <laughs> shut the fuck up. Um, so right there, I was like, okay, I, I'm kind of going to watch this now because I have to see what Stamos and Saget do. They have an actress playing Harriet Tubman. Uh, they have another actress playing Mary Todd. Lincoln, uh, Lincoln's wife. Mm. Um, nobody, nobody's off limits in this. No, no. Um, I will tell you this. This show will not be for everybody. Okay. The, it, the, some of the episodes are quite, um, could be offensive. Yes. There's an episode where they roast Anne Frank. Oh my and, god. Yes, that Anne Frank. <laughs> and Gilbert Gottfried plays Hitler. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> now, mm. I, I, I don't find Hitler to be a funny character, but when Gilbert Gottfried gets up there and that voice and he's like, hello everybody! And he's doing his, <laughs> that's a terrible Gilbert Gottfried, but, um, it's, I get it. Comedy, super subjective. I laughed through I would say 85 to 90% of the jokes every episode. Wow. Um, but I, there are plenty of people who will watch this and go, this is really stupid. Wow. And, but I will say this, the episodes are the perfect length. They are about like 30 minutes tops. Mm. If it was any longer, the premise would be like, okay, that's enough. Um, so each each uh, guest has three people who roast them, um, and then of course at the end the guest themselves gets up. There's an episode where they roast Freddie Mercury. Um, <laughs> oh who God. else do they roast? Martin Luther King Jr. I heard that Rosa. Kyle, I heard Rosa Parks. Yeah, Rosa Parks is on that one. Oh my God, are you fucking kidding me? She she's one of the roasters. Cleopatra and Muhammad Ali. Oh my um, God! Listen again. I I knew, you're a terrible I, person. I am a terrible person. <laughs> dude, dude, my grandparents were Holocaust survivors, and I laughed at the Anne Frank episode. Oh my God! I laughed. I, I, I you can judge me if you. No, want I'm not. I, I'm gonna give the series as a whole a high taste. It. I had a lot of fun. I laughed through a lot of it. Not every joke hit, of course, because yeah. you know with comedy, not every joke's going to hit you. I would say give this at least one or two episodes. Try it and see if you like it, right? Because you know, hey, me, Mikey likes it, right? Because he tried live cereal, and Mikey likes it. But you may watch an episode and and then text me and be like, Rebecca, this is terrible, and you're a horrible human being. I'm never speaking to you again. So I, I don't know. It could go either way no, for everybody. You're right. I think it's worth trying though, because it. I'm telling you, Bob Saget, John Stamos as Lincoln and John Wilkes Booth was pretty funny. <laughs> These people, the, the, this sounds incredible. I'm going to watch it now. You've sold me. I'm going to check this out. This will be on my rotation tomorrow. I got to watch. I'm a big fan of Jeff Ross and what he's done with these roasts. I think they're great. Oh, yeah. Here's the thing. People, comedy is, it, it like Rebecca said, it's subjective. Here's the thing. If you don't like a comedian... Don't support that comedian. If you don't find it funny, don't support him. Yeah. It's the people that show up to these shows that heckle the people or say really rude things to him after the show during the meet and greet 
that piss me off. If you don't like a comedian, don't support them with your dollar. But comedian's job is supposed to make us laugh, sometimes uncomfortably, and sometimes just to shock you. That is their job. Okay? It's, it's, it's all for the purpose of comedy. And, um, like, I, I think, like, sometimes people forget that. And, uh, and I think, like, there's a certain group of people that are trying to make certain comedy off limits. And I think, like, you know, for me, Rebecca, there are comedians where they tell an offensive joke and I'm just like, man, didn't work for me. But you know what? I don't have to support them. If they, if they want to sink their own career and tell jokes like that, they can. We live in a country where you can do that. And I can decide for myself whether I want to listen to this person or not. Yeah. But I'm not going to tell that person not to say it. I'm not going to let it bother me on the other hand either. Because like yeah, one exactly. person's opinion, one person's joke, because that's what it is. It's a joke. It's not a statement. It's a joke. They're getting on stage. These people, like comedians are very insecure people anyway. Okay. Oh, yeah, for sure. And like they're always trying to try out new material and they're always trying, they're very insecure people, a lot of them. And they're always trying out new things and they're trying to make a name for themselves. And if you don't like it, don't listen to it. But, um, you know, we do live in a country where you get to say what you want. And, um, if you want to make your mark by t- saying a distasteful joke and pissing off uh, a lot of people, then that's your right. But it's like, you know, like for me, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna support those people, you know? So, mm-hmm. um, and there's a lot of comedy that I go back and watch now that, uh, you know, when we were kids, we kind of revered like this comedian for that act and everything. You go back and you watch it now and it just, it doesn't play because we live in a different, we live in a different world. Like I watch a lot of old Eddie Murphy comedy or I've tried to and it's just like, oh my gosh, like, that it doesn't fly today like uh, and a lot of the andrew dice clay stuff does and you got to understand like andrew dice clay that's not who he is he andrew dice clay when he first started out he would play different characters on stage doing different acts but the one that people started to gravitate to was the dice man people mm-hmm. love that's not him he's andrew clay I, I rebecca you probably remember this in the 90s where he came out with his own show where he would like, he dropped the dice. They even said that in like the ad, like he's dropped the dice and he's Andrew Clay. And it was like the sitcom they did. He was trying to like get rid of that image. And, um, you know, a lot of these comedians, like that's not who they are. That's just part of their act. So I don't know. Yeah, I, I, yeah, for sure. And, um, again, give it a shot. If it's not for you, you'll know right away. That yeah. this is not for you, right? Because with most comedy, you'll know pretty quickly that this is just not my taste. Give it a shot. Um, again, not for everybody. And if you don't like it, then you don't like it. I thought it was pretty funny. I hope it gets a second season. It's not getting great ratings. I think there are people who are quite offended by yeah. some of the stuff, which is to be expected. Yeah. Um, and they have the right hard. to be offended, but they you know. do. It's kind of hard to get up there and make jokes about Nazi occupation and not have some people be like, that's inappropriate. I get it. Um, I, I didn't think I would laugh at that one. And I found myself laughing quite a bit. So, um, yeah, just give it a shot. If, if it's not for you, it's not for you, but I, I give it a high taste. And I thought it was pretty damn funny. There you go. Uh, yeah, real quick, did you watch the, did, I, I just want to hear, did you go to the Rift Tracks event? 
Dude, you're not going to believe what happened. What? I went to the theater that it was playing at. I had my tickets for. I got there about 10 minutes before the show. Uh, they scanned my ticket and they said, oh, um, you were supposed to have gotten an email from Fandango that that movie's not playing here tonight anymore. Uh, And I was like, what? I was so pissed. And I was not the only one. There were about 10 people in the lobby all wearing Mystery Science Theater t-shirts who were there for the movie. And I was so fucking pissed because it was playing at two other theaters. And I could have gone to either two if I knew ahead of time. So fuck you, Fandango. Fuck you, Adam Tickets, for not telling me that this theater canceled the the, the showing. I didn't get to see it. I'm going to try to go next week. When they reshow it, I was so bummed though. Yeah, I thought that this. I, mean, I thought that this you know was. I love those shows. I thought that this was the reshowing of it. Like it originally was like on the second, and then again on the fifth. No, you know, you know what they did differently this time. Normally, they would re- they would show it li- like they would record it live yeah. and show it live simulcast. Mm-hmm. This this year, they actually recorded it the night before. Okay. And then they were going to show it that first night that I was supposed to go, which was last week, um, what, Thursday, I think it was. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, and then they're showing it again next week as a, as a reshow. I'm going to try to go next week. I have free passes back to the same theater, yeah. which it allegedly is playing at. So I don't even know, like, what happened. But, like, yeah, no. None of us ticket holders ever got an email from Fandango or Adam Tickets or anybody. We all showed up for this showing that didn't happen. That's that was bullshit. really bullshit because I could have got like if I had known, I would have just canceled my tickets and gotten them for, for another theater that was showing it. Yeah, but yeah, so I didn't get to go see it. I'm going to try to go next week. Hopefully, I'll see it next week. That sucks. Yeah, I was wanting to see it, but I had to see another movie. And God damn it. So, yeah, I love going to Rift Tracks live events. They're absolutely fantastic. And I love, like, that first night crowd. They usually bring a lot of energy, too. So. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Harmon, what do you got for good pop, bad pop, sir, if anything? Uh, nothing too crazy except a anime called The Seven Deadly Sins. Oh, uh, this is the one on Netflix that everyone is talking about that I haven't seen. It is so, so damn good. Yeah. Uh, so there's currently three seasons and then a movie. Um, the second season is more like a mini season. It's really like four episodes long. Um, but man, all of it is fantastic. Total Tupperware. Uh, it's real high fantasy, you know, sword and sorcery type stuff. It's set, uh, the, the kingdom. They're dealing with Camelot at one point. Uh, so. Jesus, the anim- the animation style, beautifully animated. Uh, the characters are fantastic. You have Meliodas, who's the leader of the Seven Deadly Sins, who are this, these wanted groups of holy knights. And the holy knights are special knights who are able to use kind of like magical powers. And it's kind of cheesy. They all have special names for their attack, like Sonic Boom Tornado. And, you know, they <laughs> shout the name of the attack as they do it. Um, but man, it is badass when they're doing the, the, the massive fights and you have all these different knights attacking at the same time. It is beautifully animated and just super high action. Uh, it is a bit fan servicey, so if that's not your thing, just be aware. Um, 
but aside from that, it is killer. The the, the characters are great. Uh, you have a giant named Lady Diane who is this lovable giant lady, and it turns out she was actually kind of short for the giant race. And uh, eventually, you get to see some of the other giants who are even more badass than she is. Um, fantastic show, highly recommended. Okay, all right, man. It's on. You know, I've clicked plus on my list. It's on my Netflix list. I've heard Aaron from the Nerds podcast rave about this. Uh, Nana Pratt from Blurred's R Us rave about this podcast, uh, this uh, anime, and I still haven't jumped on. I gotta do it. I gotta do it now. I gotta make that plunge, man. It's a it's a worthwhile plunge to take. Uh, Harmon, have you seen The Silent Voice? I have not, but I think that just went to Netflix. It went to Netflix on June fifth. Everyone, you know, it was my movie of the year. Was it for two thousand? Was it two thousand seventeen, Rebecca? I think that's right. I don't think it was. Yeah, because last year I think your movie was the same as mine, which was Infinity War. Yeah, it was 2017. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. You're absolutely right. Thank you. Like, A Silent Voice is now on Netflix. Rebecca, have you seen this? I saw it in the theater as a Fathom event after you raved about it. Yeah. It was the only reason why I went to see it was because you raved about it so much, and it, it really moved me. Yeah. It's, it's a beautiful story. Everybody should see it. Yeah. It's incredibly beautiful. Mm-hmm. You got to see it, guys. Like, it's on Netflix now. There's no fucking excuse. And I'm not, like, Harmon, I think you would love this. Oh, 100% agree, yeah. Jake. This isn't Jacob Harmon. It is, <laughs> yeah. totally. I'll definitely check it out one of these uh, these nights. I'm not too busy. There you go, man. Check it out, man. Um, Definitely check it out. Like, yeah, like, if it's like, like, if, you, if you're seeing a special lady. And you, and you were like, yeah, you want to see if she's cool? Like, she's, she's seen you eat the hot wings. She's cool with that. You want to take it to that next level? Have her watch fucking The Silent Voice with you, man. There you go. Cause like it's, I'll keep that in my back pocket. There you go. There you go. I'm telling you. Rebecca, Harmon, I don't know if you guys saw this. I, I think Rebecca did. Harmon, you said you might get a chance to see it, but it's a Perpetual Grace Limited on Epix. Yes. I watched the first episode. Yeah, I watched the first one as well. Okay. Awesome. Guys, like this, okay, the Epics has some original programming that I have never seen before. Like, the only thing that put Epics on my radar, to be honest with you, is the upcoming Pennyworth series. So, um, I've been checking, I have downloaded the Just Watch app, and the Just Watch app shows me, like, different shows that are going to be coming out to different services, and uh, happened to see that Perpetual Grace Limited is going to be premiering on Epics, and then I saw the cast. Uh, the cast features uh, Jimmy Simpson, who is one of my favorite actors right now. Like, I fell in love with him as uh, one of the McPoyles on It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, <laughs> but then I continued to love him on Westworld, okay? So, uh, this also stars Ben Kingsley, Jackie Weaver, Louis Guzman, Damon Harriman, Chris Conrad, uh, just, just an amazing cast, and... Uh, I was like, okay, what can Epics do? What can Epics do? Can they give me a series that I'm going to enjoy here? Because I know they got another series with Walton Goggins, which I've never seen. But what can they do? So I subscribe to the Epics uh, service now. It's called Epics Now. I think it's five 
bucks or five ninety nine a month. I think it's five bucks. But uh, it uh, Perpetual Grace Limited follows James, played by Jimmy Simpson, a young grifter, as he attempts to prey upon Pastor Byron Brown, played by Sir Ben Kingsley, who turns out to be a far more dangerous, uh, who turns out to be far more dangerous than James suspects. The pastor and his wife, Lillian, played by Jackie Weaver, known to their parishioners as Pa and Ma, have used religion to bilk hundreds of innocent people out of their life savings in Half Acre, New Mexico. So, yeah, I saw the cast. I was like, I got to check this out. Fuck it. I'll drop the five bucks a month to check out Epics. They got other movies on there anyway. Let's check out what this Epics original series is all about. So you've got James. He's played by Jimmy Simpson. He's an ex-firefighter. He walked out on a job. There was a fire, and they were called into it, and he left a trainee by himself holding a hose who ends up dying in this fire. And so now he's kind of like this grifter just going, I don't know, just, uh, I guess going from town to town and just swindling people, I guess, out of money or whatever. I don't know. But he, he, he meets Paul, played by Damon Harriman, in a bar who is looking for somebody to help him steal from his parents. Paul and Ma, played by Ben Kingsley and Jackie Weaver. He, Paul says that his parents run this corrupt church. They've been ripping off people. And um, they devise this scheme to basically kind of like steal $4 million and split it two ways between each other. But like, it's not that simple. And that's kind of like what this first episode sets up. Jake. Jacob, what did you think about this first episode of uh, Perpetual Grace Unlimited. Uh, Perpetual Grace Limited, excuse me. So, before you had mentioned it to me, I had no idea that this show was a thing. Um, I watched the trailer and it instantly just sunk its teeth into me. So, I watched the first episode and hot damn, this show is a Tupperware. It goes all sorts of directions that I wasn't expecting it to go. The, the last few minutes a whole lot of puzzle pieces kind of come into the picture and I can't wait to see where the story is going to go. Mm-hmm. Um, aside from the story, it is shot beautifully. Yes. The cat, the cast is insane. Um, what's the, uh, the kid at the pawn shop? What was his name? Gavin? <laughs> yeah. The, like that? the kid at the pawn shop. Like that was like the most Coen brothers move a uh, moment in the movie. Right. Oh, it was so good. <laughs> and uh, there's there's just so many weird little things that really make this show stand out. Um, like when Ben Kinsley's working with Jimmy and he's just like, rhythm, feel the rhythm, feel the fucking rhythm yes. over and over and over. It was it was wonderful. Like and it just stood out. And there's a lot of that kind of stuff in this show. And. It's got a bit of like a western vibe, mm-hmm. a bit, a little bit of like a noir kind of vibe to it as well. Yeah, it's actually um, it's uh, it's 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 described as a neo noir thriller, is what it's described as. I I can definitely see that, and uh, I've got a, a feeling that the more the show goes on, we're going to get more of that thriller part. I'll be honest with um, you. I want you guys to feel free to spoil this first episode. 100%. I have no problem with you guys spoiling this first episode. 100% at all. 
And the reason I'm saying that is because nobody is subscribing to Epics. And I'm not saying that in a joking manner. I'm just saying, like, the only reason to entice people to watch this show is to tell them about it. So feel free to spoil the fuck out of it. I think this scene might actually be in the trailer as well. But when uh, Ben Kingsley's in the jail and he's talking to the the prison guard and he's like, I am the fucking pale horse of death. And he goes like, all biblical. That was badass. Like, oh, so that good. was that was like fucking like uh, uh, fucking uh, Samuel Jackson in Pulp Fiction quoting scripture. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and then the the kind of subplot with the I can't remember the character's name, but the the prison guard who's planning on leaving his family to go off with the you know the hot younger girl. Yeah. Yeah. And dealing it's. And then you have the... That was uh, Hector Contreras. Hector Contreras. Yeah. I want to know where his story is going to go. And he... It seems like it's going to play a larger role in the show. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm excited to see where his line pans out. Rebecca, what did you think about uh, Perpetual Grace LTD? So, I did not watch any trailer. I just, you know, watched the episode. I... I think I said, what the fuck even is this show about 20 times while I was watching it? <laughs> like, I really don't. I was like, what the fuck even is this show? This is, I was so convinced this was a Coen Brothers. I kept scouring the internet looking for like some Coen Brothers connection because this feels like a Coen Brothers movie. It is, this is so weird and it's, I don't know. It worked for me. I loved it. I, I loved it. It's it's definitely a Western in a way. Um, the black and white um, film for part of it. Well, the whole thing is in black and white, actually. Well, the flash. Right? The No, the fl- just the flashbacks. Just the. OK. Um, I thought those choices were great and very smart to help you, like, sort of keep up with where the story was going. Um the cast is incredible. Uh, Jake, I also love that scene with Ben Kingsley, like, feel the rhythm, feel the rhythm, feel the fucking rhythm. <laughs> I love the scene. That was like Mark Wahlberg telling you to feel the vibration. They, exactly. That was exactly what it was like. Um, I love the scene where he's talking to um, Jimmy Simpson's character in the barn, and he's talking about his son, who, like, we know is the audience, has yeah. contracted Jimmy Simpson to infiltrate, right, this this – uh, family um and he basically tells jimmy that um his son was like weird and was annoying and they like couldn't wait to get rid of him like they just didn't care what happened to him because he was this weird loud annoying kid um and that they, well then he said like he was cruel and he was a bad guy and that's definitely some foreshadowing to the end of the episode mm-hmm. which if, if we're gonna spoil yeah by all means. Um, so, okay, part of the plan is <laughs> that Jimmy Simpson has to get hooked on meth. And he has to become a meth head. Yeah, for so two he weeks he has to fucking for take – two weeks. <laughs> for two weeks he has to become a meth addict because his parents have been working with people that are drug abusers and getting them out of that lifestyle for so long that they would be able to sniff out if he was bullshitting them. Yes. So he becomes addicted to meth. 
to be picked up by the parents. Um, and the plan is that he is going to convince them to go to Mexico where they're going to be locked up for two weeks by Luis Guzman's character. And then he's going to have like he's going to forge death certificates. And well, gonna... the, the reason that they're going to Mexico is they haven't seen their son in years. Right. The mother uh, still has that love for her son. And they have found out that their son is in a cell in Mexico and he is sick and he's wasting away and they're wanting to get him out of the cell and bring him back to the United States and like nurse him back to health. This is all just a, just bullshit. It's, it's like Mm -hmm. he's not in a cell that basically it's just to lure them to Mexico to lock them in a cell. And then like you're saying for like two weeks, Jimmy Simpson's character has now uh, taken on the identity of Paul, mm-hmm. and is going to and, and is going to take over the family fortune and then split it with Paul. Right? Yeah. Um. Exactly. So, like, this is this big elaborate ruse they come up with. They get the parents to Mexico. They get locked into a cell, um, with supposedly only like the quote unquote sissy prisoners, so they're they're going to be safe. Um. Jimmy Simpson then takes on the son's identity and the big thing at the end that I was did not really see coming uh per se was that Paul is a person of interest yes in a murder case of like a little girl and now he's fucking stuck because he's built this fake identity and he's been left holding the ball basically with the parents are in Mexico, but there's death certificates that they're dead. Um, and there's another thing where they kill a prisoner in the Mexican jail yeah. with a shoe. <laughs> yeah. Oh my. And then of course, you know, he finds that like the father has like this crazy, um, criminal past. Um, I, I also tarp aware this first episode. It is weird. And wild, and it's just, it's so, the, it's, it really feels like a Coen Brothers production. So, like, if you like the Coen Brothers, I think you would like this. It feels um, like, it definitely feels Coen Brothers. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, for sure. The, well, like, the guy that tracks down Jimmy Simpson's character after he takes on the identity is actor Terry O'Quinn. He's playing a fucking Texas Ranger. Like... Yeah, like <laughs> a Texas Ranger. That's serious. Like you're fucked. Mm-hmm. I, um, the kid, the whole hitting the kid in the head with. The- oh my god, <laughs> that was such a good scene. The scene with, the- <laughs> there's a scene where he has where he where Jimmy Simpson hits a kid in the head with a pipe, and it is funny and hilarious. And then. The milkshake scene is pretty funny as well. I, I'm Tupperwareing this as well. This show is fucking fantastic. Epics has earned my subscription for as long as this show goes on. I am not kidding you. This is Steve Conrad is the director of this and Steve Conrad has just done a masterful job here. I feel like, like it feels very Coen Brothers. 
and very there's a little bit of Noah Hawley sprinkled in here with those weird astronaut scenes, right? Oh my god, what is that? He calls his dad and his dad is wearing an astronaut suit. And he's like, Dad, are you wearing the helmet? I can't hear you, right. Dad. I can't hear you, Dad. You're wearing the helmet. <laughs> what is that? What is happening? And the whole well, the whole intro to the show where they play like yes. the theme music is just like this astronaut floating in space. I was like, what does this have to do with anything? And then we get what you're talking about. Jimmy Simpson calling his astronaut father wearing the helmet. So weird. Tupperware the fuck out of this weird ass amazing show. I cannot. Episode two comes out tomorrow. Each episode comes out on Sunday. I'm there. Oh, oh, I know what I'm doing tomorrow. I'm watching the next episode of this weird ass show. You know, and it's worth mentioning that uh, on Twitter, I saw that uh, Sean Simmons was tweeting you about yeah. the show. Um, and he said he might have to jump on Epics just for this. I, I would say do it, Sean. Yeah. <laughs> do it. Watch it for this weird ass show. It is really, really out there. And it's just. I mean, I found myself laughing out loud at stuff that probably I, it is not meant to be funny, but it's just so odd. When he comes back into the pawn shop and the kid is laying on a on a gurney <laughs> or a bed because he's like, I have to get rest after my trauma. I was bludgeoned and he was like, well, maybe – Maybe the guy had a reason for hitting you. Maybe he didn't mean to hit you those first two times. Mm. And then he's like, do you want a milkshake? Yeah. And he runs across the street, gets a milkshake, runs back. Oh, my God. What a weird-ass show. Oh, it's so I, good. I, just, I can't wait to see what happens next. <laughs> I, I, Dude, I'm in for the long haul. Harmon, you're in for the long haul, man. Oh, no doubt about it. I am sold. Yeah, like, I was thinking, like, I'm going to get this Epics app. I'm going to check out that new Pennyworth show that's coming out. We'll have a good laugh about it. And then I watched this show, and oh, my God. Here's the thing. It's like, Rebecca, like, we can say, like, oh, my God, this show would, like, do so much better on HBO. I have a feeling, like, this would get canceled on HBO, uh-huh. even if it's oh, good. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I feel like if this was an HBO show, it would be less Coen Brothers, and it would be more like, um, it would be more like drama and action and thriller, and less weird. I feel like for that, as odd as this show is, it kind of needs. It's kind of in the right spot. I don't know. And, it's uh, it's weird yeah. because I, I I part of me sees what you're saying, and then part of me is like they did let the leftovers go on for three seasons when it mm. probably could have been canceled after one. Okay, like yeah, that's a valid like, point. For me, like the leftovers could have gone on for five seasons. Okay, like I loved the leftovers. I thought it was a fantastic show. But like as far as like audience, like it's not like the leftovers brought in subscribers. Like People that are watching The Leftovers were probably already there for Game of Thrones, right? Yeah. I get what you're saying, though. Like, I, I, the, you're saying, like, basically, like, this show wouldn't even get greenlit because it's Steve Conrad and not Damon Lindelof. That's exactly what I'm saying. Yeah. Yes. Because I think if Game of Thrones was still on just as an example, then you could kind of, 
you know, using your your example, then this show might do well at HBO because mm. you've got people already there for Game of Thrones. And now that yeah. it's gone, how many odd shows are you going to have on your on your network that don't really fit with anything else that you're that you're doing? Mm. I mean, even on something. It almost could fit like on stars, maybe because stars did American Gods and that's kind of an odd ish show. Mm -hmm. But this show is so quirky. It almost could be on FX. Like, yeah, kind of like with Legion. Yeah. So I kind of I think it's really in the right place here. This is going to go on 10 episodes, guys. And here's the thing. It's going to go on 10 episodes. So. In nine more weeks, this show is going to wrap up. Here's the thing. You get seven days of epics for free. Once this show wraps up, do your seven days of epics. Get on your Roku, get on your Google Chrome, get on your Apple TV, and download the Epics Now app, and then uh, knock this series out. Knock this or wait. I guess if you want to wait until um, Pennyworth comes out to watch that as well. But I, I would highly recommend people watch Perpetual Grace LTD. I this is a Tupperware. I am blown away by this show. Harmon loved it. Rebecca loved it. Um, there's no denying it. It's a good fucking show. It's a really it's a fantastic show. One episode in. Can't wait for tomorrow to watch the second episode. So. I feel like we are at the ground floor of something cool here. I agree. Absolutely. I, I totally agree. Honestly, I would never, never have looked at anything on epics before this. Um, just because, like, I'm not super excited for Pennyworth, so it's not like it was really on my radar. There was one show that was on epics a few was like maybe a year and a half ago called Berlin Station that I wanted to watch, but mm-hmm. and, and then I was like, oh, that's just one show. I, I don't think I want to get the whole thing just for that one show. And so I never got it. Now that I uh, have Epics, I'm going to go back and watch that other show now yeah. and and like take advantage of, of my of my subscription. There you go. I'm telling you, I, I like I'm going to hold on to my Epic subscription because of this show. It's crazy. Wild. <laughs> It yeah. is such. How, wait, I'm sorry. How about the scene where, where he's talking to the kid when he's robbing him, and he's like, "Shouldn't you be at school?" And he's like, "No, I'm needed here." <sighs> and he's like, "Oh, but you're in a marching band. What? A marching band? What? You're wearing the marching band thing? Oh no, I just found this in the store. It keeps me warm. What? It's so weird. Oh my god, the kid's well, wearing a marching band uniform because it keeps him warm. Wearing a marching band uniform because it keeps him warm because his father has not bought him new clothes in two years. Two and years. It, the father who we've yet to see. Yes. Um, I'm like, okay, where's the dad? Will we ever see him, or will the son just like perpetually be there alone at the shop? Oh my god. Oh, Tupperware the fuck. Perpetual Grace Limited. Shot and directed by Steve Conrad. Love this fucking show. Fan fucking tastic. Guys, I'm not kidding you. If you if you don't want to spend the five bucks a month to watch this week to week, go ahead and use the seven days. I'm telling Rebecca, I'm telling Harmon, I'm telling everybody, use the seven days free once this is wrapped up to download Epics now. 
and knock this out. This is definitely, this should be a, this should be a conversation. This should be a conversation. Rebecca, this might be a conversation at the end of the year when we record the Tupperwares episode. It could be like for show of the year. It could be. It fucking could be. I have not seen a first episode of a show that has blown me away like this just for how odd, excuse me, how odd it is. Yeah. Um, and just how weird it is. I mean, I'm serious. 20 times I said, what the fuck even is this show? What about, what about, because- what about, uh, fucking Hector's kids on the phones? <laughs> yes. He told the kids to come outside and play. And they're like, one of them's like, my ear hurts. <laughs> uh, it's so good. It's so good. This is so Cohen brothers. This is so Noah Hawley. This is just like taking, I don't know. Jackie Weaver is fantastic in this. I think uh, Ben Kingsley is just incredible in this. And it's like, I, I can't get enough Jimmy Simpson in my life. This is, I need more Jimmy Simpson. Cause I feel like, you know, like I loved him in Westworld. Um, and I feel like he's not going to be a big player going forward in Westworld. This is going to be, you know, it's just, it's sad. I feel like it, it's sad that I have to say like, Oh, he's relegated to epics. Like, that shouldn't be the case. People need to have their eyes on this show. Mm-hmm. I agree. Absolutely. Absolutely. And we are going to go to break. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> that, hey, that is all I got. Do you guys have anything left for Good Pop, Bad Pop that you wanted to throw out there before we uh, went to break? No. I think I'm good. Yeah. Are you? Oh, shit. I got one more fucking thing and then we're going to take a break. I got two more fucking things. You Don't fuss. We're going to, you know what? We're going to take a, <laughs> this is the longest fucking good pop, bad pop. I got two more fucking things that I'm going to shove in your goddamn dick holes or your vagina spaces and we're going <laughs> to. So, I hope it's not square brown. <laughs> I don't think I would like that very much. Advertising space is available at brownsquares.com. <laughs> Tens of dollars, Jake. Tens of dollars. Tens of dollars. Oh, man. It's all about the Hamiltons, baby. Yeah. You know? So we... <laughs> We are going to take a quick break. I am the whitest guy ever. Is that like, like, yeah, kind of just happened. Um, we are going to take a quick, fuck you. Whatever, you are. I know. You're 90s guy, I know. I know. And that is not a criticism, my friend. That is a compliment. We are going to take a quick break. I've got two more things that I want to talk about in Good Pop, Bad Pop before we do move on. Um, because I don't think that these, I don't think that we should skip over. I don't know why I'm talking like this. This is weird. I don't know what's going on right now. Why am I talking like, uh, is that a little bit of Joan Rivers going on there? Right? A little bit? You've got got some like lower east side Jewish deli voice going on. I I know. Yeah, exactly. I know what I... Did you want a half a pound on that brisket, honey? Oh, my God. This brisket. Did you want the... (laughs) Oh, God. The brisket. Delicious. Galora should put him this brisket. (laughs) 
It's spilkish all over my Galakana joint. Fantastic. I'm getting clamped. I'm getting clamped over here. Hush. It's crazy. She's so good. You're gonna I love feel it. like I'm watching the the outtakes in the Rugrats Hanukkah special. Oh my God. <laughs> I feel like I feel like I'm watching the demise of this show. <laughs> we are gonna take a quick break and we're gonna come back. I'm gonna regroup and uh, I'm gonna tell you about two more things in Good Pop, Bad Pop, and then we're gonna move on to the news. What am I? What am I? I'm laying out the whole fucking show right now. And then after don't that, we're gonna don't do tell them too much. I know. Let, let I know. Them, let them wonder. I know. Exactly. I feel, you know, it's not like fucking, uh, what's his name? Uh, Fifty Shades of Grey guy was like telling her like the whole game plan. No, he was just like, uh, you know, he just started doing shit to her, right? <laughs> I, get, I don't know. <laughs> you know what I mean? No, he wasn't like fucking, like, uh, had a whiteboard and he was like, yeah, he, this is what we're gonna do. Like he's fucking, you know, like fucking like Phil Jackson in the triangle offense. This is what, this is what I'm going to do to your vagina in the fourth quarter. No. Like, back off, dude. Let's, let's hold on to some surprises here. You know what I mean? Jesus. All right. We're going to, what is wrong with me? Hey, we're going to take a quick break and come right back. I've been saying that for fucking five minutes. Yay. Five minutes. Yeah. All right. We'll be right back. Hi, I sound like Morgan Freeman. I bet most of you do some online shopping with Amazon. It's just so easy. I myself logged in today to buy adult diapers. No, I'm not embarrassed. I have zero shame. And I really don't give a fuck what you think. I'm at that age. You'll get here too one day. And don't think that you won't, you naive asshat. One day you too will be just like Jamie Lee Curtis and shitting your body weight and Dan and yogurt, and the next thing you know, you'll be on Amazon ordering adult diapers saying, holy shit, that freckled face fucker was right. Anyway, the whole point of this is to tell you that popcultureleftovers.com has an Amazon shopping link. What that means is when you click on the link from their website, it helps the show. It doesn't charge you extra at all. You just shop like you regularly would, and Amazon takes care of the rest. It's easy and convenient. Just like these diapers. I literally blew up this diaper while recording this ad. Hashtag truth. All right. Hey, welcome back to this extended edition of Good Pop, Bad Pop. A lot of people piss and moan. Uh, not a lot of people. I had one person piss and moan about the extended Good Pop, Bad Pop. Uh, it going on too long and, 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 uh, one of the reviewers, iTunes reviewers or something said something about, uh, uh, you know, us talking about, uh, too many of these, uh, streaming services and the, and their shows that they offer that nobody, nobody watches. I think that that's, that's part of the appeal of listening to, to one of these, uh, pop culture shows is finding out about new content that you never would have heard about. Whether you watch it or not, just knowing that it's out there, I, I think, Rebecca, Jacob, I think we're educating. We're educating people about things that they would not have known about. 
you know, every time we bring up a new streaming service and you you share that knowledge with people, mm-hmm. I just see the more you know star come across. You know, De- oh, where true, yeah. I never would have even thought about going to Epics had it not been for our discussion about um, Perpetual Grace. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. I mean, you know, I've even talked to uh, I've talked to different people, and they're like, "Yes, they should. You guys should get paid." For this stuff. And it's like, I, I, you know, whatever, whatever. That's besides the point. But I've talked to people, you know, um, that have said, like, you guys should get paid for bringing attention to some of these shows, you know? And it's like, that's not really what we're, we're not here for that. But um, I, I'm just here to tell people about good content and bad content. That's what, that's what good pop, bad pop is about. And, uh, you know what? I don't care if one person pisses and moans that we go on too long with good pop, bad pop. It's not about that one person. I'm not here. I'm not a people pleaser. I'm not try. I'm not here to please everybody. If you get it, you get it. And if you love it, you love it. If you hate it, you hate it. You can go away. It doesn't matter to me. I'm not going to change our whole format over one person's opinion. Never do that. Never bend. Mm-hmm. Never bend for one person. It, you know what I mean? It doesn't matter what the po- what podcast you are. Never bend for one person. Never let one person dictate what you're going to do with your show. If I were to let people dictate what I did with Pop Culture Leftovers years ago, you would not be listening to the same show. You'd be listening to the same cookie. You'd be listening. I'm not saying all fucking podcasts are cookie cutter bullshit, but I'm telling you, just do your thing. Do you? Do you, baby? Exactly. Damn right. Damn you know, straight. I, I think I've told you before, Brian, that like my favorite episodes of PCL are the ones with the extended good pop, bad pop. Mm. I, I, I love them because even if it's like not something I would watch, um, I like listening to people that I respect their opinions on and telling me about shows that they are watching. And maybe it's something that I'm like, huh? That's not really on my radar, but maybe I'll give that a shot. And, um, yeah, I shoot, I, I love the episodes where there's a ton of good pop, bad pop talk. Well, guess what, sister? You're on one. <laughs> You're on. <gasps> guess. Oh my God. Yeah, listen here. <laughs> listen here, little missy. You're on an episode <laughs> where we have an extended good pop, bad pop. I don't know why I'm talking like this and the accent makes no sense at all. Um, you know, I watched on Netflix this week the first three, three and a half episodes of, uh, of a new show that hit the service, uh, called The Chef Show. And, uh, it's a total of eight episodes. The Chef Show sees two friends, John Favreau and Roy Cho- uh, Roy Choi, uh, Experiment with their favorite recipes and techniques, baking, cooking, exploring, and collaborating with some bold-faced names in the entertainment and culinary world. Favreau and Choi go from sharing a meal with the Avengers cast in Atlanta to smoking brisket in Texas with world-renowned pitmaster Aaron Franklin to honoring the legendary food critic Jonathan Gold in Los Angeles. Um, this is one that I've known about for a little bit. And I've been looking forward to this one. I love John Favreau in the movie Chef. It's a movie that we reviewed on the show back in 2014. Saw this one in the theaters. I loved Chef. Raved about it. A lot of the recipes that they introduce into the show are from that movie, but not everything. 
But um, what I mean, some fantastic guests join them on this show. I've been through the first episode, which features uh, Bill Burr and Gwyneth Paltrow. The second episode, which uh, which was like an Avengers meal, which a which was like a round table of like Avengers uh, cast members and creators, uh, Robert Downey Jr., Tom Holland, the Russos, Kevin Feige, kind of rem- reminded me of um, John Favreau's old uh, show Dinner for Five. If you ever watched Dinner for Five, which I was a huge fan of, it really had a feel of that kind of uh, programming going on here. Um, I don't know about you guys. I, Rebecca, I loved the first three episodes of this. I think it's fantastic. I could have watched all eight episodes, but it's so good that I didn't want to feel like, oh, I got to burn through all eight to talk about all eight episodes on the show. I want to stretch this out. I mean, like, this is like, you know, like when you go to a restaurant and they give you like a, you know, like like a three, four course meal or whatever the fuck. I, this is that show for me. Like, I want to stretch this out. Like, I want, like, uh, I want the appetizer. I want, like, the main fucking course. And then I want the dessert. I want to stretch this out for a little bit. I don't want to just feel like I got to burn through it to talk about it on the episode. That's what this kind of show is. It's like, it's, uh, it's so good that I, I just don't want to finish it right now. Does that make any sense? Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I watched the first four of this show, and um, I loved all four episodes. I thought they were all so – they were all so different in mm. their own way. Like, you know, the first episode, they're talking with Gwyneth Paltrow, and then later on, Bill Burr joins them. And, um, like, for, for Gwyneth Paltrow, they make her a pepper pot. Like, yeah. I thought that was so <laughs> cute and clever. Um I, I loved the second episode though, where it was that round table with like Favreau and, uh, uh, David, the chef. And then it was like Tom Holland and uh, as you described the Russos and, and Kevin Feige. I thought that was great where they yeah. were like reminiscing how they cast Tom Holland and, um, just a great, and I loved how, like David got into why he wanted to be like a part of the movie chef and um kind of sh- I love when he was explaining like how the kitchen works in in a restaurant like mm-hmm. stuff that you don't think about like okay if somebody orders like lobster and a steak well you have to think about well the lobster's going to take longer so you have to like make sure that things are timed correctly so that you don't have food sitting around getting cold or sitting under like the heat lamp, whatever. Like you want the meal to come out perfect. And uh, I, I thought it was great. I, I also Tupperware the first four episodes. I thought they were really just fun to watch uh, John, John Favreau cooking with this guy, with the chef who they are friends and worked on the movie Chef together. This is a great show. It's, yeah. I hope it gets another season. It's yeah. wonderful. Yeah, because like this first season doesn't feature John Leguizamo, as far as I know. I don't think it does. No. So, and um, what I do like is they do prepare the pasta dish that John Favreau prepares in the beginning of Chef for yeah. uh, Scarlett Johansson. Yeah. 
and and David like basically says that that dish became so popular people from people watching the movie that he put it on the menu his his regular menu he called it like Scarlett Johansson's pasta or something and I thought that was really cool he shows them how to make it and it, like he's so intense he loves what he does as far as cooking and and you could really it really comes through um yeah I thought it, it's a very, very fun show to watch. Very sweet. I loved the making of the grilled cheese sandwich because that was like when you were mm-hmm. watching Chef and they made that grilled cheese sandwich, like you think grilled cheese sandwich, you think boring, right? Mm-hmm. But when you watch the movie Chef and they make that grilled cheese with like the five different cheeses and just the care that they put in the grilled cheese sandwich, you're just like, oh my God, like – that's the grilled cheese sandwich I want to eat before I fucking die. Like that, <laughs> you know? Yeah, sorry to get morbid on you, but like, oh my god, if there's a grilled cheese sandwich that you can eat before you fucking go on to the afterlife, that's the fucking sandwich that you want to fucking pass through your fucking dead conjoined twin's mouth before you fucking... <laughs> Before you head on into the uh, fucking afterlife, you know, like I, but one thing I really enjoyed about this is that they don't bullshit you. They don't bullshit you. They don't try to lie to you about like the taste of stuff because like that episode where they revealed like they made those beignets. Oh my god, that was hilarious! They tried to pull it off at first, like oh my god, these are really good, and then they admitted to themselves that like we didn't realize that the beignet mix had expired and it's it was stale. It was stale. It was a year old and they were just like, you know what? Fuck man, we gotta let people know this is not this is real. Like we fucked up. You know, mm-hmm. like like I'm a fucking I'm a head chef and we didn't read the fucking expiration date. This shit can happen. And uh those beignets tasted stale and they let you know I appreciated that. That was real. That was a real fucking moment. And they they uh in episode three they fucking uh, – they made those beignets again with like the real fresh mix. and Yeah. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I like that, that they followed up with that. I thought th- – I don't know. This is really cool. Hey, Harmon, did you did you know about this show? Uh, I didn't know about it until you had mentioned it earlier. I uh, I watched the first episode. Nice. And then maybe a couple minutes of the second episode. Uh, this show is not for me. Ah. Uh. Um, I get why, like, you guys enjoy it, and I can see why it has an appeal to a lot of people. I'm not a huge cooking show person to begin with. Um, what I will say that I really liked about the show is actually the breakdown for the ingredients. They do that really neat, almost like claymation-type animation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I, I actually thought that was really clever, and it looked awesome. Um, but as far as the actual content, it's just it's not my thing. Was it was it was it the guests on that first one? Was it Gwyneth Paltrow and Bill Burr that maybe didn't do it for you? That might have been part of it. Um, I will say that grilled cheese looked freaking amazing. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think they uh, they said pepper pots more in that first episode than they did in the entire MCU. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, it just didn't click with me. That's you know what? That's why we have you on this show. You're not gonna sit here. You're not gonna fucking sit here and fucking bullshit me and Rebecca and say like these beignets are 
fantastic. You're going to be like, this show is stale, just like your fucking beignets, John Favreau. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that's why well, I love you. Something... Oh, sorry. No, I just said that's why I love Harmon. Go ahead, Rebecca. Uh, something that I also appreciated about that beignet episode, which I thought was also very honest, was like when they start to make it, uh, D- David says, you know, I thought this was really complicated. So I I was intimidated by it. And I just kind of always stayed away from it. And I thought like that was very humble for him, like as a like a, a well-known chef, a, a, a chef who runs his own place to say that, you know, even he can be intimidated by a recipe or by a, a mix thinking that it's kind of complicated mm. and maybe it's something that he wouldn't be able to do. Um, and I, I don't know. I really appreciated that because like yeah. I, I, I'm the kind of person that like I, I love to cook, but baking really intimidates me. Um, I, I don't do it really well. And I, although I would love to do it better, but it, it, I kind of stay away from it because I'm like, Oh, I, I'm just going to mess it up. And then like to kind of hear this guy say that who is an actual chef say, Oh, I, I thought this was going to be too hard for me, but now I see how easy it is. I, I really loved that moment. Uh, in all honesty, I thought it was a very, another honest moment. And I thought, I think this show is very entertaining. I can get why if if you're not into like cooking shows, I could see why you might not want to give this a shot or or just be like, ah, it's not for me. But um, I don't know. It's very charming, very sweet. Yeah, I like it too. I don't know what the fuck's wrong with you, Harmon. I don't know. Uh, my therapist <laughs> says the same thing. It's weird. <laughs> no, I the 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 uh, chocolate lava cake was. Uh, that was that was really cool to see them make like a proper mm-hmm. uh chocolate lava cake. Um I really enjoyed that. Um what was, I was going to say something else. What the fuck? Uh watching Jan John Favreau crack an egg was amazing. Oh yeah. <laughs> that one hand crack of the egg was pretty fucking that cool. Was, that was pretty cool. Yeah. That- that was definitely pretty cool. Watching them. I love how they associate uh, food with movies. They were talking about the, you know, the fucking, uh, what was it, in uh, the Scorsese film. The the garlic. Film. Oh, where he, he sliced it with the razor. With the razor, just like mm-hmm. in, uh, oh, God, why can't I think of the movie? Are you fucking kidding me right now? Joe Pesci, De Niro. Goodfellas. Goodfellas. Thank you. The Goodfellas garlic scene. I like how they associate it with movies and stuff like that. I think it's really cool. I, uh, yeah, I loved it. I thought it was, uh, I, I love this show. I cannot wait to, to continue and knock out these episodes. It's just like, yeah, it's, I'm glad that Netflix exists for this kind of thing. You know, I'm just, I'm really getting sick of the fucking cancellations though. I'm not going to lie to you guys. Oh, yeah. I'm really getting sick of cancellations with sh- with with shows that I love. We're going to talk about cancellations here in a second. Um, so check out uh, the Chef Show on Netflix. I give it a Tupperware. Well, uh, Rebecca, what are you going to give it? Tupperware as well? Yeah, all, yeah. Tupperware oh also. God, here we go. Hey, Debbie Downer Harmon. No, I'm kidding. What is <laughs> Harmon? 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 Like like uh there's like you you don't you don't watch shows like top chef or like uh uh iron chef or iron chef america that's it's just not your thing even even anthony bourdain you don't care about 
You know, the only cooking show that mattered to me really was when I took a train to Flavortown with Guy Fieri. Um, <laughs> and actually, actually, there's a great there's a great YouTube series called Hot Ones where they, inter- uh, yeah. they interview a celebrity yes. while they're eating hot wings. Yes. Yes. That is the cooking show for me. Yeah. Um, yeah. The Shaquille O'Neal episode of that, that was great. The one with uh, Billie Eilish was – she's an interesting girl, um, <laughs> but it was a great episode. And that that's more my kind of show than uh, than the chef show was. Watch the episode I mean, of Hot Ones with Eric Andre. It is fantastic. I don't think I've seen that one, so I'll definitely have to check that out. Yeah. I, Rebecca, I'm telling you, Harmon, I don't know, man. He's one of the best guests we've ever had on the show. He's fantastic, isn't he? <laughs> He's good. Well, thank you. <laughs> He's great. I mean, I said earlier that he was my favorite. Now I'm starting to regret that statement. No, like I should. I should maybe you know backpedal a little bit. No, here. don't he didn't like no. the show. I like. Oh, oh, you know, oh. Know, you know what, Rebecca? I'm going to quote one of my heroes, Mr. Pee Wee Herney. Uh, wow, I can't even say his fucking <laughs> name right. Pee Wee Herman. Uh huh. I'm a loner, Dottie. A rebel. <laughs> you can't handle my opinions. You can't handle me. <laughs> I don't know why I'm doing this accent now, but here we are. <laughs> this, uh, this is why I proposed to you in Chicago, Jacob Harmon. And that this is why is I fun. said yes. That is, a, that is a true story, people. That is a true story, everybody. I proposed to Jacob Harmon in Chicago. Oh, my God. I love Jacob Harmon. Like, like the day, like if there was like a, a else, we talked about that uh, for all mankind, Elseworld story. If there's an Elseworld story where you don't listen to pop culture leftovers and you're not on this program, I don't want to be a part of that fucking timeline. Fuck that shit. You're amazing. Neither dude. do I. You're amazing. I'm so glad that. Uh, <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> one day, one day, somehow you listen to this show and now you're a part of it. You're fucking amazing. Episode three, man. Episode three. Holy shit, episode fucking th- – was that uh, Iron Man? I think so. Yeah, Iron Man 3, yeah. Oh, a my. long time ago. No, a long time ago. Rebecca, uh, me and you watched a uh, show on Viceland. Guys, I want to throw this out there. Viceland is free to watch. You can download it on your Roku, uh, your Google Chrome. You can download it on your fucking uh, Apple TV, your Fartbox 2000. I don't care what the fuck you got. You can download it. <laughs> <laughs> I only have the Farbox 1000. I still have to upgrade. Where would you, would you, would you buy a device called the Fartbox? Hold on. Here's the thing. Would you, hold on. Here's the thing. I got a, I got a text message the other day. Hold on. Here we go. I got a text message the other day and, uh, I'm seriously considering replying to this one. Here it is. Where is it? Where are you? Yeah, here we go. Uh, it said, uh, I put your TV service a while back. I put in your TV service a while back. Satellite and cable clients upset with prices and changing to streaming. I will get you 500 channels, $30 a month. Asked me to request, asked me to text him back. 500 channels for $30 a month. Does that sound like a deal? Now, what if that device was called the Fartbox 2000? Are you are you texting this guy back? Well, I mean, you could always cover that up, right? Like, it wouldn't have to be prominently displayed, Fartbox 2000. What if it smelled 
like a fart. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm going to have to pass that. If I have to smell it every time. No, can't do it. You know, there's a uh, a guitar pedal that's shaped like a pile of shit. Yeah. What if that's what the fart box was shaped like? Like the uh, the shit emoji. Exactly. Little googly eyes on it, smiling at you. I I think I'm... Hey, 500 channels. 500 channels, $30 a month for 500 channels. And all I got to do is look at a pile of shit. Uh, yeah, I'm doing it. But does it still smell like a fart? When does my house not smell like a fire? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> good point. <laughs> I'm a single guy. You know what I mean? It's like everything in my life is a fart. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> I look back on the past 41 years of my life, and it's all just a big fucking fart. <laughs> <laughs> Fart box. Yeah, so uh watched a show on uh Viceland. Guys, I you know, I've raved about uh Dark Side of the Ring, six episodes. Rebecca, the last episode I know you're not watching this, but the last episode is about the f- most famous female wrestler in my opinion of all time, the fabulous Moolah. I highly recommend that people watch this. Like if you love like true crime shit, like this falls in those lines, uh this show, uh Dark Side of the Ring. But anyway, this new show, it's called Jasper and Errol's First Time. Uh, it, uh, I followed these guys over from their last show, which was Loiter Squad, and it was on Adult Swim. If you do remember that show, uh, it was from uh, the production house Dick House, the same guys that did Jackass. So if you watch this show and it feels a little bit like Jackass, that's why. Um, I... Uh, Rebecca, I don't know about you. I want to get your thoughts on this one. This is, it's called Jasper and Errol's First Time, and it's a couple of black guys that go around doing shit that they wouldn't regularly do. They're out of their comfort zone, and like the first episode featured them like doing bull riding, and then they went to a, uh, uh, a cuddle sanctuary where people mm-hmm. would like cuddle with each other, and then like the last thing they did was like hang gliding. Um, it's like it's played as a comedy what did you think about this first episode yeah so uh for sure um i have i have never seen these guys before um i was aware of the show loiter squad but i just i never watched it um and i am not the biggest fan of jackass boo it's just not my thing all right um so when i started this episode the first segment where they go bull riding absolutely felt like jackass to me. And I was just like, oh, is this going to be jackass? Like, ah. so at first I was like, I don't know about this. Um, and then they went on to the second segment with the cuddle sanctuary. And then, I don't know, that's when this show like took a turn for me. <laughs> 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 These guys going to this cuddle sanctuary and like experiencing this like and if anyone doesn't know like it's like professional quote unquote cuddlers who like will just lay with you in a room with like all these pillows and they will just cuddle with you like it's not sexual it's not romantic it's completely platonic and um 
it, so like to watch them experience that and then the hang gliding segment with the guy who was terrified of heights. Oh my god. Okay, so like I I thoroughly enjoyed this show. I didn't think I would, to be honest, because I really thought this was going to be like another Jackass, and again, not a big fan of Jackass. So. Oh. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. You can boost yourself. <laughs> uh, fart box 2000. And, <laughs> and, uh, I, I had a really, really fun time. I'm gonna high taste this episode. I would watch more, for sure. Um, I think if you're a Jackass fan, I think for sure you're probably going to be into this. I love the idea that they're totally just doing stuff that they would never do. I mean, let's be honest. They're doing like white people shit. Like that's what they're doing. And it's just yes. their, their take on it, their reactions to it are very authentic and very funny. And I loved the hang gliding instructor, Willie, <laughs> who was like 27 and like the chillest. <laughs> white dude ever and he's like yeah like we'll just go up hang gliding whatever and and the guy's like Willie I don't want to die with some white boy Willie I was dead dead uh, yeah I will high taste this episode I had a lot of fun with it surprisingly for me I, I would watch more for sure. oh my god uh, me I am a jackass fan I've seen all the jackass I've seen all the Jackass movies in the theater. Jackass 3, when it came out and it was fucking, like, pegged as Jackass 3D, yeah, I paid the fucking 3D upcharge to watch Jackass 3D in fucking 3D. I'm a huge Jackass fan. I love Jackass. And so uh, when I saw, like, uh, I watched Loiter Loiter Squad, love Loiter Squad, um, and then when I saw this was coming out on Viceland, I had to check out these guys. Uh, oh my god. Fucking Errol slays me. This first, the, when they go to the fucking, uh, cuddle sanctuary, and she's talking to them about, like, yeah, we're gonna be doing some stuff, like, you know, that could be possibly intimate, and it could, uh, you know, you could get turned on while cuddling. Now, if that happens, just make an adjustment. And Errol said, like, Flip it up in your waistband. I <laughs> I fucking lost my shit. Like I've I've loved these guys. I thought they were fantastic. I loved it when they just did cute shit. Like, hey, can we touch elbows and stuff like yeah. that? The hang gliding was hilarious. I loved it when they did the bull riding and uh, fucking Arrow was like, hey, uh, today we're gonna be do, uh, doing uh, bull riding where we ride. Cows with dicks. <laughs> <He's>, <laughs> that was very funny, actually, when he said cows with dicks. And the produ- and he like looked at the producer, and the producer's like, we can't say that. But they kept it in the show. And it's like, I love this. If you're a Jackass fan, if you miss Jackass, if you miss Loiter Squad, um, you've got to watch Jasper and Errol's first time on Viceland. Guys, I've been fucking singing the praises of Viceland. It's fucking free. You can get on your Roku. You can get on your fucking phone. You can get on your uh, Fartbox 2000 and just download Viceland and you can watch all this programming for free. While you're on there, you can check out Dark Side of the Ring. Oh, I don't like wrestling. I've never been into wrestling. Watch it. You don't have to be into wrestling. These are amazing stories. Like, if you like true crime stuff, 
a lot of this wrestling stuff that they're going to show on this show is going to fall into that true crime territory if you're a big fan. If you're not a fan of true crime, oh, fuck you then. Just whatever. Just do whatever you're going to do. I don't know what you're watching. I don't know what you're watching. <laughs> whatever. Just go watch your bullshit. Go watch your fucking uh, Property Brothers on HDTV, you piece of shit. <laughs> I don't know what you're fucking watching. You fucking loser. You fucking piece of shit. Hey, are you ready to move? <laughs> you ready? You ready to move on into the pop culture leftovers news? Yeah. Why not? Yeah. Even if you weren't, it's gonna happen. Here we go. Pop culture leftovers news. Yeah, 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 yeah. Read all about it. It's a leftover news, and there's no doubt about it. This news is gangster as fuck, yo. It's gangsta as fuck, yo. Rebecca, Harmit, you think there's somebody out there that's like, I watch the Property Brothers. What's your pr- problem with the Property oh, oh, Brothers? I'm quite sure there's somebody out there. If my mother listened to this show, it would be her saying that. I, I, listen, I watch Property Brothers. I like Property Brothers. What's my the, mother loves that show. Uh, why, are you, why are you judging me for watching the Property Brothers? Yeah, but my mom doesn't listen to this podcast, so. Why, okay. why do I sound like? Catherine Hepburn in this mouth. What's going on? Uh, what, 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 what am I? <laughs> no, Catherine Hepburn's more like, Catherine Hepburn. How does she talk? She's, she's more like, um, <laughs> hold on, I'm going to try. Uh, you're my knight in shine. There we oh, go. Uh, that's really more what she sounded like at the end. <laughs> yeah, she sounds like, she sounds like, uh, like when you drop a pan on the floor, like a, that pan trying to talk. You know what I mean? As it's kind of like that's a good description. I like yeah. that. <laughs> I know this what she sounded like. <laughs> she <laughs> she sounds like she's constantly like on one of those like uh, amusement park rides, the ones that that like flip around. You know? <laughs> she sounds like I don't know, like she's talking through a fan, but like on a helicopter. <laughs> hey, so pretty serious question here. Yeah. Speaking of fans, yeah. Uh, when you guys were kids, did you ever talk into the fan and pretend to be Darth Vader? Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. All right, just making sure I'm not alone in this. Mm-hmm. It's like the law; you have to do that. Yeah. Alrighty, news. I gotta play that bumper for the news. Where is it? Here we go. All right, we got news this week. Uh, a bunch of shows were canceled. Uh, the Ranch on Netflix, um, Deadly Class on Sci-Fi, Happy on Sci-Fi, Swamp Thing on DC Universe. I don't know about you guys, but uh, I am gonna miss Deadly Class. Huge fan of Deadly Class. I was actually a big fan of Happy as well. I'm going to miss Deadly Class. Um, go out there. If you're a fan of Deadly Class, if you're a fan of Happy, if you're a fan of Swamp Thing, um, go out there and use the hashtag uh, Save Deadly Class or uh, Save Happy or Save Swamp Thing. Um, God damn it. I was uh, – this news really fucked me up this week with Deadly Class. I – I really love Deadly Class. That was like, if I could save any one of these shows, it would be Deadly Class. Yeah, man, there's a lot of shows. Um, I'm, I have to say though, like, I, I really thought Deadly Class would get a second season. 
Um, kind of surprised they canceled Happy too, but like mm. the timing of this Swamp Thing cancellation is just so. I don't get it. I really do not get it. Mm-hmm. Um, why do that six days after the first episode drops? Can I talk about that? Yeah, yeah, for sure. The reason Rebe- the reason Rebecca's saying this is like, why don't you wait for the whole first season to come out? Before you cancel it. And like, that makes sense. Like, I I get it. There's a conspiracy that's been floating around now that, um, the show was going to get canceled regardless. So instead of waiting for the show to come out and then just cancel it after it's full season run and everybody's had a chance to watch it. Let's do something experimental with it. We don't know if it's going to work, but let's try it anyway. This is the conspiracy theory, is that uh, DC Warner Brothers was like, well, let's cancel this show after the first episode to bring attention to the service. People are going to hear about the show. Like, if you haven't heard about the show now from word of mouth or if you don't not a DC universe subscriber well you're damn well gonna fucking hear about it from uh, cbr.com or collider.com or slashfilm.com or screenrant.com or io9.com or .com.com or fartbox2000.com I mean you're gonna hear about it from one of these fucking <laughs> outlets that are reporting that Swamp Thing has now been cancelled after the first episode there, this is the conspiracy theory. Does it help them to announce that the show's been canceled to make people aware that the show even exists and to hear the outcry from people now and maybe even get people to subscribe to the, I don't know. I, 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 I don't know. I think it's kind of, I think that that's kind of bullshit. I don't know. Like, like what makes more sense? Like, is it, is it an experimental thing that they're doing here to bring more attention to the show? Like, how many people did Swamp Thing bring over? Like, how many people subscribed to DC Universe because of Swamp Thing? Well, I would happen to guess not a lot because the show got canceled. If the show brought people into the service, if people are subscribing to DC Universe because they're wanting to check out Swamp Thing, I would imagine that they would have seen those numbers and they would have been like, okay, this show's successful, we'll keep it around. Don't worry, we're going to talk about the fucking tax cut, which that was debunked here in a second, people. But I'm just saying, like, did they cancel this thing before the whole first season ran just to bring attention to the fucking show and maybe to get people to start these petitions of hashtag save swamp thing and change.org to save swamp thing? Is this experimental, Rebecca? What do you think? I don't know. I feel like this is a big fucking gamble. I mean, I don't know. I mean,. One episode in, and I, I, I was sold on the series. Yeah. I loved it. I, I Tupperware that first episode. And then to find out six days later that it's canceled, I just, and for me being a fan of what I already saw, my, my knee jerk reaction was, oh man, well, why bother watching the rest of the season mm. now? Like that was my knee jerk reaction to say, 
Well, what if it ends on a cliffhanger? Now what? Mm. I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna end up like uh, the end. Oh, this is gonna be a deep cut. Uh, it's gonna be the end of like the series V from the '80s, where it ended on a huge fucking cliffhanger, and I never got resolution. And and I'm still annoyed about it because I just brought it up in 2019. So I I don't I think that's a dumb move. Yeah, I think that's really stupid. Yeah, I, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, Harmon, are are you a subscriber to DC Universe? Have you watched any of these shows? Or oh, absolutely not. I'm I'm not a huge DC person anyway. Um, but as someone who's not a subscriber, hearing this news is not going to make me be like, oh, well, maybe I'll check this out and <laughs> see why they canceled it. Yeah, that's not going to make me subscribe. And honestly, I don't know. <laughs> why that would make anyone else want to check out a service if you're canceling a show after one episode like yeah it just doesn't speak well to the service and your content that's on the service episode mm-hmm. two is out right now rebecca and i have I, not I watched, watched this it morning, yeah have you watched it i watched it this morning i i like watched it yeah. like fine i'll watch this fucking episode <laughs> anyway like i was so angry i angrily watched it i like, have I haven't. I haven't watched it. I'll be honest with you. And the reason I haven't watched it is because it fucking got canceled. So yeah. But I think I think Jake, you are the voice of every person out there who might have been on the fence about uh, coming on to DC Universe, and then you know you hear oh Swamp Thing. Oh, that sounds interesting. Oh, I like that character. And then you know one episode in. And you see people on the internet like, oh my god, it's amazing, I love it, I love it. And you're like, oh, okay, sounds good. And then canceled. Oh, well, forget that, I'm not going to subscribe now. What do I fucking care? Exactly. Uh, I I could spend my money someplace else and support another service that's going to continuously give me content and not cut the cord after one episode. Exactly. Mm. And now, now, what about Stargirl? Yeah. Are they going to fucking cancel Stargirl before it even comes out? I'm telling you, like, like we talked about it last week on the show, I, I think that DC Universe is going to be absorbed by Warner streaming. It's looking that way. That makes I, sense. I, it's looking that way. Yeah. Collider came out with an, ep- uh, an article uh, saying that... Uh, it went on to say the DC universe has clearly been having some problems building up its subscriber base, um, as evidenced by the many free promotions trying to convince people to try it. And trouble in the Swamp Thing waters first surfaced in April when we learned that the show's 13 episode order had been abruptly cut to 10 in the middle of production. The cause of this abrupt shutdown was likely due to a paperwork error that caused North Carolina to Renig on its promised tax rebate valued at 40 million or half of Swamp Thing's budget, which the put, which the put intense budgetary pressure on, uh, Warner Brothers. While that means a season two would not be able to shoot North Carolina, surely there are other locations to choose from. Per bloody disgusting, the series lost support from executives before it even aired with those in charge worried about subscribers and reach despite the positive reviews, bloody disgusting reports that there were creative differences between several people involved with the show, with some pushing for the series to veer into a horror genre, while other believed it would be better crafted as a weekly procedural. In the end, it appears 
an agreement could not be made, either that or DC Universe just decided it was better to scrap the whole thing altogether and move on. But then, okay, so basically they're saying it was a tax issue that the series cost like $80 million. They were going to get half of it back through tax rebates through North Carolina. Then io9 came out with an article. I'm going to read this from Dark Horizons. They summed it up here. They said the other day came official confirmation about something that had already been indicated when filming wrapped months ago that the DC Universe Swamp Thing series had already been canceled. Earlier this year, the production during the production of the show's first season episode count was reduced from 13 to 10. At the time, reports suggested the finale was to be retooled into a series finale as opposed to a season finale for a continuing series. That was finally confirmed this week when the cancellation order was announced after just one episode went to air. In other words, those involved had already made their mind up to axe the series, and this was despite some very good reviews for the show that have highly praised it. The reasoning for the axing as where it gets it's, gets tricky. Some thought it is a sign of the studio's lack of faith in what is an, uh, what is an obscure character. Many attribute it to Warner Media rethinking the DC Universe service in the wake of the announced Warner Media streaming service coming within the next year. However, one report tra- uh, gained traction yesterday related to a government budgeting error. A series of tweets from Austin writer John Golson put the blame on tax credits problem in North Carolina, which apparently enough that the state withheld $40 million, which producer Warner Brothers Television was counting on to help with the show's $85 million budget first season. However, since then, North Carolina film office director Guy Gasser has gone on the record saying the report was not accurate and the numbers were way off, as well as the maximum payment per season for any production is $12 million. That's a huge oversight. There's no way that Warner Brothers would not know about that. There's no fucking way that Warner Brothers would think that they're going to get a $40 million uh, tax rebate when the max is going to be $12 million. And the whole, I think like the whole, for like all of North Carolina, like the whole uh, yearly budget for tax rebates is $36 million. There's no way that this would be an oversight by Warner Brothers. That is fucking ridiculous. So I think like, I think that that's, I don't think it was due to budgetary reasons. I think they, Rebecca, I, I don't know. I don't know. What the fuck? What the, I, is it, I think like they realized $85 million. Here's it. Here it is. $85 million that they spent on this season. And they're not getting the subscriber base. You can't greenlight a second episode, or a second season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it just I mean, doesn't make financial sense. Yeah, I mean, if that's because, yeah, because the the whole tax thing is 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 clearly bullshit. And and I I remember when they announced that it was going to be thirteen, and they dropped it to ten, and that. People were starting to worry and everyone said – and well, not everyone, but like people at Warner were like, no, no, no. It's just uh, – this is a story that we're going to tell. We don't need the 13 episodes and this is just going to be the better story. Okay. If that was the case, why not just announce it like, hey, this is a 10-episode miniseries, one and done. We have a complete story to tell here. Mm-hmm. Like 
Just say that. That's all you have to do is say that. And I think it's really dumb, personally, to say that Swamp Thing is a more obscure character than Doom Patrol. I mean, come on. Even I know who fucking Swamp Thing is, and like, I'm not, like, the biggest DC comic expert. Like, I'm familiar with Swamp Thing, so I, I don't know. I just, I think that there's... I think it's probably because they don't have enough subscribers to justify the budget for the show, but I think it's completely dumb to do to make this announcement before you even drop the second episode. I really think... If they had just waited until after the last episode and said, okay, we're not going to renew it, maybe then you get the reaction that you want, but not after you drop the first episode yeah. and then go, it's canceled. Yeah, but I don't know. I, yeah, I don't know. It, it's tough. It's like I, I think DC is kind of like throwing their hands up in the air at this point. Like how do we get more subscribers to our service? I feel like – subscribers have just stalled like i initially i did the what was it like the 75 dollars for 15 months deal that they had Mm -hmm. i just don't feel like they have new people subscribing to the service at 7.99 and they felt like this was their best way to get free advertisement i know i know that doesn't make sense rebecca but like like free advertisement as far as like comicbook.com, cbr.com, slash film, screen rant, all these io9, all these different media outlets reporting that Swamp Thing has been canceled is like also free advertisement for the service. It's not the mm-hmm. best free. I don't know. I, I feel like they don't know what they're doing at this point and like they're swinging for the fences at this point. They, right. th- th- like it makes sense. Like we, we think traditionally that it just makes sense to wait to cancel the show after the whole season's aired. They're just like, you know what? For the subscribers that we have, it doesn't even matter. We need more. Uh-huh. Subs- we need more people thinking about our service. We, so they're just they're swinging for the fences. Is is what it feels. Yeah, like. Yeah, I don't know. Like if that's the case, if you're okay, if if I'm if I'm Warner Media and DC Universe app is not making the money that we all thought it would, mm-hmm. well then maybe this is the time to start selling more advertising space. I'm not saying run commercials in the middle of your show. I'm saying before the show starts, you do that thing like on YouTube, right? Where there's like a 10 second ad for like Swiffer Wetchet or uh, Fartbox 2000 or whatever. <laughs> like sell, sell that space to mm-hmm. make some more revenue or have a banner running on the bottom or the top of the, of the webpage when you log in, you know, click here to try, get your free sample of, you know, blah, make blah, your blah. first episode available for free on fucking YouTube. That's exactly. What, that, yes. Do that. Right. Do, do that so that you entice people onto it, onto the network to then uh, pay that monthly subscription fee. Because let's be honest, DC Universe, it is a, it is a niche streaming service. Yeah. It's extremely niche. You have got to be enough of a DC only fan to get to pay for this 
app yeah. to pay for the streaming service. They offer nothing else but DC characters. You have got to be a big comic book fan to do that. And if if you don't diversify or if you don't throw it, why not throw in ads from Midtown Comics on there or things from another world or partnership with Amazon? Like fucking do something like that to bring in more revenue. That's how you can do that. Mm. But Make your first episode free on Amazon Prime. Why? Yeah. Have a partnership with them if you if you want to try that. Or YouTube, as you guys said. All brilliant ideas to try it. The problem isn't that they're making bad shows because they're making no. great shows. <laughs> like that's not the problem. It's just that they don't have the subscriber base to uh, keep these shows financially – it's not viable financially for them to keep this service going. I, I think it's, right. I think it's just going to fold into the Warner streaming service, which is, is. basically going to turn into Disney Plus, which is not a bad thing. Like, you know, if I've got a, if, you know, what is it? Uh, as far as Warner Brothers streaming service is concerned, what they were, uh, we've got news about that this week that it's going to be like 16 to $17. It's going to include, all the Warner Brothers films. It's also going to include Cinemax and HBO. Mm, wow. uh, see, that's a deal. That's right. now, if, even if you upped it to you know twenty bucks a month, and they rolled the DC stuff into that. That's so much varied content mm. that that would get more people interested. That would get someone like me interested. Yep. Uh, absolutely, because. I could I could see someone like you, Jake, go, going on there to watch whatever show, whatever movie you're going to watch, and then being like, "Oh, since I'm here, let me click the DC Universe uh, tab here, and maybe I'll check out that first episode of Titans after all." Right? Like you're already there for other stuff. You might as well check out whatever's on DC Universe. If DC Universe does get wrapped into Warner streaming, though. What happens to the comics that are on there? I feel like they're going to go. Yeah, I mean, that's, you know, that's, I mean, even the comics that they have on there, it's not like, it's not still like Marvel Unlimited where it's everything available, you know? I I felt like the comics, I mean, I didn't think it was like the best comic selection out there, but it it was kind of like the whole, like, they, they would give you the first five issues of a run. Right. To kind of be like, here, check out this beginning of this story arc. And if you like it, go down to your local comic shop or or order it on, you know, Comixology and whatever. Um, I just feel like. Yeah, my fucking drug dealer down the fucking street that gives me the same (laughs) tactic. I know. I know. I know. It's true. Oh, did you like that first hit of fucking heroin? Well, yeah. All right. It's free. But guess what? The next time you come back, you're going to have to pay. Yeah, exactly. I I feel like they'll they'll probably nix the comic section and just keep like the the shows and the because they do have a lot of great shows on there. Like you can watch, uh, you know, you can watch Justice League uh, Unlimited on there. You can watch, um, you can watch all the Batman movies on there. Young like, Justice. A lot Yes, young. You can watch a lot of stuff like classic shows. You can watch all of Lois and Clark. Yeah, but I love that show. But you can't watch any of the CW stuff. No, you cannot. You're right. You can't watch the CW shows, which is bullshit. 
I agree. It is bullshit. That that should be on there too. Yeah, I don't know. It's I I think it's going to fold into Warner Media streaming, and if they're talking about it coming in at a, you know, sixteen to seventeen dollars per month, I. Th- I don't know. I think like even with HBO and Cinemax, like if you're if you're getting HBO now, you're paying about fifteen dollars a month for HBO, and this is going to come with HBO, Cinemax, uh, all the Warner Brothers stuff. So you're going to get Harry Potter and all this stuff. I don't know. It's it's you're really going to have to put it out there that it's going to be a value it, it, because at the end of the day. Disney Plus is going to be coming in around, you know, like six, seven bucks a month. Yeah. Right. So, so you're you're looking at half the price for at least comparable com- uh, co- comparable uh, content mm. because they're going to have the entire Fox library on there. They're going to have the Disney back catalog on there. They're going to have new Star Wars stuff on there. I mean. You're gonna have a lot of stuff on there, and you're gonna be charging half the price. What? How, what does this do with the um, not HBO Go, but the HBO? What is that HBO service where you can just like subscribe just to the HBO app? The HBO Now. Yeah, HBO Now. What happens to HBO Now if they're bundling it in with mm. with this Warner streaming service? Like, what happens to that? Does that go away completely, or do you drop that price? At that point, down to like seven bucks a month. Like what? Like because, right? I mean, that makes no sense to even like. Why would HBO want to sacrifice that service? I understand that Warner Brothers owns HBO, but like, I would happen to think that HBO now, with it being fifteen dollars per month, would just happen to go away. Like, like at this point, HBO now is now absorbed by the Warner Brothers streaming service. Mm-hmm. I, I would imagine so. Makes sense. Yeah, I don't know. Or like, like uh, those and 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 those subscribers to HBO now, like their subscription, their existing subscription, like they might, it would make sense for them to just grandfather them into mm-hmm. Warner Media streaming at fifteen dollars a month. They get all the same content plus everything Warner Brothers and DC Universe. At that fifteen dollars per month price point, that would make sense to me. I agree with you a hundred percent. You should absolutely grandfather them in. But I mean, yeah, that makes sense right now that we're talking about it. But like, I, I don't. Are, is one is Warner Media smart enough to figure that out? Because I, I don't see them making terribly smart decisions right now. That's um, true. Yeah. You know, it's just, and again, it's not like these shows are shit. I mean. In all honesty, if it wasn't for Sharp Objects last year, Titans would have been my show of the year. I'm not kidding. I loved Titans that much. Mm -hmm. And for me, Doom Patrol was so-so, but I know a lot of people loved it. Swamp Thing, that first episode, I was all in. After one episode, I was ready to take this journey with Alec Holland becoming Swamp Thing. And then they canceled it and, like... Now I feel like what's the point of even watching this show? Right. And 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 how how disappointing for all the actors who put all of the time and effort into it, all of the crews, the it's, directors. It's, I mean it's fucking it's Constantine all over again for NBC. Yep. One hundred percent. You're absolutely right. 
And so it's like, oh, am I going to have to see fucking uh, Constantine revived on uh, – is that what we're waiting for? Is like, uh, you know, all these actors to come back on a CW show to fucking reprise these roles? Fuck that shit. I, you know, I, I mean, like the whole reason I subscribe to the DC universe is because I'm going to be able – the only reason I subscribe to that is because like, this is the only destination that I'm going to be able to see these shows. Right. I wanted Young Justice Season 3. I wanted fucking Swamp Thing. I wanted Titans. I wanted Doom Patrol. It's the only destination to get those places. And, you know, I it, to, to just see those characters revived on something else is just silly. I, I yeah, I think uh, you're right, Rebecca. I don't think Warner Brothers knows what they're doing. They, they didn't, uh, they didn't, they just, they saw the opportunity to start a streaming service. They didn't really know kind of like what the subscriber base they were going to get. And uh, this whole experiment has kind of failed in my opinion. I don't care how they try to spin it. I, it's not, it's not been successful. Unfortunately, Mm -hmm. the the shows have been critically uh, received. Well, I just don't think that they have the subscriber base and it's sad because like, I, I love it, but you know, I mean, you're, you're asking people to part with, you know, eight bucks a month to fucking watch, three new shows right or like like you know or go back and watch some of these old dc programs and it's a lot to ask it really is especially when you're when you can use some of that like look at all the content that netflix is putting out monthly right i Uh mean look i mean come on i mean you got to be a hardcore dc fan to fucking subscribe to dc universe absolutely you 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 have to be that hardcore dc fan and I don't know. It's it's a shame. I I think this. I think I think you you're you hit the nail on the head saying this was an experiment. Yeah. And and it's it has failed, which is a shame. Um, think about think about a soccer mom uh, Samantha watching Netflix. It makes sense. Like you know, soccer mom Samantha is gonna watch uh, Dead to Me, or she's gonna watch Orange Is the New Black. Can you see soccer mom Samantha subscribing to DC Universe and reading? Uh, the Killing Joke. <laughs> I mean, not unless she's a huge comic book fan, she's not going to do it. No. And the average person who's not a, a big comic book fan, they're not going to do it. Uh, and, um, trust me, they're, guys. They're just not. I realize that The Killing Joke is not available on DC Universe, so don't fucking nerd out on me right now. Okay? <laughs> oh, I can hear the, I can hear the keyboards now. I know. Actually, Brian. Yeah, clickety-clack. Fuck you is my response. All right? So I don't even need that shit right now. Um, this next story had to have excited Rebecca, so I wanted to go over it on the podcast. The news comes from Deadline. Punky Brewster reboot starring Salil Moon Fry in the works at UCP. Rebecca, Punky Brewster coming back. Talk to me. Oh, I am all over this news. <laughs> I, um, Jake, did you ever watch Punky Brewster? I caught like some reruns when I was hanging out with my grandmother. Uh, that's about it. But I was never like a devout follower <laughs> of, uh, of Funky Brewster. <laughs> okay, if me and your grandma are the same age, I'm gonna kill myself. Uh, <laughs> She's been dead for ten years, so I think oh, you're doing okay. <laughs> sorry. Okay. Um, yeah, like uh, the reason why I love this news is because it is not a reboot in the sense of like they're gonna recast some young child actor to play Punky Brewster and like re like retool this show for the 
2019. It's a continuation mm-hmm. of Punky's story. I'm all over that. I loved Punky Brewster. I watched a lot of it growing up. Um, I love that Salil Moon Fry is coming back to play the character. If you wonder why her name is Salil Moon Fry, let me just tell you this. Her parents were fucking hippies. All right. That's why. All right. Yeah. <laughs> that's why her name is Salil Moon Fry. Her parents were fucking hippies. They were probably dropping acid one night and they were like, ah, oh, it's name, it, probably during the pregnancy. And that's why they named her Salil Moon Fry. So I just wanted to throw that out there. Yeah. But, uh, Punky Brewster is about, uh, Penelope. The, the, the series from 1984 is about Penelope Prunky Brewster. Uh, she was abandoned in a supermarket by her mother and, uh, she didn't want to live in an orphanage and then she befriends Henry Warnemont, uh, and he adopts her. And, uh, in this new, uh, multi-camera hybrid reboot, she is a single mother of three trying to get her life back on track when she meets a young girl who reminds her a lot of her younger self. Um, so, yeah, um... I don't know what service this is going to come out on, but uh, I loved Punky Brewster as a kid. I think it was Jake. I don't know. Was it Jake? That I Was Jake the one that was terrified by the Halloween episode? You ever seen the Halloween episode, Rebecca? I don't remember. Mm. Have, I? <laughs> Have I? I don't know. Oh, my God. You've got to watch. Hold on. You've got to, like... Like, uh, not right now, but like after this episode and everything <laughs> oh, like that, hang up and you've, <laughs> you've got to watch the, it is terrifying. The Halloween episode of Punky Brewster is fucking terrifying. Like it's, it fucking scarred many a child. Trust me. Oh, I, okay. Well, you know what I clearly remember about Punky Brewster that they had an episode about the, the, her and her friends were playing hide and seek, and yeah. one of them went into an abandoned refrigerator. Yes, yes, I remember that one. <laughs> almost died because yeah. she was stuck in there, and it was a whole like very special episode about why you shouldn't go into a abandoned refrigerator. I remember that was a very special episode. I remember um, the episode where she wanted to join uh, the popular girls group, and the girls group was called after the miniature gum. They were called the Chicklets. Yes, I do recall that as well. <laughs> that um, is a good name for like a female right? gang. I like that. The Chicklets. Um, you know yeah. what was great about that show? Like that show came out like, you know, of course it was the 80s. So it was like that time period where like random people could just adopt abandoned children and like nobody questioned it. Uh, and so it, you set up a lot of really great sitcoms mm-hmm. for for that. And um you know, her and I'm blanking on the actor who played her guardian. Oh, shit. George. I... Was it George C. Scott? No, no not George no. Scott. It was. That was a dumb answer, Rebecca. Um, George Gaines? George Gaines, yeah. There you go. He, he's since passed away, I believe. He has. Um, which is a shame because she had so much personality she still does, but like as that little girl, she had so much personality and, you know, mm-hmm. he was sort of that typical, you know, 1980s straight laced older white guy. I like, know. Oh, I love the way he said her name. Punky. 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 Yeah. Punky. <laughs> I'm trying. Punky. 
Panke. Panke. It, it was it was a really <laughs> unique way that he said it. Panke. <laughs> Panke. It was, Sorry. Their their uh, dynamic was so good. Yeah. And it really worked. And like when when there would be that sort of heartfelt, you know, oh moment at the end. Uh, it, you, I don't know. It was it was very genuine in a lot of ways, mm-hmm. and and who knows how it really was in real life. But on the show, it seemed pretty genuine. But yeah, I'm excited for this. You know, I know they're calling it a reboot. I guess maybe they're going to sound like they're going to focus more on this new young. I thought girl it was. A, I thought it was called. I thought it was being pegged as a revival. See, I, I've I've heard it called a revival, but then I've also seen people call it a reboot. I I, I can't uh, see how this is a reboot. Yeah, when you're not. bringing back the original character, like it's it's like it's it's comparable to me of like Full House to Fuller House. Yeah, like it's not a reboot; it's a continuation or a revival of right. the original series. That's what this is too. I mean, I can't see how it's anything else. But um, I'm I'm super excited. Uh, I think you are too. Oh like, God, yes! Just come back. I, I mean, used to have the biggest crush on her when I was a kid. She was a cute little kid. Oh my God, she do you, was. Do you um? You know she had a breast reduction. Well, I didn't know that. Yeah, uh, go back and like watch uh, uh, the episode. Have you ever seen the episode of her on the Wonder Years? I think I have. Once Salil Moon Fry hit puberty, like. Wow. I'm sorry. Like, I'm sorry. I was like a fucking, I was like a 13, 14 year old boy. Uh huh. And when I saw that, uh, fucking Wonder Years episode where she's out on the canoe with Kevin. Right. And, uh, they're getting ready to skinny dip in the water and she's getting ready to take off that shirt. Oh my God. Pretty exciting. So, yeah, it was. It was pretty goddamn exciting. Google it, people. Oh my god, Salil Moon Fry. When I was a kid, like, there was a, like, you know, like when she was a little kid, when she was punky, she was a cute little kid, but once she hit fucking puberty, like, uh, oh my god. You, you know that movie Supersized Me? Somebody supersized her breasts <laughs> because they, I'm telling you, those were, you ever heard of like the, the burrito La Bamba's big as your head? I guess that's a local thing. Those boobs were like as big as your head. They were wow. fucking, yeah, seriously. No wonder she had a reduction. She her had, back was probably killing her. Exactly. She had a reduction because her back was killing her. But my God, if I could have, <laughs> if I could have done anything to support those breasts, I would have kept them around. They were, <laughs> oh my god i'm seriously like i think she jump started my puberty when i was a fucking kid i'm not i am not kidding you she was that's like talking to me about wendy peppercorn like it's just one of those moments in life yeah there's those moments in life that just fucking like it just like boom like that's that's what sends you into puberty and it's like it's uh, true it's very true. Slow Moon Fry was one of those for me. So, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, that fucking episode with her. Uh, Kevin, you didn't deserve her in that canoe. My God, it would have been a completely different outcome for me. Fucking you know, Kevin, man. Fuck you. Kevin, you son of a al- bitch. In an alternate timeline, it's Brian in that canoe. It's me in that canoe. With- yeah. yeah, and he does not... Waste the opportunity. No. You can you can read that fanfic at brownsquare.com. 
<laughs> Seriously. Russia makes it to the moon first, and I make it to Salil Moon Fry first. (laughs) Oh! Oh! Oh, My mind, sir. Oh, man. Hey, um, we learned this week that Mattel Toys is teaming up with Blumhouse Studios to make a magic eight ball movie. Um, they have not released, they have not released the information about this movie. No casting. They haven't even come out and officially said that it's going to be a horror film, but it's Blumhouse Studios. We can all imagine that it's going to be a horror film. It's going to be a movie about the magic eight ball, which is a Mattel product. Um, no casting, like I said, no release date. Uh, at one time, Paramount and Universal were both attached to this at one time. Guys, like, are you excited for a Magic 8-Ball movie? Yeah, I think I'm going to pass on this one. Like, because I can already picture the premise. Like, oh, they find this Magic 8-Ball in the attic. And it's given real, like, doesn't matter answers. And then the next one's like, you're going to die in three days. Yeah, it, it sounds boring. But... There was that Ouija movie that came out a couple years ago, and I think that did pretty well. The first one, uh, the first one bombed, but it was uh, Ouija Origins that was the hit. Uh, well, if that one did well, maybe they're hoping to uh, do something similar. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right, and I think like Mattel sees the opportunity here to sell more Magic Eight Balls, right? Probably. I mean, it's a hell of a product placement. Yeah. Rebecca, um, Magic 8-Ball movie? It's like the Emoji movie all over again. Like, what a dumb premise. I'm sorry. It's just... I mean, there's only so far you could go with this thing if... I mean, yeah. I mean, Jake just laid out the entire plot of the movie for you. Uh, a, A group of friends... Staying in a house, they find Magic Eight Ball, and they're like, "Oh my god, let's play this retro game! I can't even! Oh my god, I'll Snapchat it!" And then they shake it, and it's like, "Ask later or whatever." And it's like, <laughs> and then it's like, "Is Your this eye is going to be eaten by a crow, June?" Like what? And it's 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 going to be so dumb. Will anyone subscribe to DC Universe? <laughs> Fuck no. <laughs> Not likely, you know. Uh, wait, what, what was the odds? Odds? What was the answer? Not I mean, in I your favor, or something uh, like that. Not in your favor, something like that. You know. Will I ever get a boyfriend? Ask again later. Like it's just so. I don't know. It just sounds so dumb. <laughs> I, I, I won't watch it. I will They're definitely sleep over. Oh, should I stab Susie? Yes. Do it. <laughs> okay, I guess I have to. Sorry, Susie. I personally will be in theaters day one to watch this movie, good or bad. Like, <laughs> I'll be honest with you, I never thought Escape Room would be any good. But when I watched that movie, I had a blast. It was fun. Yeah. Truth or Dare, not a great movie, but. If you shut your brain off and you're just there to watch a silly fucking movie, it's a lot of fun. So I will give Magic 8-Ball a chance. Do I think at the end of the year it's going to work, like, 
get an Oscar or even even a Tupperware? No, absolutely not. But will I be there in the theater to watch this one way or the other? Yeah, I think I will. You know, like you were talking about the Emoji movie. I'm surprised somebody hasn't made like a uh, like a, a movie about different uh, street signs. You know, like stop sign. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, why haven't somebody? Is that like why haven't why haven't they done that, Rebecca? That'll like, be the sequel to the Magic Eight Ball movie. Yeah, like, <laughs> exactly. Deer Crossing, you know. Yeah, beware of rocks falling yeah. on your fucking head. Like, <laughs> did you guys ever steal a stop sign when you were a kid? No, 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 no. I I never did. There was a uh, there someone was... legally distinct from me did. Harmon, you stole a stop sign. Yeah, and then I turned it into a shield. Like, I, my dad riveted a horseshoe to the back of it. It was fucking dope. Dude, in, um, it's still in my parents' backyard. Awesome. There, a couple years ago, I was driving through, I live in Illinois, and there was, I was driving through, I can't remember what the city was or the town was, but there was, uh, you know, I do a Legion podcast, and there's a Legion Street. Dude, I fucking wanted to stop and fucking steal that fucking street sign. It was like Legion Road or whatever the fuck. I was like, oh my god, I want to take that. But there was a there's a Batman street somewhere in Indiana, and after Batman 89 came out, people were stealing that sign as soon as they put it back up. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. Batman, it was like a Batman street or whatever the fuck in Indiana, somewhere in Indiana, and people were stealing that constantly. I would take it. <laughs> I mean, if someone in front of me happened to knock the sign over, mm-hmm. it's just I'm just doing my civic duty to pick it up out of the road. Yeah, you're, you're hey safety. It's all about safety. Somebody could trip on it. It could pop a tire. It could, you know what I mean? Like the exactly, s- the sun could hit it in just the right way and blind you as you're driving. You know, you're just doing your civic duty. Absolutely, throw it in the trunk. You could be saving lives by removing that sign off the road. Right, and like after you've taken it. Like, why call, like, an official of your, uh, you know, like a town official and let them know that you found it? They've got other important things to deal with. You know, just keep it and do with it as you please at that point, right? Yeah. Might as well. They're busy investigating all those magic eight ball murders. Yes. So they don't have time to go chase it out or stop Wait, what if that's the movie where the detective (laughs) is at a loss and his... And so he, they go and they see a psychic, but the psychic, you know, she's useless, but she drops her magic eight ball. So then the detective picks up the magic eight ball and he's like, oh, should I investigate this street? And it says yes. And then bam, he solves the murder. And then it's a story about the detective and his partner, the magic eight ball. Wow. Dude. You just sold a fucking ticket to a goddamn movie, Harmon. <laughs> Warner Brothers, call me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sitting wait, the, wait, I'm sitting on, the goddamn front row, Harmon. Hold on. I've got the sequel. He uses the magic eight ball to find Richard Simmons. Oh, my God. It's beautiful. <laughs> I would watch that movie now. Now, that movie I would watch. Dog the Bounty Hunter dies. His yeah. spirit is injected into a magic eight ball, which finds Richard Simmons. Oh my god! Why is this not a movie right now? Oh wait, and then the next movie is they have to team up with the guys from Fast. It's and called Dance. Magic Dog Balls. Magic Dog. 
<laughs> wait, wait. Then the following movie, they have to team up with the guys from Fast and Furious. And then they go on, I don't know, crazy car rides and stuff. But I just wanted more Fast and Furious movies. Right? Like, we could have that movie, too? I think you're wanting... Did I go too far? Yeah, I think the extended universe is... Did I jump the shark on trying to create my extended uh magic ape? I think you've taken the Warner Brothers route. Oh, man. Yeah, you've you've bit off a little bit more than you could chew, and you put the cart before the horse. Drunk on my own power. Yeah, a little bit drunk. The 8-Ball EU isn't ready for the world yet. No, it's Mm. not. 8-Ball EU is not ready. Yeah, um... (laughs) Keep it in check, yo. Uh, I've got I've got Halo news from Slash Film. The Halo TV series uh, Halo TV series has been long in the making, with the video games developer 343 Industries working with Showtime to bring the project to life for nearly five years now. But maybe Halo has just been waiting for a Game of Thrones-sized hole to be vacated. According to the 343 Industries Transmedia Chief, the Halo TV series could be the heir to the HBO fantasy series, except without the incest. Quote, We talk about Game of Thrones a lot in terms of scope and scale and complexity of relationships. 343 Industries Transmedia boss Kiki Wolfkill. What a name. Kiki Wolfkill. She needs to work with Finn Wolfhard. Finn Wolfhard, doesn't that sound like the porn version of Teen Wolf? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> you know, it totally does. It totally does. And it, Kiki Wolfkill. Oh my gosh. I love that name. Oh my. Kiki Wolfkill, Finn Wolfhard. From Stranger Things, people, if you're not familiar. Um, but she goes on to say a lot of the background of Halo is this sort of political drama. It's something that is touched on really lightly in the games, and you see more of in some of the other mediums. Some of that Game of Thrones-style complexity is interesting. But one difference between Halo and Game of Thrones, uh, no incense planned. No incest planned at all for this show. Here's the thing. Yeah, I know. (laughs) Totally. Here's the thing. Like, Harmon, are you a Halo fan? Did you play Halo growing up? Man, I've seen some shit with the Horde and the Covenant. Like, yeah, I go back with Halo. Me as well. I mean, I I love Halo. Um, Love playing those games. Uh, Story was a big part of it. Here's the thing. Uh, you're, 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 you're saying Game of Thrones and Halo in the same sentence. I'll be honest with you, Harmon. I'm not a fan of this. Like, this is not what I had in mind for Game of Thrones. For me, oh, excuse me, for Halo. For me, I was thinking, like, they should just have, uh, uh, you know, I think Master Chief should be a, uh, part of the show. I think he should just kind of, like, show up. But I think it should be more about, like, different space marines going out and fighting the aliens and the Covenant and stuff like that. You know, at one time I said, like, oh, why can't we cast, like, you know, you know, Charlie Cox is out of a job with Daredevil now. Stephen Amell is finishing up, you know, Arrow after this season. It's the last season. Have, like, these guys be, like, your space marines. Have it have, like, that uh, Starship Troopers feel... Um, that, uh, James Cameron aliens film 
feel of those Marines going out there and fighting these uh, different aliens in the Halo series. When you throw in um, Halo and Game of Thrones, for as much as I loved, like, the Game of Thrones series, you know, as a whole, I, I'm not excited by these quotes. I don't want to see Halo be a political drama. Yeah, I understand what you're saying. Um, there definitely is a lot of political backstory with Halo, but I think that should take a back burner or that should be set to the back burner and focus on maybe some members of ODST or whatever division of the Space Marines you want to, you know, focus on. Chief should definitely play a role, but I don't want to see his story again because we played through his story. Yeah. But if we focused on, and it it could go so many ways because you could have, it could be real action heavy where it's almost more like a, a military show or, a, you know, a wartime show. Uh, it could also go horror because some of those aliens are, they're pretty, they could be terrifying. Um, so there's a lot of different directions that they could take this show. And uh, I think the political part definitely needs to be on the back burner, maybe part of like an overarching story, but not the focus of the show. Yeah, I agree with you. Like overarching story, but like, I'm not showing up to a Halo show to fucking get a political drama. Like I'm not showing I'm not showing up to Star Wars to get Senate meetings. No. So I want to see Marines out there firing their blaster rifles, shooting the Covenant, shooting the Horde. Yeah, I want <laughs> going to after f- the flood. Like I want it to feel like D Day with aliens. Exactly. Yeah. And that was the feeling that I got when I played Halo for the first time and you know as a as a young teenager like mm-hmm. and that was a great gaming memory that I have me and my buddies sitting together staying up all night when Halo 2 came out and to to have a show that is set in that universe that'd be something great to revisit with those same buddies get together yeah. grab you know some beer and pizza and delve back into that world in a different way. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Like, uh, if you're, fuck. If you're telling me that it's going to be Game of Thrones, the political drama of Game of Thrones mixed in with Halo. Like, I get it. I, I don't think it's going to be just that. I think we're going to have the action and stuff like that too. But I don't know. It just kind of sucks the fun out of it for me. And yeah, the action's yeah. got to be the primary focus. Yeah. yeah. I agree. I think, I think this really, I don't know. I was very, uh, I was very excited about this and then they lost the director. Who was the original director on this? Was it Doug Lyman? It might have been. I think, uh, I'm not yeah, positive. I think it was Doug Lyman. Doug Lyman left. And, uh, I don't know. I don't know. I've been drinking, guys. Give me a fucking break. I've been drinking for fuck. How long have we been doing this shit? Uh, over four hours. Over four hours. I've been drinking for four fucking hours. I can't. Re- <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember. We're gonna take a quick break, though. We're gonna come back with Marvel news, and we're gonna we're gonna burn through that. <laughs> we're gonna burn through Marvel news. We're gonna burn through DC news, and then we're gonna end this shit. Rebecca, this has been an extended. It was an extended good pop, bad pop to the point where like it's like I'm gonna burn through Marvel news and DC news to power yeah. through this. <laughs> You know what I mean? Yeah, well, we did. Well, we, to be fair, we also talked a lot before about lunch meat. We options. did. 
We did. We spent a good amount of time talking about lunch meat options. I don't regret any of that, though. Like, I feel like that was important stuff we were talking about. No regrets! No regrets! We were doing God's work. We were doing God's work. You guys are eating shitty lunch meat out there (laughs) eating your fucking Oscar Mayer bullshit. You know what I mean? Oscar Mayer. What the you fuck remember the that? Oscar Mayer song? O S C A R M E Y E Y A. So disappointed in you right now. How go? My baloney has a first name. It's O S C A R. My baloney has a second name. It's M E Y E R. I love to eat it every day. And if you ask me why, I'll say because Oscar Mayer has a way with B O L O G N A. Oh shit! Oh my god! How about that? Woo! Oh my god. Oscar Mayer remix on you. Yeah. Which is- I feel like I, I feel like I just got motored by, boated by Salil Moon Fry. <laughs> <laughs> I almost spit out my <laughs> I feel like, I feel like, uh, 16-year-old Silliman Fry just motorboated the fuck out of my face. As a, Ow! Yeah, as a, uh, 13-year-old boy, of course. Um, of course. Yes, I know. <laughs> I know, Jesus Christ, alright, people, Jesus. Everybody's, anyway, you know. <laughs> hmm, um, what was I gonna say? Yeah, it got awkward there for a moment, didn't it? Take a break. Yeah, let's. <laughs> <laughs> no, let's. You know, let's drag this awkward out, awkward moment okay, out for a little cool. bit. You know what I mean? <laughs> let's extend this. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're gonna take a quick break. We're gonna come back. We're going to knock out some Marvel news. We're going to talk about that Dark Phoenix for a little bit. We're going to talk about some other shit. Uh, talk about, you know, I don't know. We're going to talk about some stuff. And then we're going to we're gonna wrap this fucker up. Sound good? <laughs> okay. <laughs> how, does that, how does that sound to everybody? Is that, is that a good plan? You like Sounds that? Great. Okay. All right. We'll be right back. Greetings, Leftover Army. Pop Culture Leftovers is the people's podcast. They're always looking for new writers and YouTube reviewers to join the team because they themselves aren't talented enough to write them. In all honesty, they're not even sure Frank can read. But their listeners can. So send your reviews to popcultureleftovers at gmail.com and if the leftovers like it, they'll contact you and you could see your article featured on popcultureleftovers.com. Thank you. Oh, yeah. Leftover Army. You should follow the leftovers on Instagram at Instagram.com slash PopCultureLeftovers and on Tumblr at PopCultureLeftovers2.tumblr.com. If you get a few shots of vodka in you, it's almost as sexy as my voice. That's gangster. All right. Hey, we are back with uh, Marvel News. We're going to burn through this. Rebecca, we saw Dark Phoenix. It's directed by uh, Simon Kinberg. Uh, Jean Grey begins to develop incredible powers that corrupt and turn her into a Dark Phoenix. Now the X-Men will have to decide if the life of a team member is worth more than all the people living in the world. What did you think about Dark Phoenix? 
Um, Dark Phoenix was okay. It wasn't, um, I know the critics are pretty much panning it. They're giving it really terrible reviews. Um, I think my biggest complaint with this movie is that if you saw the trailers, you pretty much had the whole movie laid out for you. Every, most of the plot points were laid out in those trailers. Um, there was not very much that surprised me in this movie. Um, I thought Sophie Turner, uh, I thought she was good. I thought Jessica Chastain, um, I thought she was good. Like, nobody stood out to me in this movie as like, wow, what a standout performance by this actor. Everybody gave a fine performance. Um, uh, I thought, I thought the, the third act, and this, some of this is in the trailer. There's like some scenes in the trailer about like a fight on a train. Yeah. Um, I thought that to me was probably the best part of the whole movie for me anyway. Um, everything else seemed very just paint by numbers. Yeah. I, I'm going to rate this as a low taste it. I, I, I can't toss it completely because I do think that that train fight was pretty badass. One of the best fights I've seen, um, in a long, t- I, it, it, it's one of the best fights or like fight scenes I've seen in a movie. Um, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I thought it was pretty cool. Um, I mean, this is the end of the Fox X-Men saga and it's kind of a, kind of goes out with like a, Meh. Like a very sort of a, not a big uh, triumphant end. A fart box 2000. Pretty much. This is a fart box 2000 sound there for you. I, again, it was like okay. I thought the graphics were okay. Um, some of the CGI looked a little wonky. Um, but I, again, everything was laid out in the trailers. There was no surprises in this movie. To me, not really. I mean, maybe a little bit with Jessica Chastain's character. There was some surprises there, but everything else was already revealed to me in trailers. So I, I don't know. It was like an okay movie, but um, yeah, low taste it from me. I'll give it a taste it. Um, I'm not, we're not, not going to talk about this too much. I'll be honest with you. Um, I'll give it a taste it. I, I, I thought that... Uh, you know, it was clear to me that uh, Jessica Chastain and her characters were originally going to be scrolls, but with the Captain Marvel that came, Captain Marvel movie that came out, they kind of went away from that. Yeah. Um, you know, they were shapeshifters. They were green. Um, yeah, that's all I really need to know that it was they were originally going to be scrolls. Um, do you remember that kid? They like after uh fucking uh Jean Grey killed who she killed and they all went back to the X mansion and they were talking to the kids about like the fight and they were like, mm-hmm. ah, did that really happen? Do you remember that kid with the with all the spider veins on his head? Yeah. What power did he have? The the veiny kid. Did he have the power pow- of varicose veins? <laughs> yeah. Did he have the power of like an old lady's legs and shit? You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, like, that's exactly the power. Fucking yeah. weird. I have um, no clue. And I don't know. And then like they came back from their mission from space, and I thought it was really inappropriate that you know like what was it? Nightcrawler was up there. Like there was a kid who had blue face. Remember that? <laughs> 
I remember it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I I, I thought uh, Fastbender did a fantastic job in this movie. I thought Fastbender was Fastbender was like great in this film. Um, but uh, overall, you know, just just an average movie. Like if you compare this to Endgame, which is the culmination of uh, you know ten years of Marvel, eleven years of Marvel, if you're being technical. That that was insane. That was an incredible film. And then we've got like this, which is the culmination of 19 years of films. And it just didn't live up to that. Of course, I mean, it's it's just not. I mean, it's just not going to live up to it. Um, I thought uh, Sophie Turner did a really good job. I, I thought she was really good in this as well. But um, I, I saw this in IMAX, too. So I wanted to make sure I saw it in the biggest screen with the best audio. and. Mm-hmm. It was all right. It was okay. I mean, how, how did the effects look at, at, in IMAX? I, I saw this on on regular two uh, D. It looked okay. I, I, my biggest problem with these movies is like the fucking the ancillary characters that like they just throw it. like just like these weird mutants that like we've like they may, may have thrown into the comics before that we've never really seen or cared about. You know, mm-hmm. like the one dude with the fucking dreadlocks that would attack people it's ridiculous <laughs> oh yeah yeah i man you know it you bring out a good point like if you were to compare this to endgame both are movies that are the culmination of two franchises two 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 comic book franchises being done by two different studios and man what a what a huge difference what a big letdown like yeah. it was just like an average it was just like a, an average movie and I don't know. It was just like, like what, one of the biggest, like, okay. So I hope this isn't too much of a spoiler, but like, stop me if I get too spoilery, but like, so Jessica Chastain tells Sophie Turner, like the Phoenix followed her or sought her out because she was so powerful and was like it was looking for you and that's why it was above earth and blah 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 and that's why she withstood you know the impact and then like later on something happens and Jessica Chastain like she wants the power and then Sophie Turner's like then take it and she's like okay and then she does and it's like Oh, so I guess you could just be like a regular person and take it too? Like, I don't know. It just seemed... Uh, well, I mean, if ridiculous. if we want to get technical with this, like, you can split the power of the Phoenix. Uh, the Avengers versus X-Men comic, mm-hmm. which was a, like a five or six issue miniseries. It was an event. The Phoenix power was split between five different people. Okay. So you can split the power of the Phoenix if you want to. Oh, okay. Fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. So, I don't know. That's a, I don't know. We're, we're all just looking forward to the X-Men being a part of the MCU. Right? <laughs> I, I, Absolutely. I just, <laughs> like, that's kind of the takeaway here. Like, yeah. 
let's just uh i mean th- this is like the equivalent of like canceling swamp thing after the first episode it's like okay now they're gonna go back to marvel let's just right. get this over with and let's just wait for whatever marvel's gonna do with them it's the lowest box office opening night of any x-men film ever at 14 million as well that's, so. that's a real that's sh- a shame yeah. Um, yeah it's a real shame uh, we got news this week, uh, moving on from Dark Phoenix, guys. I'm sorry. We're not going to do a whole fucking episode on Dark Phoenix. I just don't see the need for it. Um, there was a, a leak, a possible leak for Phase 4 that came out, and this came from The Independent, and it's from Roger Wardell, uh, who Marvel fans view as kind of like a trusted source uh, because apparently he accurately revealed Avengers Endgame plot points back in December. I don't know how true hmm. this is. Like, I know that the Avengers Endgame plot points that revealed from 4chan were on point. I don't know if those come from Roger Wardell. I'd have to do more research on it. But that's what this article is claiming. Uh, it goes on to say that if Wardell is, be, is to be trusted, the recurring villain for the former... Uh, they're talking about uh, uh, Spider-Man Far From Home... Um, they're talking about like uh, going forward. This series is going to be mini arcs uh, as opposed to decade spanning sagas. So, the decade spanning saga that we were introduced to was the Infinity War, which was like the big overarching villain was Thanos. They're saying that we're going to have mini arcs here going forward in Phase Four, and uh, that uh, we're going to have uh, a, di- a clear divide between characters based on Earth and those based on other planets. So. Earth-based villains, and then cosmic shit. Um, and they go on to say that if what else be trusted, the recurring for the former will be Norman Osborn, who is expected to be introduced in Spider-Man Far From Home. Hmm. I like it. Interesting. Do we believe it, though? Are we getting Norman Osborn introduced in Spider-Man Far From Home? I don't think he'll play a huge role in Far From Home, but uh, that could be a good kind of end of the movie introduction. Mm. So the idea would be that he would be an overarching villain, Earth villain, yes. for several movies in the MCU. Yes. Do you think they introduced that in a Fox movie, though? I mean, Sony, excuse me. Do they introduce that in a Sony film? I, I, I honestly, at this point, I think it's all blended. I do. I do think it's all blended mm. at this point. Okay. I, I don't think that um, Amy Pascal is like I've read interviews with Amy Pascal. People are worried, like, how long is this fucking Spider-Man deal going to go on with Marvel? Amy Pascal is the last person to pull out of this. She sees the benefit to being part of this extended universe. I, I don't think that Amy Pascal gotcha. is going to be able to. She's not going to pull Spider-Man out of this universe. Yes. Oh, yeah, there's no way. They, they've had success with the independent stuff, like Venom. They've had success with, you know, Spider-Man, Into the Spider-Verse. But I think that they see the need to have Spider-Man in the MCU. I, I think that I, I think that Amy Pascal sees that. She's, she's come out and said, I've read interviews with her talking about how, like, she loves this relationship now. And so I don't see that stopping anytime soon. And so no, it's a beneficial relationship yeah. to both parties involved. But like 
if the big time Earth villain is going to be Norman Osborn for Phase Four, I guess that makes sense. What does that mean for Doctor Doom going forward? Is that Phase Five stuff? I mean, like you've got to imagine that Doctor Doom is going to be a big part of the MCU going forward in some capacity later on down the road. I mean, you'd be stupid not to use Doctor Doom. Um, I mean, if the if 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 Norman Osborn, let's say, is the going to be the next Earth based MCU villain, then yeah, then I think it makes sense that Doctor Doom is the next one. Um, I mean, it just it just makes sense because then if you wanted to introduce Fantastic Four. It's not a bad time to do it with Dr. Doom around. Did you hear about the rumors about Fantastic Four getting introduced to the MCU? I have not heard them. Uh, they're, so. they're talking about Peyton Reed being uh, the guy to bring us the uh, Fantastic Four uh, targeting a 2022 release date. Ant-Man's Peyton Reed is being pushed to direct... The rumor comes from Geeks Worldwide. They cannot confirm, but they said that Marvel Studios is aiming for a 2022 release for the Fantastic Four. Sources say that Ant-Man director Peyton Reed is pushing to direct and has already pitched his vision for the movie to Feige multiple times. Reed's pitch includes a 1960s setting that involves the quantum realm and possibly the Black Knight. So yeah, the character of Black Knight being introduced to this, Peyton Reed directing, uh, Fantastic Four, we'll see. I say take that rumor with a grain of salt, it comes from Geeks Worldwide, who knows. Mm-hmm, yeah, absolutely, like, 2022, I mean, it's right around the corner, really, I mean, it's really soon to introduce them. I'm not saying you can't do it, but, I don't know, I mean... Maybe. <laughs> big big grain of salt on that big one. Big grain yeah. of salt. Yeah. Um, I agree with what both of you guys said. And uh, as I look at Captain America, the first Avenger, how that was you know, a period piece, and then at the end it transitioned into the modern era. They could do something similar like that, just set in the 1960s of the Fantastic Four. And I think that'd be pretty cool. I um, do too. I do too. I do too. But the thing is with that is like nobody has mentioned – the Fantastic Four in any other film. As far as like, as far as we know, like the first superhero that was introduced into this universe, besides Captain Marvel in 1990, was Iron Man back in 2008. So, if the Fantastic Four are introduced into the MCU, they would have to be heroes that were introduced into the 1960s, if this report is true, from an alternate timeline that find their way into the 616 prime timeline mm-hmm. well with all the time jumping that happened in endgame that's uh that's a real possibility possible. they could have been it's possible they could have you know caught a tail end of what ant-man was doing and followed that trail over to our universe it's possible yeah. you're absolutely, absolutely right yeah, yeah. I, I think it's a great way to bring in because it's true if you if you introduce these characters now and uh, but give them a 1960s origin it really then begins to raise questions of like well where were you all this time yeah. <laughs> like it also, how come you 
It also Why did you show up. It also could be like they were just space explorers that disappeared at that time. Like we've never been introduced right. to them as the Fantastic Four. Let's say like we've seen the MCU change origin stories. Hank Pym did not create Ultron. That was Tony Stark. Let's say that we had space explorers go up, you know, uh, Johnny Storm, Sue Storm, you know, Ben Grimm, Reed Richards. They went up into space in the 1960s to, to do some exploring. They turned into the Fantastic Four, never had any adventures here on Earth, and now are just coming back. That could happen. Mm-hmm. That's a strong possibility, and that could yeah. make for a, a pretty sweet movie. I'm still saying that fucking Namor is going to be the villain for fucking Black Panther 2. Just throwing that out there as well. Yeah, I I really like that idea. I hope that that's the case. I hope that that line from Endgame about uh, the earthquake under Wakanda, mm-hmm. I really hope that that's a hint at Namor. That would be Shit. so cool. Shit. Go back and listen to previous episodes even before Endgame came out. Fucking me and Jake were talking about fucking Namor being the villain for Black Panther 2 before fucking Endgame even came out. Uh, Wardell is talking about like the next lineup of Phase 4 movies. He says, Marvel's developing Black Widow, The Eternals, Black Panther 2, Shang-Chi, Doctor Strange 2, Nova, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, he also adds that there are plans to make a new Thor, Ant-Man, and Captain Marvel sequels, and suggests that there could even be new Avengers, Young Avengers, and Dark Avengers films. We'll see. I mean, as long as my girl Doreen gets some love in there, ah, I'm going to be sitting there. You want your squirrel girl. What, what happened? Absolutely. What happened to the new Warriors? That was supposed to be... I have no be... idea. Like, yeah. they, they, I heard the casting, and yeah. then that was it. We were supposed to get that on uh, the new uh, ABC Family or what was it? Uh, Freeform, excuse Freeform, me. Freeform, yeah. Yeah. Never, nothing ever came of that. Yeah, I didn't hear a cancellation. It was just, just stopped being talked about. Yeah. Mm. I uh, I wanted to talk about this. Uh, so when uh, me and Jake uh, reviewed the Spider-Man Far From Home trailer number two, we talked about a moment in the movie that Tom Holland and director John Watts said fans are going to hate a moment that was shocking. And I think I know what that moment is in the film. Rebecca, do you remember that discussion? I do. Yes. So apparently there's a moment in Spider-Man Far From Home that is going to be so shocking, kind of like uh, compared to the moment in uh, Homecoming where the vulture reveals to Peter in the car on the way to the dance that he's kind of like the villain. He's the vulture. Right. But this is going to be that moment. It's going to be just as shocking, but it's also going to be a moment that fans hate. So I was like, what could that be? This rumor comes from a source on 4chan. The source has since been deleted off of 4chan. And I want to read this. Here's what they say. While Mysterio is fighting with Peter, first off, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta believe that, uh, I guess Scorpion is in the movie. Like, that's something John Watts, the director, said Scorpion and Vulture are not gonna be in the movie, but you gotta believe that Scorpion is in the movie if you're gonna believe this. 
But he goes on to say, while Mysterio is fighting with Peter, Scorpion tries to take MJ hostage, and MJ fights back. She's able to back him off, and after she gets away, she uses a shield watch, and she calls Fury dad and tells him to get down here. Yes, MJ is Fury's daughter. Makes sense after rewatching Homecoming because she did kind of stalk Peter and knows everything about him. Okay. Um, if this rumor is to be believed, that also means that John Watts has lied to us in those interviews. I mean, like, you know, he said like, you know, Vulture and Scorpion are not in the film. These rumors basically, I've read these rumors. These rumors do show us that Vulture and Scorpion are going to be in the film. Um, so here's, I mean, this is the big reveal here. And what fans are going to hate is that MJ, Michelle, is going to be Nick Fury's daughter. Um. Huh. That's interesting. Yeah, that's uh that's a similar response that I'm having. I it's, I don't know, that's weird. I, it adds up. I'm not saying you have to like it. It right, adds up right. with what John Watts and Tom Holland have been saying though, right? It does. I mean Yeah, I mean I guess it just Hmm. I I I don't hate that idea. I just I don't I don't, I'm not in love with it either right now, personally. Um, I guess, it, I guess then going forward, it just becomes like, okay, so to, to what end or where do we take the storyline then? That if she's Nick Fury's daughter, I think mean, we just, is that just like a reveal to, just to shock for shock value itself? And that's it, I guess. I guess so. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I, I just I guess I don't know how to, like, digest mm. this information. Yeah. Like, where do you go from here? Like, yeah, exactly. Like, you know, MJ is Nick Fury's daughter. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. And then it's like, OK, so what does that mean now? And then, like, we never pick up that. Not that we won't pick up that thread, but like, to what end is she revealed to be his daughter? Like, is there some major plot point involved in it that? Uh, I don't know, propels the story or makes her more interesting or makes the story more interesting. I think it's going to happen. Like, yeah, okay. I, I do. I hmm. really think it's going to happen. And the only reason I say that is because of Tom Holland and John Watts quotes is like John. Well, it was Tom Holland that said that he talked to John Watts and he said, people are going to hate this. He said, people are going to hate this. It's shocking. People are going to hate this. And I think that's what's going to happen. I think that there's going to be a moment in this movie where we're just watching. There's a big action sequence. And MJ, Michelle, does pick up a shield watch. And she will call Nick Fury. And she'll call him dad. I And I, I think it's going to happen. I really do. Like, I don't know how it's going to play out in the future. I don't know what that all means. But I think that's what we're in store for. I'm placing my bets that MJ Michelle is Nick Fury's daughter and uh, we'll see where this goes. And there, there, I, there definitely are going to be, if that does happen, it 
I think that there's going to be some eye rolls from fans. Absolutely. Yeah, I could I could see fans uh, eye rolling hard at that. Mm-hmm. There, there were fans who eye rolled hard at how Nick Fury lost his eye uh, in <laughs> yeah in Captain Marvel. There were a lot of fans who were like you know groan and they did not like it. Um, I could see the same reaction here too. People just groaning like, Bleh. we'll see. Uh, there's. Uh... You know, I, we talked about spoiling a little bit of a uh, Far From Home there. I got some uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 possible spoilers also from Roger Wardell. This comes from the, the news fetcher. Reports have suggested that the film will focus on the development of Rocket's character, who is voiced by Bradley Cooper. A 4chan thread makes uh, made headlines last month when fans found out that it contained a lot of plot points uh, plot details and updates on Marvel's Cinematic Universe Phase 4 movies. Galaxy, the Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 is part of Phase 4. Uh, reports have also stated the third film is going to be the final installment in the series, and we will not see Peter, uh, Rocket, Drax, Groot, Nebula, and Mantis again together. However, the good news is that they may appear separately in other films in the MCU. Other plot points that were leaked include the fact that the Guardians may be fighting a villain named High Evolution in the film. It has also been suggested that he is also the maker of Rocket. It will be Ooh, inter- that's cool. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Okay. It will more be- backstory on Rocket. More like backstory that. on Rocket. See, here's the thing. It's like uh, they go on to say, it will be interesting to note that the interaction between the two and fans are certainly looking forward to it. Now, it... I thought that we were going to get more of um, the uh, that whole uh, race that we were introduced to in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two, and then Adam Warlock. So, but it goes on to say, while it is unclear that the storyline for Volume Three will be, we're sure that Nova will be there if the plot has anything to do with the Annihilation Wave. So, yeah, um, High Evolution is a character from the comics. Um, so we'll see. Um, I don't know. Uh, we'll see. I don't know. I don't know how to take all this. I've heard mixed reports on Roger Wardell. If Roger Wardell is like the real guy, that was the guy who gave us those original 4chan reports. So I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how this goes. We'll see how it goes. I mean, it's fucking James Gunn's script. He hasn't let us down yet. Yeah. True. It's true. Um, The leaker claimed that Rocket's creator is the high evolutionary and that Rocket will get a love interest in the form of Lila. Drax's daughter is still alive, he said, while Nebula and Star-Lord will become closer friends. Uh, thankfully, Gunn is back, so he'll direct the final film, but that won't happen until his work for the Suicide Squad movie is done. Gunn, Gunn has recently spoke it, spoke, uh, spoken about the uh, controversies around him in the last few weeks. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah, so we'll see. I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. I don't... <sighs> A, a, a rocket sent. I don't. It, it just seems like a huge departure from like where the last movie let, left off. 
And it seems like a huge departure from like what we got in Endgame, where it's the search for Gamora. Yeah, I mean that's definitely implied at the end of Endgame that they are going to be, you know, trying to find Gamora. Unless, you know, in their quest to find Gamora, they stumble into a backstory for Rocket. Um, I mean that's a possibility. But yeah, none of this has to do with the fact that we might get Chris Hemsworth in this film too. That's a good point. Yeah, I yeah, they're not really addressing how Chris Hemsworth fits into that because the the rumors like talk about the original Guardians team, like how they won't be together after this, or or we won't see them together after this. So, I mean, what does that mean for like Chris Hemsworth's Thor? Because at the end of Endgame, spoilers, he's off with the Guardians. So. I, I don't know. I, I don't know what that means either. And then how does Adam Warlock fe- feature into all of this? I mean, mm. that was certainly heavily implied at the end of Guardians too. Yeah. That we were, I mean, it wasn't, it was more than implied. It was shown to us that Adam Warlock is an upcoming figure. Um, so I, I don't know. This, this I call be, bullshit on this fucking eh, rocket record. It probably is. I mean, it yeah. probably is because there's too many loose threads laying around from previous movies to then just throw all that aside and go rocket movie and it's like okay yeah that's a whole lot of different plot paths that uh yeah just confusing (laughs) i agree with you i i i'm calling bullshit on uh i don't know i'm calling bullshit on this and i honestly think that roger wardell is probably not the originator of the endgame 4chan leaks i think wires have been crossed i don't think that he's the guy i i don't mm-hmm. i don't i really don't i don't uh, so that's just my personal opinion we'll yeah, see. it's always hard to know the validity of those rumors most of those fucking 4chan reports like some of them come up as a, like a anonymous like you don't know who right was the originator right. of those reports and some um, of those people be taking a big risk leaking that information. Yeah, especially if you like work for Marvel, right? I mean, think about it. DC, I mean, they could get outed from the industry. <laughs> yeah, DC News, real quick. I, I'm, I've just got one, one thing I want to go over in DC News, and we're going to wrap the show. Um, Warner Brothers has no presence in Hall H this year, so no San Diego Comic Con presence in Hall H this year from DC or Warner Brothers. This was confirmed by Patty Jenkins. Um, some Somebody out there is saying right now, like, oh, no, um, It. Uh, they're going to have a new It trailer and an It panel at San Diego Comic-Con. And I'm telling you that, yeah, I'm aware that It is going to have some sort of an influence during the time that San Diego Comic-Con is going on. But it's not officially part of San Diego Comic-Con. It's part of a uh, an event called Scare Diego, which is not officially part of the actual convention. So it's not part of San Diego Comic-Con. It's not taking place in Hall H. So there is zero Warner Brothers DC anything coming out during San Diego Comic-Con. That means Batman. That means Birds of Prey. That means Wonder Woman 84, nothing, absolutely nothing. 
from DC coming out during San Diego that's, Comic-Con. That's wild to me. Like they've got so many projects in development, but we 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 were talking, you know, before we recorded that it's San Diego Comic-Con's now really more TV stuff and if that's the case, then I mean, I guess it makes sense to skip it, but I think I read an article and maybe it's the same article you have that says that they're going to we're going to have their own event. Ooh. I think that's a smart move for them to do. Well, that's what Marvel's doing with, uh, of course, Les, uh, you know, D23, and then right. uh, with Star Wars, they do with Celebration. You're saying you read something that Warner Brothers is going to have their own event? I read an article, and I it could have just been like a rumor. I, I don't think it was like, you know, breaking news, this is the Warner Brothers event. I I think it was the rumor was that they were skipping San Diego Comic Con and that they were going to reveal or debut stuff at their own event. I think, but that could just be a rumor. I don't know. I'm not like against it. It's that the, what's so weird about this is like San Diego Comic Con has been like it has been Warner Brothers kind of thing to like. Right. That's where they've like. I've heard. The thing I've heard is that they wanted to have an influence at San Diego Comic-Con this year, but they could not get Joaquin Phoenix to join the SDCC crowd. Oh, that's interesting. Hmm. He's not that kind of guy, right? He's not that actor that is going to like play into that like San Diego Comic-Con crowd, and they couldn't get him, and they knew how big of a deal this Joker movie was. I don't know. It's just like, why don't you at least... Why don't, Why can't you be the crown jewel of San Diego Comic-Con? Like, I... Fuck this whole, like, uh, San Diego Comic-Con is just for TV now thing. Why can't you at least fucking give us the... Give it, be the crown jewel of San Diego Comic-Con at this point. Give us the fucking Birds of Prey trailer. Give us the fucking, um... Wonder Woman, Wonder eight, Woman trailer, yes. Which, which Patty Jenkins is alluded that that trailer is not going to arrive until December. Oh, fuck. December. That's a long wait. That's a long wait for me. I'm going to have to wait until happened. I watch. Yeah, I'm going to have to wait until I fucking watch uh, Star Wars Episode Nine to see the fucking Wonder Woman 84 trailer. That's bullshit. That's total bullshit. Why do we? They're gonna wait till December to debut that trailer. That's that's that that that's stupid. I don't that care. I don't care about this. Uh, the Joker movie with Joaquin Phoenix. If he doesn't want to show up there and be a part of this, I want to see. I want to see Birds of Prey stuff. I want to see with a Wonder Woman 1984 uh, teaser trailer, or even hear the description about the fucking trailer yeah. that they show people. Yeah, you know exactly. If Hook, if 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 he doesn't want to do the movie, if he doesn't want to do Sinio Comic Con, then just fucking do it without him. Yeah, like you've got enough content. I get it. He's a big name. He's a draw. I understand. But at this point. Wonder Woman 84, at least for me and I think for a lot of DC fans, I can't speak for every DC fan out there, is it's my most anticipated DC movie right now. It's Birds of Prey the and this and this Joker movie, I mean that's secondary to me. I need to see 
stuff about Wonder Woman 84, especially since it's been pushed back, which is fine. If Patty needed more time, I have no problem with that. Patty says she's ready to go on it now. Now she says she regrets asking for more time and it's ready to go now. And I'm like, I still got to wait all this time and I'm going to wait till December for a trip. That's just dumb. They should, they should have. They should have still gone to SDCC and yes. and make it all about Wonder Woman. Yes, I don't give a fuck what people are saying about San Diego Comic Con not being what it used to be, and now it's relegated to TV. If you want to fucking be the crown jewel of San Diego Comic Con, which I think is still a fucking event, you should debut something at San Diego Comic Con. Something. And I, they've already fucking leaked. Like eighty percent of this Joker movie online, like in free fucking promotion on Twitter. Yeah. So who cares? You've already promoted the shit out of this movie through your quote unquote leaks. Um, just give us the trailers for the other stuff that you've got. Have on. fucking Robert Pattinson walk out on stage. Oh my god, can you imagine? And not that only Robert insane. Pattinson, if you're gonna give me these fucking rumors that the Bat family's gonna be involved, I want you to have Robert Pattinson walk out on stage and say, oh my god, I'm so happy to be your next fucking Batman. And then, you know what, the people that are thinking like, oh, this guy's just a fucking twinkly ass vampire, them, I don't give a fuck. The th- the funny thing was when fucking Ben Affleck was announced as Batman, everybody was like, there were people that were like, okay, I'm cool with this. Then there were people that were like, no, I don't want it. And then we got the same, we got the first picture of him in the fucking bat suit. And then fucking all these sheep were just like, bat, I love it, bat, I love it, you know. And so like, yeah. why not just have Robert Pattinson come out there on stage and fucking announce that he's Batman? Come out there, and then all of a sudden, have somebody else walk out behind him and say, "Hey, I'm uh, I'm Catwoman," or uh, "I'm." That fuck- would bring that would bring the audience to their feet. They would be screaming and clapping, and they would. You want to talk about a buzz? Yeah. Like that would be the dr- the mic drop moment of SDCC. Right. It really would be. Can you imagine him standing on stage and bringing out people who are going to be in the movie? That would be the mic drop moment. You don't need Joaquin Phoenix to do that. Like what, what that, they- that movie's coming out in October no matter what. Yeah. It's 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 done. It's set. All this other stuff that's for the future, you need to start promoting that now. Why not make this all about Pattinson, Gal Gadot, Margot Robbie. Oh, Make I agree. Those three, your big three for SDCC. Fuck, I would try to go all the way to California to see that. Like, you make that your draw for people to come and see what Warner Brothers is doing what? for the future. San Diego Comic Con is just TV now, so it's like, okay, I get to find out about uh, fucking. Uh, Fear the Walking Dead season five. It's a what the fuck? Fuck you! Like, what are you talking mm. about? Oh, here's the thing. I got a question for you, Harmon, Rebecca. Before we wrap, Jeremy Irons, are they going to DH him in the Matt Reeves Batman film as Alfred? As Alfred, is that happening? I'd say yes. I'd put my money on it. De-age him? Like, they tried the de-aging with, um, in, uh, Aquaman. 
And uh, I haven't seen Aquaman, so I don't know how it looked. I think you should watch it, Harmon. I, I'm not saying you're going to love it, but it's 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 enjoyable enough, I suppose. I like Momoa, so yeah. I'll give it a go. Yeah, Rebecca, are they going to de-age Jeremy Irons as Alfred, a twenty years, twenty twenty-five years younger Jeremy Irons, if this is going to be set in the 1990s, like we've heard possibly? I say recast. Really? I'm, I'm, for me, this is just my opinion. I thought Jeremy Irons was an okay Alfred. Um, he, he, he was fine. He was yeah. a fine Alfred. Yeah. I say recast. Personally, don't even mess with the de-aging. I don't think Warner Brothers does it great. They're okay with the de-aging. They're not Marvel level. Right. Uh, doing it. I say recast the whole thing. If you're telling if me. You're, that fucking Robert Pattinson in 20 plus years turns into Ben Affleck. You're out of your goddamn mind. That's so fucking stupid. <laughs> Just recast the whole thing. If you're starting with a new Batman yeah. and he's a younger Batman and you're going to tell an earlier Batman story that has nothing to do with with BVS or Justice League, then just cast a new a, a new Alfred. I can't That's argue good that. Point. Can't argue that. Can't argue that. I know because I'm fucking smart. <laughs> you fucking, <laughs> you fucking smart. My house, I forgot my that this is also like a whole new Batman deal. Um, because that's how much I pay attention to these DC movies. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, if it, that is the case, then recasting makes a lot more sense. The, the the whole thing is like we don't know anything. Like like Robert Pattinson. Like it's Warner Brothers has finally officially confirmed. That he's going to be the new Batman, but like, there's also rumors that they're going to include the Bat family in this, possibly Robin. There's also a rumor that Matt Reeves is doing a trilogy, like, but that has not been confirmed yet. Jacob, like, it, it, there, there's a lot going on with this. Like, it, it feels like this process of finding a new Batman has taken like three years. You know? Oh yeah, it's been ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. So, we'll see what happens. You know what, guys? I love you guys. I think you guys have done a fantastic job. Rebecca, you brought your all. Fucking Jacob, you brought your all. Jacob, I'm telling you, there's some new listeners. They've never listened to a Jacob Harmon episode, but you know what? After this episode, they're never going to fucking forget it. Uh, I'm very happy to take their Jacob Harmon episode virginities, and uh, I hope they they keep listening and... uh be sure to listen to Brute Force and Ignorance. Yes. There's like 38 episodes out there. Yes. And uh, plenty of dosage of me on there. <laughs> Guys, you know, let me throw this out there. I have met Rebecca. I've met you in person. I've met Jacob in person. I don't know. Is it, isn't that crazy? It's it is weird, isn't it? Wild. Isn't it? When you it think about so it. so wild. When think I think about like that first uh, time we all went to Chicago mm-hmm. and um, – and we we were just I don't know I still remember standing on the sidewalk at like I don't know twelve midnight singing the Fresh Prince of Bel Air song. <laughs> I still remember that. Oh, that was great. Um, you know what? And Brian, when Jacob and I um, stop pretending to be engaged and we get pretend married, you can come to our pretend wedding. Oh my gosh! You're invited to our pretend wedding. Oh I think Brian should pretend officiate it. Yes. Pretend to officiate our pretend wedding. I would absolutely do it, and I would do it in the most serious manner possible, but awesome. in pretend. Yes, it has to be in pretend. 
Oh my gosh. You guys are great. Like seriously, like fucking Harmon, you're like OG listener. Rebecca, like you've been around for, you've been around for quite a while. It's just, it's crazy to see like, uh, you know, like, uh, uh, people that, uh, that, that uh, I started, we, me and Jake started this podcast and like, uh, people that we've met through the podcast, uh, know each other now. And it's it's become its own thing. It's 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 incredible to me, and uh, I absolutely love it. I love the I love uh, I love new people getting involved in this. Um, we do have I don't know. Should I promote the Facebook thing? Or should I not, Rebecca? Yeah, promote it. Yeah, we've got a we've got a. There's a group on Facebook called the the Leftover Army. You can do a search for it, and uh, if you want to join the group, you can. And, uh, you can communicate and talk to people, uh, like Rebecca and other people that have been on the show. I am not in that group and, uh, I, it's because I'm an antisocial fuck. <laughs> <laughs> we did not kick you, we, we did not kick Brian out of that group, so. No, I did not get kicked out no. of the group. I, um, I don't, I, I, I am not that guy. I, I, I'm not, I, I love being around people. I love having like the interactions with people like in person and stuff like that. But like, I am not an online type of guy. I like to kind of like separate myself from that. I feel like that if I was involved in like the online stuff, I would actually, I, I think that I would end the show. I, I don't think that I would be able to, to be a part of the show if I, if I was a, a part of like the whole social media presence as a whole. I, it's uh, a lot. It's, it, a, it, lot. it's a lot. Yeah. It is. I know. I uh, I got off of social media, I think about four months ago. Good for you. So uh, I'm there with you, man. It's it can be overwhelming. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's nothing against anybody in particular, and I, I do appreciate the people that work that reach out to me on Facebook Messenger and other forums and things like that but as far as like being a part of a group and reading things i just i can't do it i'm that's just me you know but you know what i want to thank rebecca for joining me this episode i'm so glad to have you on here like i thought it was just going to be me and you after jake you know stepped out this episode and then you know what you know who stepped up to the plate you know casey came to the bat in that one fucking little <laughs> store you know who came to the bat Fucking Jacob Harmon came to the fucking bat. And you know what? You swung that bat and you fucking hit like, I don't even know how many home runs you hit this motherfucking episode, but you fucking killed it. You're fantastic. I think our listeners that have never heard a Jacob Harmon episode are going to come out of this one and be like, oh my God, I got multiple fucking orgasms from that son of a bitch. <laughs> and I'm, telling well, I'm you, glad to have helped those listeners. <laughs> you did a great job. You're fantastic. You're a great podcaster. People need to check out Brute Force and Ignorance. Uh, Brute Force and Ignorance on iTunes. I'm telling you, it'll get you into Dungeons and Dragons if you're not a fan. Like, I don't even play D&D. I haven't played D&D in over 20 years. But listen, you guys play this game is a fucking blast. It's a fucking, it's an adventure and it's a blast. You guys do an incredible job. I love listening to you guys. It's, it's fun. Thank you. That means a lot from, uh, for me to hear that from you. And I'm truly fortunate as a DM to have such a great group of guys. And uh, we are on a hiatus right now, but we'll be coming back pretty soon. Yeah, and I can't wait for you guys to return. You know what? Just like all good leftovers say in the doggy bags, do you know what they say, Rebecca? 
Thank you for your patronage. And what what else do they say? Uh, thanks for listening. Yes. We'll see you next week. We'll see you next week. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We'll see you next week, everybody. See ya. Later. Bye. Thanks for listening to Pop Culture Leftovers. Congratulations. I don't know how you did it. I couldn't do it. You people need a T-shirt saying, I just listened to two hours of nonsensical crap. Anyway, if you'd like to reach the Pop Culture Leftovers cast, you can email them at comments at popcultureleftovers.com. You can also follow them on Twitter at PC Leftovers or like their Facebook page. They'd love to hear from you. They're all pretty sad and lonely. One of them is homeless, but I didn't say that. There's already like 7 million podcasts talking about pop culture and it's all that. Makes us happy like shooting at a womp rat. But it's all been done before. We don't want to be a copycat. We're the leftovers picking up the scraps. Dropped by the cool kids. It, it, it's a trap. Turn it, toss it, turn it, do we love it? Hey, let's fix it, clean, erase it, let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture, carry over, counterculture, push over, pop culture, leftovers. And with the uncool kids, what's to say has already been said, leftovers. Pretty sure that the only talent is the band that's singing this, pop culture leftovers. Podcast that originally good. Have already been done before, so we should separate the wheat from the shaft. And we're the shaft, the crap, even though we're the shit. Woo! We're the leftovers picking up the scraps, dropped by the cool kids. It, it, it's a trap. Good and toss it, good and taste it. Do we love it? Hey, let's fix it, clean it, race it, let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture, carry over, counterculture, push over, pop culture, leftovers. And with the uncool kids. What's to say has already been said Leftovers Pretty sure that the only talent Is the band that's singing this Pop culture leftovers Do we love it? Hey, let's face it, can't erase it, let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture, carry over, counterculture, push over, pop culture, leftovers. And the uncool kids, what's to say has already been said, leftovers. Pretty sure that the only talent is the band that's singing this, pop culture, leftovers.